three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all. It's going down right now. Episode 56 of the 22 shots of moods and horrors coming at you live. I am your host, he who walks behind the rose. And of course, I've always got my two children of the motherfucking corn with me. NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy. And of course, I've always got the awesome, awesome Mexican JP, also known as Double Shot J. What's up, guys? And of course, I am lying to you, all you <laughs> listeners out there. We have a special guest this week, and uh, he goes by the name of the Horrorophile on YouTube, and also known as Kyle. What's up, buddy? Had to What's include you up? there somehow. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't forget me. <laughs> No, I wasn't going to forget. Uh, so what's going on, everybody? Now, this marks actually the first time that we've ever had a uh, a guest on the show. So this is a very special occasion. And, of course, this is episode 56, and we are talking about the Children of the Corn franchise. So why not? Since we have to do uh, nine films, we had to watch an incredible nine films in one week. So we thought, well, <laughs> you make it seem like it's a fucking infomercial. Incredible. No, <laughs> but it, I mean, but a lot of people were even saying like, man, that is incredible that you guys got to watch nine films in one week. But we're like, you know, we can't just do with the three of us. We have to have a special guest. And we so share we had to bring pain. on Kyle for this. We had to share the pain, you know, so the hall yeah. of pain. I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to join in on this. I, I've actually never watched all of them. I've seen some of them, so I really wanted to get on this episode and let you guys know kind of what's up. So pretty excited. Yeah, awesome. It's going to be a good show up there with the paranormal show when it comes up in the future. Absolutely. Oh, man, that's one I'm just, I, I'm honestly dreading. You know, like, I just, I can't say. By the time we get to that, there will be like seven more paranormal films. <laughs> oh, there's only one exactly. more, dude. Since we talked one. about it, there's been two more that have been made <laughs> since we initially yeah, like, talked about this. I think the it. new one is like the last one. It's the final. Chapter. Allegedly the last one. How many are there? Like, is there really that many? Six. Uh, six. Isn't it technically six? Well, no, there's five. technically seven. If you count the Tokyo oh. uh, Paranormal oh, yeah, yeah, Tokyo yeah, Night right. or whatever. I, I knew there was something in there that I was missing. It's like yeah. a spinoff that was made in Japan without any like people from the original involved but it actually does have its own separate continuity that does follow the american film which is so wow yeah I, I didn't even know there were that many of them i i saw the first one in the theater i remember like a long time ago and i was like wow this is kind of different and then they were like coming out like the saw movies i was like I don't, this is kind of redundant so you know you know, when we do that franchise, it's going to be like a virgin show to me because I've I've only ever seen the first one and I I actually hated it. So yeah, I wasn't um, a big watch all the sequels and stuff. It's just going to be like a fresh experience for me. So you know, I, I really try not to talk shit about the franchise in general because I haven't seen them. But 
I can say I didn't like the first one, so it is what it is. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a very, very hard. The marked one to get through. To be <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't hate. That. Anyways, Kyle, I wanted to you know thank you for coming on the show and uh, just how about you just say something about yourself, let the viewers yeah. know who you are. Yeah. So uh, so my name's Kyle. Uh, I am. Uh, I do YouTube review. Ch- I do I have a YouTube review channel. I do reviews um, similar to the guys on here. Uh, my YouTube name is the Horror File. Um, Generally, uh, I live in South Carolina. <laughs> uh, that's uh, pretty interesting. Everybody thinks that's funny because of all the stuff that goes on here. But, uh, but yeah, I do reviews. Uh, I do a lot of uh, different series on my channel. Um, I have a series going right now that I'm actually focused on pretty hard called it, uh, The Disturbing Movie Series. I've reviewed probably about, I think it's four films now in that series, and I do an Asian uh, review series as well that I haven't uploaded to in a couple of weeks, but I'm planning on uh, keeping up with that. But, but other than that, uh, yeah, I uh, pretty much got turned on to these guys because I was watching Moods' videos and of then course. started as always yeah, as, as, as fucking YouTube does. celebrity <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I know. It's like you type in anything on YouTube horror wise, and Moods comes up. So yeah. I was just like watching all of his videos. I enjoy all his videos, and then I you know start watching JP and, and Jeremy's videos. Uh, then I discovered the Facebook group, so that's pretty much where it led me to you guys. So that's now, about it. Nice. did we inspire you to make videos, or was you already doing that by the time you found us? <laughs> the fuck up, well, inspire. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yes, you well, people use that word me. all the time. I don't mean it as like we changed your life. I just mean like, how many people recently have started making videos from like our top ten videos and stuff? You know what I mean? One, it's that, that yeah. is cool. Eric yeah i mean i i was actually doing a lot of i actually had another channel another youtube channel that i was doing for about a year uh it was a a cocktail channel liquor channel where i reviewed like liquors and uh and like made cocktails review cocktails i was really interested in like the history of like spirits and stuff and i kind of slowly started to get out of that um and i mean i was always a big fan of horror and uh you know i started watching review videos online i had watched some previously i was subscribed to uh people like uh what's that dude's name um jeremy mark one not jeremy mark one willie mark Mark one i was watching a lot of his videos uh because i was really into like disturbing crap and weird stuff that people didn't want to see and that's kind of what got me into moods and then i you know was like this is pretty cool i could probably do I, i i talk a lot obviously so i was like i could probably do some reviews and um pretty much just took it from there you know i created the channel and you know i don't have a lot of subscribers right now i think i have about 157 last time i saw but you know within three four months i've only been reviewing i got about you know that many subscribers so hopefully everybody's liking what i do so better than me i've been four years and i only got 910 so that's not oh there's the (laughs) same old sob story by jeremy come on um quickly quickly uh kyle favorite horror film of all time Favorite horror film of all time. Oh, man. Um, can I tell you my top three? Yeah, sure. Okay. Top three. Cannibal Holocaust, Reanimator, and um, probably... Good grief. Not your favorite. Uh, probably... Oh, good grief. Now, now I'm being put on the spot. Uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with Cannibal Holocaust and Reanimator. Those are my favorite two of all time, so... Nice. I, I was wow. under the impression like, that Dawn of the Dead was your favorite. Dawn of the Dead. There we go. There we go. Just the third one. There you go. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love Dawn of the um, Dead, Reanimator, and Cannibal Holocaust. They're, those aren't ranked. I just really love. Those are my top three of all time, pretty much. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> three different uh, ends of the spectrum right there. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, awesome I, I, stuff, yeah. I enjoy all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I got to throw all those in. I mean, the first real horror movie I ever watched was Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and then the first disturbing movie I ever watched was Cannibal Holocaust, which you consider it disturbing, I guess, because of the nature of it, uh, animal killings and stuff. And then Reanimator mm-hmm. is just one of those classic 80s movies you can't really not like. So It's it's actually one of my favorite films of all time, too. You could watch that thing all the time. It's great. So, yeah. yeah, awesome, awesome. So what's been going on, guys? Anything new in the in the lives of – What uh, the hell do you mean? We've been watching nine Children of Corn movies all week. What the hell could be going on? You literally yeah. have no time. I don't know. Maybe, else. maybe something. Maybe something else happened. I don't know. You know, you never know. You know, <laughs> Jeremy, I mean, I, you of course, anything? we've all been busy with Children of the Corn. No, I've been watching Children of the Corn. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm dreaming sp- about sp- Children of the Corn. I literally spent like my entire day last Sunday watching Children of the Corn films. I managed to pump out six in one day. That's insane. And I, because I have to, like, I work twelve hour shifts, right? So I'm like, I need to do a bunch of these right now. Or else I'm going to be fucked, you know, come crunch time. So I had to pump out six. And yeah, it was it was six Children of the Corn films in a row. <laughs> I did three in a row. How many did you do in a row, Jeremy? Three. That was your most, Kyle. What about you? I did uh, three in a row last Sunday when Moods, Moods was saying he was watching them. Okay, so Moods has to double up us once again. Of course, because he's a fucking overachiever I, as always. I just don't fucking have the time, man, at night. So, but uh, yeah, Children of the Corn, man. Well, all right. So I think we got some voicemails this week. So uh, JP, you want to get into those right now? Yeah, for sure, man. We have a few different voicemails. We was gonna only play a couple, but we decided we're just gonna unload them all right now. Some are Children of the Corn related. Some are not. This first one, I believe, is. Hey, it's Corey from the uh, Facebook page. Uh, Looking forward to the Children of the Corn retrospective. My question is, though, um, what are your top three favorite Stephen King made-for-TV movies? And I said top three because I I know probably it and all of them are going to be in it. So, yeah, just really curious. I want to know if you like any of the more lesser-known ones, like Storm of the Century or Sleepwalkers or Rose Wet Bread and stuff. So, anyways, keep up the good work. See ya. All right, guys. So, moods. Wow, that's an interesting question. I never really thought of it as, you know, breaking down from, you know, cinema-related films or straight-to-DVD, but TV-specific, that is a good question. Never thought of that before, so I'm getting put right on the spot. Um, shit. Well, well I, I, I have layers. You do like the Langoliers? Yeah, it's weird. I do like it too, but it's definitely not like super great in terms of like that CGI scene is terrible. But I haven't seen any. I'm just thinking yeah. About it. Mine is it. That is definitely my favorite for sure. That's a mini series, but I think it still counts. Storm of the Century, which is a new one that like for the first time I ever seen it recently, it blew me away. Uh, I think it was made in the '90s actually, but yeah, Storm of the Century is fan freaking tastic. And the final one is probably Salem's Lot, to be, if I'm being honest. That's a great one as well. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I knew what my number one was for sure, hands down there. I was just trying to think of three. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with, um, as much as like it's so outdated now, and we've talked immensely about, you know, this one being remade into multiple movies and whatever. 
yeah, in at number three, I still enjoy the stand. It's 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 decent enough. It's long, but and it's like like I said, it's dated, but it's still okay. I still uh, think number it's three, the biggest uh, television event of all time in terms of viewership. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, it just doesn't stand the test of time. <laughs> well, but uh, so number three, the stand. Uh, number two um, definitely has to be it. Um, you know. It's it. And number one, of course, is Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, I think, is is a great, great film. You know, not just a TV film, but it's awesome. So, yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Jeremy, do you have any besides the Langoliers? Yeah, it, of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and Salem's Lot. I didn't even think about Salem's Lot until you brought it up. I haven't seen that fucking movie in a long time, though. It was out of print for so long. I know, I know. What about you, Kyle? I uh, I actually like the stand because um, I remember me and my uh, my mom's a really big Stephen King fan. I remember we watched that, and I have a, a good friend that's read every Stephen King book there is. Um, I like the stand. I like uh, Salem's Lot. Uh, I, I wasn't really a big fan of the It series for some reason. I didn't oh, think it was that bad. I, I didn't think it was bad, but I I, I wasn't like huge on it. Um, I really liked um, what was it? Uh, the the Tommy Knockers uh, was a Tommy Knockers series. Yeah, I really like that series, the mini series for that. But I mean, really, in my honest opinion, Salem's, Salem's Lot and the and um, the Stand were probably my my favorite too. All right. Yeah, thanks cool. for calling in. Uh, this next one is actually kind of a throwback. I I don't know if I've sat on it for a while or it was new. But he's talking about an older episode, so I'll, I'll see if you guys remember what we was talking about. Hey guys, this is Lawrence. I'm just calling because I recently saw an episode, I believe it was 36, where you were asked to come up with a name for that scene in City of the Living Dead for the kill where a woman punches her hand through a man's skull and rips out his brains. I actually came up with two names for you. One is the Fulci Migraine and the other is the Melon Baller. Now, <laughs> other than that, I want to know, I've tried to make a list for myself of the top five tough mothers from horror films. And these are actual mother characters from horror films. The only criteria I really have for this is, one, they have to actually be a mother in the film they're being considered for. Two, they have to be badass. And three, they don't have to be human. Thanks, guys. (laughs) And hopefully I'll hear another podcast soon. Maybe I'll even hear this phone call on. Bye. All right, so tough mother. Well, first of all, the Fulci melon ball is that what he said? Uh, both of those were way better than what we come up with. If the you remember, migraine. Yeah, if you remember, we was just like, uh, the the yeah, um, I don't, uh, got me. <laughs> uh, you tough, know, man. Good. Tough mothers, tough mothers. And sure. What did I'm he say? They don't. They, they don't actually have to be human. <laughs> That kind of made me laugh. People under the stairs, come on, man. She's the baddest of the bads. Oh, she's such a fucking cunt. Um, 
<laughs> uh, you know, honestly, the first tough mother that comes to mind, and I know it's on JP's mind too, is uh, Rebecca De Mornay in uh, the Mother's Day remake. Oh yeah, yeah, she's a bitch. She's a yeah, fuck bitch. bitch. Oh, she's a tough bitch, man. But she's that's a great role, man. I, you know, just really, really good role. But that was the first one that came to my mind. That's a tough bitch. A while back, I did. I think I even on this podcast, I did a top five like bitchiest. Uh, mother's characters or female characters or something but julia was on there she was a stepmom but uh geez dude there i mean tough uh, there's tough as in like cujo tough where you have uh d wallace who's you know fighting for her life and her son and stuff and then you have like the opposite where you have the julias and the uh, people (laughs) under the stairs mom but i mean I, i would probably have to sit and think about it for a while um does anybody have any that I I would say uh, Norma Bates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on which depending on which version of Psycho you're watching, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> like when 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 I first heard that question, like I wanted like the first person that came to my mind and this is not horror movie related. I don't know why this mother came to my mind cuz she's a fucking bitch is the mom that's in the Goonies. Not not like <laughs> not like the mom the Goonies mom, but like the bad guy's mom like that oh yeah like an asshole the whole movie you know i I love her man but she's so awesome she's hurt like her she's actually dead in real life now i'm pretty sure oh yeah for sure she was old in that movie uh you know the first one that i thought of that isn't horror related is sarah connor from especially terminator 2 i mean she's just badass right yeah she is i'm trying to think of somebody else like uh who else? Uh, the mom. What, what was the uh, the Carrie movie? Mom with the uh, mom from Carrie. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name. Miss White. Uh, she's another. Miss she's White. another crazy bitch. Yeah. She was kind of crazy. Yeah. And uh, obviously Jason's mom. So. Yeah, absolutely. Friday thirteenth. So. So that's kind of a hard. That's kind of a hard question. I mean, I can't think of like like that's like one of those well, like I, spot questions. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, most of these are. <laughs> they always are because I don't listen to them beforehand, which I should, but I just don't. I like being surprised. Uh, so with that said, let's hop into a voicemail from Derek. Hey guys, Derek here. I'm glad you guys are doing the Children of the Corn franchise. <laughs> We're not hit and miss franchise, in my opinion, mostly miss. But that's my own opinion. I can't wait to hear your opinion on the films. Just got one question for you guys. If you could pick any two kids from any of the Children of the Corn films to fight each other, who would you have fight? And what would their weapon be of choice? And who would you want to be rooting for the most? Thank you, guys. Hope you answer this question. Peace out. Wicked awesome. All right, so Derek wants to know what children <laughs> oh, this is easy. Are characters. This is, this is easy for me. Isaac and Eli. Uh, That's exactly that. Well, no, I take that back. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to go Malachi from the remake and Malachi from the original. Oh. That's cool. There we go. I was going to say Malachi and Eli. Like, I want to see those two. Fuck like, Eli, go at, I want to see bitch. them go at it with, like, a grim, like, what do they call the, the thing they Skites. have? Skites. The, the scythe? scythe? Yeah, I want to see that. Scythe? Fuck you, JP! Scythe? Fucking bitch. <laughs> scythe? Where does that even come from? 
<laughs> He's just making shit up, man. I'm ready to get That's blown all. away. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking Isaac, Isaac versus, uh, because they have to be fucking different people, and we'll get into that. Isaac from part one and Isaac from part six. (laughs) (laughs) They gotta be fucking different people because this shit ain't making no fucking sense at all. And we know this shit. That's fucking funny as hell, man. Oh, man. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> like that, that reminds me what you just said of those memes where it's like the guy and he's high and he's like, if I eat myself, would that mean that I, that I double in weight? Like, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's move on to the next voicemail. It is, I think, Rob from Georgia. Hey, guys. Rob from Georgia calling. Uh, it's been a little bit since I called last. I think it was that Rob Zombie's, uh, Halloween uh, little discussion that I got started, which I really appreciated. Uh, I thought you guys did a good job with that. Uh, anyways, uh, totally unprepared for this, but uh, I wanted to try to squeeze the call in for the next podcast. Uh, so I'm going to try to stay under the time limit. Not sure how long these things uh, actually, how much time they give you, but anyways. Uh, the last uh, reminder I had about uh, the show, uh, the possibility of doing all three uh, the old black and white thing and uh, John Carpenter's and uh, the 11 thing, all with the backdrop of you guys having read uh, John Campbell's short story, Who Goes There? Uh, I think that's a fabulous, uh, it would be a great thing to listen to. Um, and that got me to thinking, actually. Um, you know, if there was a movie or maybe, uh, you know, a set of uh, movies, I don't know, but you could review a movie having read the actual short story or novel uh, say, uh, you know, the, the Mist and uh, Stephen King's uh, book to it. Uh, I think that would be kind of a cool thing uh, to, to, to listen to. Um, so anyways, I'm just kind of throwing out an idea, and if, there's a, if I have a question, maybe if you could read uh, a book that you haven't read and then uh, re-look at a film that perhaps you gave, uh, you already reviewed, uh, what would be uh, that, uh, that film or book? And so I'll just kind of throw it out there. Good to hear you guys uh, back on, uh, getting these podcasts rolling again. And I look forward to a great year, and uh, I always hoping the best for you guys. Uh, so leave it at that, and uh, have a great night. All right. Mm-hmm. Ah, very thoughtful. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, OG versus remake, but instead it's like, you know, Not the film versus the book. Um, that's a really interesting premise. You know, I've actually read the majority of Stephen King, uh, story or books and, you know, watch the films and stuff. Um, but, uh, one I have never read, um, that I've obviously seen the film that I would like to go back and read the book on is psycho. <laughs> I've never, yeah. I've never read it. Yeah, I so I've good, seen the film multiple times. I've never, yeah, I just always wanted to, and I've never, you know, actually taken the time to read the book. So that's definitely my answer. Like, I've always wanted to kind of do that. And, you know, and, and the thing is with Stephen King, though, I read a lot of the stories before the mo- movies or TV series or whatever was made. So, um, yeah, with the exception of a couple, I read the books before they came out. But or I mean, the films I saw before. But I don't know. Psycho's my answer, though. Yeah, uh, speaking uh, just really quickly, he mentioned he didn't know how long the voicemails last. They cut off at about three minutes. So uh, if yeah, you do leave a voicemail, your, three minutes is your time limit. But you can always call back and you know continue on or whatever. I know that Derek and Brandon have done that in the past. 
but I think that that brings up an interesting idea, and I mentioned this a little bit previously before the show. Twenty two shots book club episode where uh, maybe we pick a book or something like Kane Hodder's Unmasked, that autobiography. Have you know give a big notice to where we'll say we're doing it in you know December. And then everybody who wants to participate can read the book, drop a voicemail, we read the book, and then discuss it. That, I mean, that's really not something that I really do. I, like, I don't read a lot. I know Jeremy's more of a reader and stuff like that, but I, really. I think that could be I read interesting. More, I don't really I think read I, that many. I think I'm, I'm more the reader than yeah, yeah, probably. I don't read that many books. I read more you know, short stuff analytical pieces and stuff like that i don't, I don't really i don't remember that. the last time i ever read a book yeah. <laughs> which is really sad because like all my friends read like books like crazy it's like like my one friend is like moods like he's read I, I i shit you not this guy has every stephen king novel and he's read all of them like his favorite's the dark tower series and he's always talking to me about it and like i just feel like a piece of shit like i should be like going to school or something because i don't read like it makes you feel like a piece of shit when you have a friend that like reads all the time i'm like damn i feel dumb as shit like, I, feel, I feel inferior <laughs> so yeah uh and, and you know doing it with the thing would be cool too you know like kind of uh i like the idea of doing all three of those films but you know throwing in the short story as well wouldn't be a bad idea you know mm-hmm. yeah i actually really do in, like that idea um, it's time consuming, though. Like if we all have to read a book. Yeah, uh, I agree. Definitely time consuming. Uh, that's why it would have to be something that we planned way ahead of time, so that we could, um, you know, give give each of us because it's it's going to take me a little while to read something, I, even if it is a short story. Um, I swear to God, like every time I sit down to read, I'm just like, uh, I need to do something else right now. And I used to read a lot in high school. Like I read a lot of those Stephen King books. I did a lot of. Uh, reading on serial killers and just different stuff that I was interested in. Oddly enough, marijuana. I read a lot about marijuana, and I don't even smoke marijuana. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just I, I like learning about things, you know, just like just like that are interesting to me or like controversial like marijuana legalization or something like that. But uh, I know Jeremy's more of – I guess I said he was the more reader, but I guess that's not true. He's more of the writer. Uh yeah. Writer, writers, read, I writers read, more, read a lot. <laughs> I read more like short articles and stuff like that. I don't really read that many. I read more nonfiction than fiction. Say that. Gotcha. So this next voicemail is a little on the short side. It's a question we might have answered before, but you know, we'll give dude a uh, play anyway. Hey guys, Luis from Georgia. My question is, who is your favorite antagonist? horror movies for me personally big j hockey mask silent but violent machete swinging motherfucker back to me yeah mine too (laughs) silent but violent jay Voorhees. that's that's my homie right there yeah um yeah i mean without a question mine's freddy i'm I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street freak, so... Now, even when he is a child molester, he's still your boy? No. No. I don't even... I don't even consider the remake to have ever happened, so... so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it happened. And of course, course they're fucking re-remaking. Oh, God. Here we go again. 
Fuck. Dude, it's going to be so shitty. You know it's going to be <laughs> shitty. I just don't even get it, man. I don't understand. So. I don't even care. I don't even fucking care. I won't even watch it. I'm just like, whatever, at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, the curiosity is going get, to get the best. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to check it out just because it is Elm Street related. But, my God, man, really? Like, fuck. I, I, I would just rather them, you know, make a shitty sequel to the original franchise than, you know, remake the remake. You know, it's like remake the kinda, remake. I'm kind of like ex- like interested in the um in the the Friday the Thirteenth like TV series. Like I think that that there's enough like dialogue and enough storyline to actually sort of make that into a TV series. I don't know if it'll be good, but I think that it'd be interesting to actually see the first couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've sure. talked about this, and I think there's a lot of you know things that they can explore with that, you know, and make it quite interesting. So. Definitely, there's a lot you can do with that. I'm actually you really two? curious about it too. What's your favorite antagonist? Chucky, no doubt. Yeah. Kyle, uh, I'd say Patrick Bateman. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'd say I'd say Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. I, I like uh, like me and Moods were talking earlier about Christian Bale's character. I really think that like that character like always stands out in my mind as like like when I think about horror. Like, one of the first things that always comes to my mind is, like, American Psycho and Patrick Bateman. Because, like, there's so many, like, memorable lines from that movie. There's so many things that just remind me of, like, the the genre. What are we in a fucking like-like? I'm just fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just Totally. Me. Yeah. I, I'd suck his, I mean, I'd suck his dick. I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, Rounding out the voicemails, we have a two-parter from Dave Z of Banana Laser. Hey, yo. What's up to the Deuce Goose SMH? Yeah, that's right. A little abbreviation action for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Dave Z. You may know me from such podcasts as Banana Laser and the Skeleton Crew. Well, at least I know JP does. He listens to some of our stuff. Anyway... Just wanted to call, and, uh, yeah, how about those abbreviations, you know? And, and you guys are talking about Chainsaw Land show. I've always called it TCM. Matter of fact, I went to the movies once when the remake came out and said, uh, well, two tickets to TCM. And then the girl just kind of stared at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just wanted to give you a shout-out here. I've been listening for, like, eight months. Uh, I'm a junkie for horror podcasts, you know? I, I do my own, and I don't do the YouTube videos. I'm just all about the podcast. And, uh, you know, you guys are great. Just wanted to, to say that. Uh, you know, JP, you know, you're my homie. You know that. Um, uh, Moods, you're the man. You live, I think, not too far from me because I live in Buffalo, New York, so you're right over the border. And, uh, yeah, Jeremy, you're one smart motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, you have something in common with me because uh, listeners of my show – some of them say I sound like Joe Pesci, and uh, I know that now some of the listeners of the show say you uh, sound like Steve Buscemi. So I'm thinking maybe after you finish film school, we can, you know, do a project together, something like that. I don't know. Uh, start thinking about it, buddy. But yeah, listen, you guys just have so much passion and dedication and love for the genre. I listen to a lot of horror podcasts, but... Not religiously, because most of them kind of are just boring to me. So I only have like five or six in my rotation, and you guys are one of them. And I love it that you guys will sit down and 
watch like eight movies to a franchise before a show and talk about all that on one show. I think that's amazing. I love the guys I work with, but I know that they would never <laughs> watch that many movies just for one recording. So you guys are most impressive in that manner. And as long as I'm on, I figured I'd uh, say something retro style. I think the human centipede will be a good retro for you guys. Because you guys were talking about it last show. Everybody had like a different idea, you know, different opinions on each movie. I think that'd be a fun listen. And no, none of you guys have seen part three yet, so... I did mine on my show on Banana Laser. We did one, two, and three, and we had fun. But I'd love to hear what you guys had to say. And I got to tell you, that 1981 thing—you guys are putting up the options and on the group page. If you guys don't do that 1981 show straight up, I'm stealing that shit <laughs> because that's a great idea. So do that 1981 show, or I'm. All right, so uh, that was the first part. I'll go ahead and get the second part ready here and one final thing I know you guys want to hear questions from the listeners so I'm going to ask a question and if I'm if it's been something that's been asked already notice they do you know go listen to the back catalogs what the fuck are you doing but I'm just going to ask something basic and I haven't heard every show so if I'm wrong I'm wrong but uh I'd like to know everybody's favorite movie you could pick one favorite horror movie what it is and uh, is it really Gummo? Uh, Jeremy, uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, that I'd like to know. I'd like to know everybody's favorite franchise. So it's kind of a basic question. So if you guys already covered it, sorry. Whatever, I'm an idiot. But whatever. Uh, so thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. And uh, later, lasers. Oh, shit. <laughs> lasers, my bad. That's what we call listeners of my show. Um, what's a good word for uh, uh, the fans and the show and you guys? Okay, got it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Moodsters. How's that? How's that shit? Okay. Anyway, uh, later, Moodsters. Alright, so, that was Dave Z's voicemail here. Uh, as some dickhead keeps riding up and down the road on a goddamn dirt bike. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, I could hear that, actually. I thought it was on his end. No. I thought it was on the recording. That's funny. JP's got, like, a dirt bike track, like, next to his house. That's, like... <laughs> so, um, he touches on a I'm lot pretty... of different things. We're going to make yeah, well, an odd off, couple he... movie with, called Joe and... Steve. Steve. Steve? Joe and Joe Steve. And, Steve. <laughs> and um, you're going to say fuck a lot, and we're going to go bowling. It's going to be awesome. He does kind of sound like Joe Pesci, though. That is actually kind of funny. That is funny. Um, yeah, thanks for the awesome comments and, uh, you know, questions, too. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that we have covered, you know, our favorite films and franchises. But, you know, it doesn't hurt for, you know, the new listeners, the moodsters are out there or whatever. <laughs> we are not calling them uh, the moodsters. <laughs> no, no. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, my favorite film of all time is Dawn of the Dead. Uh, favorite franchise, of course, I just said is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I think that's pretty common knowledge to a lot of people out there. Um, but yeah, my favorite is uh, Friday the 13th for franchises. And my favorite horror movie of all time is 100% Chainsaw, TCM, TCM Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whatever you want to call it. It's awesome in any of those titles. Mm-hmm. Jeremy? Yeah. Child's Play across the board. Ooh. Child's Play, favorite horror film and favorite franchise. Nope. Uh, Kyle? Uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, is my favorite of all time. 
Um, definitely favorite of all time. Favorite franchise. I have to go with Jeremy is uh, the Chucky franchise. I've always like really? been a huge, huge fan of Chucky franchise. Like I've literally, I don't think I've ever watched a Chucky movie that I really, really, really dislike. Like, oh. I, just, I just enjoy all of them. I mean, oh. even the even the really shitty newer ones, it, they're they're entertaining because they're funny. I mean, they're <laughs> just like. <laughs> they're just funny. I mean, they're shitty, but they're funny. You know what I mean? I have to give close second to the Phantom's Carriage. It's very close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he I also... I thought... Good? Well, for a second there, Kyle, I actually thought you were going to say... Uh... I was kind of shocked with the uh, Child's Play franchise. I thought you were going to say Children of the Corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a close second, let me tell you. <laughs> I think it's all of our close seconds, though. Yeah, okay. So he also mentioned uh, maybe a Human Centipede trilogy. That might not be a bad idea. You know, we have so many shows planned that uh, we'll put it. We'll put you it. Know, we'll put it up in the air. I don't. You know, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this. You know, a little while back, and we have yet to do. Like a trilogy show. Candyman. You're right. We did do Candyman. That is a trilogy show. <laughs> fuck me. We've done so many shows. I can't remember what the fuck we've done. Wait, 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 no, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Warlock. Warlock. Oh, my God. Warlock. <laughs> so we oh, got to continue Jesus. with the trilogies. Apparently, apparently we've been. Yeah, but Warlock. Oh, my God. It's one trilogy. And I just, you know, see, that's. I forgot about it because it's it very sucked. forgettable, to be honest. Um. <laughs> But no, there's a lot of trilogies out there actually that we could cover and stuff. Um, Wishmaster. Oh, that that would there's be a painful four. one too, to be honest. But there is lots. But yeah, I like the trilogy idea. It's good. It's like a perfect amount of films that you can watch in one week. It's not yeah. nine. <laughs> you know, we're doing three, three trilogies. sets of trilogies here. You know, um, but trilogy is a good one, man. I, I really do like that idea. I, I would actually really like to do the Hatchet films one time. Oh, I'm down. Uh, I'm down. You know, because. I think our opinions are a little different on them too, so I think uh, I think that would be a fun trilogy. And yeah, for sure to do. Uh, but I do and, like the Human Centipede one because I haven't seen the third one, mm-hmm. and I know we actually already have different opinions on the first and second ones. So that that would be a fun one to do. I think. Yeah, I like that idea. And I mean, uh, if, you're, if you're planning on like watching the third Human Centipede, have a like an adult diaper on because <laughs> uh, that movie, I. Everybody knows what my opinion on that movie is, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so then he does mention the uh, 1981 show. Um, you know, I think the idea that we might do is just throw all the years from uh, 69 to 2012 in a randomizer and just pick one of the years every so often. I think that would be a cool way to do it. Uh, but also, you know, that's what is so cool about the horror community and all the different ideas and stuff is nobody owns anything so if you want to do your own 1981 show i'll listen to it i think it's a good idea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm re- i i'm so on board with doing an 81 show of course it was like you know my favorite thing i did a whole year series on the 81 films and you know oddly enough i had intended to actually make a top 10 uh video after the year was done of my top f- 10 favorite films that I'd that I'd reviewed from that year which was of course 52 of them um but I never did make that video so it's still open yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, it would be fun so, I the, no one knows what the actual top 10 is so I think be 81 would be it, 81 is such a hard year I feel like I would need an list. entire year to prep for that show it is man and you know it's it's funny ever since I did that you know that 52 horrific weeks 1981 series I've actually watched probably I don't know. There's a bunch of films from 81 I'd never reviewed from that year and that I've seen since. So um, it, it actually kind of changes it up a little bit. I've seen a couple really fucking good ones, um, you know, 
I mean, Nightmare being one of them that I didn't own at the time, so it was never into my, in my randomizer. But Nightmare is a is a really fun film. So such a great year. Yeah, but I do it's... like the idea of the randomizer, putting all these random years into a randomizer and picking one. I mean, that's it pretty would be fresh. so fun if we get like it's nineteen ninety three. Fuck yeah, ninety three. Oh my god, actually ninety three is not a bad year to be honest. I know I think it's it, way better it, than ninety one. Yeah, 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 it's like the, it's like the best. It's, I think it's the strongest year. I should using the word "best" in the '90s is is kind of like you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is one of the better and stronger years in the '90s. So that would be a fun one. Yeah, I know. I'm totally down. We should probably actually maybe do the randomizer next show and just say like, this is what we're gonna do in the future, just so we know we start prepping for it and stuff. Hmm. Sweet. All right. So that does wrap up the voicemails, though. <clears throat> oh boy. Oh. All righty. Yeah, actually, that was attraction. <clears throat> well, thanks everybody for phoning in and leaving those questions. Of course, uh, ah! calling in whatever. Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> Even Kyle's like, it's not funny. It's Kyle's like, what? <laughs> what is this? Thank, thank you for everybody for phone calling in. No, that's even worse. <laughs> that is worse. You know, it's funny. I said it because I actually heard someone say that today. I actually heard someone say that. And it made me laugh, actually. I, th- I instantly thought of you guys. Uh, but, yeah, of course, for the great questions and stuff, we'll have the number again at the end of the show. So you can call us back next week and leave a uh, an awesome voicemail. But, um, all righty. So getting into what we're all here for is to discuss the Children of the Corn franchise. Uh, you know, the nine films that are involved, eight films in the original franchise, and of course there is one remake um, that came out, you know, it was it done before kind of the weird. last entry. Yeah, they, they because... remade the first film, and then they came out with another sequel so, to the original franchise. So technically Strange. there's seven films in the original franchise, one remake, and then a start singled out lone film in... The sec the second franchise, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to but say. But it's weird because it's supposed to be part of the original franchise, though. Yeah, you know, so it, it's like I mean, there's not there's not like continuity to it, to, but they do mention Gatling in it. One, so yeah, but Wait, you know, so we talk about Genesis. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. It's just odd how they you know usually when a remake happens, it's kind of the end of the you know the original franchise, but then Genesis is. Technically, part of the original franchise. It's fucking so weird how they. Do what that. you're saying is Genesis is a trendsetter because that's what's happening right now all over horror. You got Texas Chainsaw and Friday the Thirteenth being smushed into their franchise. I guess in a sense because Halloween. I guess yeah, I guess in a sense because when you think about it, Genesis came out what 2011. Yeah. So and you know since then, of course, we've had these you know these new, uh, you know, films going into the original franchise. Yeah. So I mean, in, in a sense, yeah. I guess that kind of works, but um, but of course, let's get into the very first film in the franchise uh, from 1984. Of course, based off the uh, the Stephen King short story. Um, if you've never read the short story, it's actually really short. It's only like 35 pages long or something like that. And of course, it is uh, you know Children of the Corn. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Smiley 1984, tank. man. 1984, man. It's, it's so crazy. Um, Two years. I don't know. Before, I remember three years before I was born. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I get into the, um, you know, this short little, uh, I'll just read the INDB here because it's just so much easier and they keep them pretty short and sweet. A boy preacher named Isaac goes to a town in Nebraska called Gatling and gets all the children to murder every adult in town. A young couple have a murder to report and they go to the, the nearest town, which is Gatling to seek out help or to seek, but the town seems deserted. 
they are soon trapped in Gatling and with little chance of getting out alive. Yes, it's essentially what it is. You say Gatlin funny. Gatlin? I'm probably saying Gatling. I'm probably adding a G on there. Gatlin. Is that yeah. Yeah. That's that Canadian of moods. He's, he's Man, even Kyle's ripping on you now. <laughs> because hey. the word Gatlin, it, it just sounds funny. It sounds like it should be Gatling. It's like everybody right? I don't know. make fun of the Canadians. Yeah, so... Uh, Gatlin. 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 Shut the fuck up, Gatlin. <laughs> 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 Anyways, yeah, that's essentially what the story is, man. We've got uh, we've got a doctor and his uh, and his wife, played by Linda Hamilton. Um, they're on a road trip across country, and of course, they're in well, in the middle of nowhere, in Nebraska. They end up hitting a boy on the road, and of course, they soon realize that it wasn't actually an accident. Um, he was, you know, dead. Yeah, his throat was slit. So they, he, of course, him being a doctor, he realizes that and he's like, holy shit, okay, there's something seriously wrong here. They put the boy into the trunk of a car and drive to the nearest town, which is Gatling, <laughs> Gatlin, whatever. Gatlinburg. And where, and where all the, uh, you know, the carnage ensues yeah, in this the little town's town. abandoned. They don't know what the hell's going on. They eventually find out that the town is being run by kids. Uh, but I think the first thing of note in this film is the beginning opening opening scene yeah, I wrote that in the uh, what was it Freeman's Freeman's corner store or something A diner that scene would never have been able to get made today I think in my opinion after all the stuff that's gone down in our society that has to do hmm. with mass murders and stuff like that I do not what do you see, mean just just you know, due all to these the fact shootings that... all these killings all that kind of stuff. I don't see this scene getting made really in mainstream cinema. I don't think. Well, so. maybe. I mean, yeah, we'll get we'll get to I mean, something else later on in the show. This movie was theatrical but... released. It was mainstream. Maybe not, see, maybe if it was being wrote, written right now, they might pump the brakes on that scene because it is a bunch of people going into a public area and causing a massacre. Right? It's it's like I kind of get what you're saying there, Jeremy, because. Mm-hmm. It is. It is like innocent people just being murdered. Because I remember, like, setting in like 2011, 2012, when that Squad movie came out, Gang Squad, whatever, and there was a scene of people getting massacred in movie theater, and that was right around the time of the of the uh, Colorado. Yeah, the Colorado um, massacre, and they they cut that scene out from the movie, and you know, there's a lot of movies after that happened that got like. There was one movie after 9-11, uh, Collateral Damage with Arnold Schwarzenegger, that had, like, a lot of, like, damage, like, in the movie, like, like like building damage, and, like, they blew up a building. And that movie actually got taken out of theater. They didn't even release it in the theater. It just went straight to video. So that, that kind of stuff happens. Like, I kind of agree mm-hmm. about that. Like, I don't think yeah, that Yeah, it's that more about the timing, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, well, they was even taking some old films and digitally editing, editing out the Twin Towers to... To make people not, you know, who were involved in that sad. Yeah, see, I don't yeah. really agree. That's Hell kind of no. Taking, <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. So what you're saying, Jeremy, do you think the opening scene in this film, you know, the, you're saying that they wouldn't be able to do it today. Is it due to the fact that it's kids killing or just the fact that just it's a massacre in a public place? Just the fact that it's a massacre place? in a public place. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to get that straight. Because, I mean, I, honestly, I love, love, love the opening scene in this yeah, film. It's like it, it's it really, really sets the whole stage the for the film. film. Yeah, it really is. It. It's actually my favorite thing too, man, because it's just something you don't see very often in any films. It's, you know, it's not very often you see children. Well, you do. I mean, in killer kids films, but like children, you know, killing adults, but multiple 
at one time. It's just a yeah. fucking massacre. Like you don't really see this type of thing in film. And that scene is very effective because it, it's like brutal, man. Yeah, the like, kids are fucking yeah. – and it's not even that. Like the, the casting of the graphic. kids is really good. Oh, like they just yeah. have like an airy feeling about them when they, they all look old the school. diner. Yeah. They look old school. Yeah, and and that's one thing about the original Children of the Corn film that is is actually quite well. The casting on the kids is good. Yeah, it's you know yeah, it, it's fantastic. We'll, we'll 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 get to you know the later on films and the casting of children and stuff. I think this one obviously works the best for the casting. It just oh, it, yeah, it's it, they hit they hit the mark with that, and it really does help me, out the whole feel of the guys, film. Let me ask you guys something. Who is your favorite like child cast like member? Like who is your favorite character in the movie? In the, Malachi, in the first no one? doubt. Yeah, Malachi. Malachi was mine. Yeah, Malachi for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the interesting things that I found in the opening scene is everybody, and and I think these films, mostly the original, kind of uh, display this a lot throughout. But the kids are always aware of something, and it, it kind of really mimics real life where we always think kids are not as smart or not as capable or not as uh into what's going on as uh they actually are and all mm. the kids are standing around they're they're just you know playing the pinball machine or whatever and they have they they have this premeditated thing where they have all these knives and everything hidden around it starts with poison in the coffee and i just love that that these kids are actually what the running the whole shit like they're they they are aware of everything that's going on while the adults are the ones that are oblivious. I a hundred percent agree, man. You know, from the opening scene, it really sets the stage and it allows the kids to have their own identities right away. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, a a lot of times in films, you, you, you kind of write off kids a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're just there. They're kids. This allows them to be, you know, in charge and they have their own identities. And that's, and and to us, it's kind of scary. Yeah, and that's like the one you know, thing they teach you. I'm not gonna be sound like a, a, a you know pretentious film school dick, <laughs> but you never want to work with kids. It's the hardest thing in the world to do, just simply because mm-hmm. of the fact that they can't work long hours because they get you know off yeah. track and all things like that. So all but these movies, actually, I have to give them some kind of credit with the kids. Every every even, single one. It, it was even easier back then, though, as well, yeah. because there were less like unions and, and rules and shit. Yeah. Actually, yeah, the laws were the union laws and stuff were probably a little different back in the early '80s than they are now. They're so strict when it comes to kid enacting yeah. and stuff. They can only work like four hours at a time and shit. And like, they have to be, go study be and shit during you know when they're yeah, not shooting. It's got to be just you know it's got to be fucking hell because you know like you know kids can't work between the hours of like twelve and eight in the morning. Yeah. And, like you want to do a nighttime shoot? Well, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't <laughs> it's do like, it. What the fuck, man? That's brutal. Um. Yeah, nasty. But yeah, I think it was a little different back in those days, for yeah. sure, for sure. So, um, I don't know, man. This this film right here is obviously it's the original Children of the Corn film, so it has that you know it kind of sets the stage for you know the original kind of atmosphere of Children of the Corn. This one really is the only film that has that type of feel. Oh yeah, the music, you know, dude. Come on, yeah, with that the music. score of this movie is like crazy. But that's like throughout know, the whole man. franchise, the score is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty yeah good. but it's exceptionally movies. good in this one. Mm-hmm. They do not, do not even that. I, like I, I give them credit. Like every the opening credit sequence is really good too. And oh pretty yeah, much I've the always, drawings I've and stuff. Thought, yeah, I have always thought that the chant music, or like I guess it's considered the score, or whatever. That shit, man. It's fucking haunting to me, man. It's haunting. Like, I always it's creepy. I Over always the murders, stated, it's amazing. 
I know. I always stated when I first watched this movie, this was like the very first movie that literally scared the shit out of me because when I first watched it, I was a child and I'm looking at these other kids doing this and it freaked me out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, you're not you you, as a kid, you're supposed to just trust other kids and just kind of, you know, they're not going to do shit like this. It just terrified me, man. Maybe it had a lot to do with that, uh, you know, that creepy ass music, but it's so fitting, man. It's just so fitting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like. I think the film really like hits point of creating a good like Halloween type atmosphere. Like when they're walking down the main street of the town and there's nothing there and it's all deserted. I think it really creates a good like yeah, the set type pieces feeling. In this film. And and the, the corn husks, awesome. the corn husks that are brown and dead, they kind of remind you of fall leaves, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I get what you're saying. You mm-hmm. could tell like it was really cold at the nighttime shoots towards yeah. the end of the film. You could like really see their breath. You could tell it was really fucking cold when they were shooting this, and they were mm-hmm. barely wearing anything. I don't know how the fuck they. One I thought thing... it was uh, so, something I something I read about uh, this movie is that it got horrible reviews. Like it got super horrible reviews by like like a lot of people like hated this Siskel movie. Siskel and Ebert, I think, gave it negative reviews as yeah, well. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it horrible reviews. Uh, it actually made the most money in the box office out of all of them, but. It uh, it, it's just got like horrible reviews. I mean, there's been other like sequels to this that have gotten like better reviews, and that really (laughs) that really surprises me personally. uh, That actually is interesting. (laughs) Uh, Something Jeremy was saying about the uh, opening credits, and I I think that a lot of these films actually have good opening credits. Yeah, I wrote that down. Like, I wrote down which ones have like bad opening credits. Yeah, this one we have Mm -hmm. Sarah as it shows her childhood drawings, but they're actually letting us know things about the film like you see one of the drawings is when they crucified the blue man and the other one is when they burned all the tvs and technology and stuff and i just thought that that was you know a cool way of like of of letting you know what happened between the massacre and what happened you know once we mm-hmm. are introduced into mm-hmm. our main characters in a in a simple way that doesn't take up time because you're doing it, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're doing the credits. I know I've always liked that too, but it, it's always kind of confused me a little bit why she is able to have you know these premonitions because and she being has able the to gift draw. of sight. Yeah, but why? Why not? Because she's the chosen one who gets the gift of sight. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> why does Isaac? Why is Isaac the chosen one who preaches uh, the message of He Who Walks Behind the Rose? Well, because he's you know he's kind of and you know in my opinion he's almost like you know he a little phony in a way, you know. Phony. Wait, I don't Something think I so. In this one, I read that he was like considered like he's basically considered like an incarnate of the devil. That's pretty much what I've read about like that. He's considered well, it's like, like an all cult leaders, right? Yeah, it's like all cult leaders, man. They pretty much all think the same thing, that they are the voice of God. And, yeah. you know, and I mean, a lot of people, you know, obviously, you know, if you look at reality and all these cults and stuff, they're quite obviously not theoretically the voice of God and stuff. And, you know, and that's where it kind of plays into this, too. I mean, he could just be stating and he's really good with words and, and you know, and getting people he's to follow him and stuff. Preacher. So that's they a thing. right? And, <laughs> so those type of people can can run these type of cults and stuff but who knows i mean if he really does have that actual gift but you know but with the thing with sarah though it's it's always been like okay yeah i understand that she has a gift of sight and stuff like that but like 
you know, it just seems like it's just really just kind of thrown in there. But it is effective, though, because I do understand what you're saying with the pictures and stuff. And it's a great way of telling the story within the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and know, something people to that understand certain things. So. You mentioned that uh, Isaac was, you know, good at talking and stuff. One thing that mm-hmm. I think really showcases that is early on the character that they hit with the car, uh, Job, I believe, he wants to escape this, you know, imprisonment, this cult life. So he, you know, takes mm-hmm. off with his suitcase. But what does he take with him? Corn. Exactly. So even mm-hmm. the ones who want to get away still have this instilled it, yeah. sense of belief to them. And I always yeah. thought that was so interesting because, like, why else would he take that? And you know what? He tells the kids, you know, stick a needle in your eye or else you burn in the lake for all eternity if you lie and, you know, tell on me or whatever. So he does still believe this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you got to remember though, he's a kid, right? So like, mm-hmm. this is what he knows. This is all that he knows. So even though d- deep down he wants to escape this and he might know it's wrong, this is all he knows. So he is going to take it with him. He's a child. He can't really different, different, different the, the, you know, he can't, he can't not go <laughs> <Derf- laughs> you know, I can't he, even say that word either. So defish, yeah. def- you know what word I'm trying to fuck. I can't say that. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah. he's a child, right? So this makes a lot of sense. And that's what kind of works about this film is that they're children, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'll get, you know, and a perfect example of, you know, them being children in this film is the power struggle between Isaac and Malachi in the film. This is exactly what children do. Right. You ever get into it with your buddies and stuff? I mean, of course, as adults, we do that, too. You know, it's like, you know, he says one thing and he's trying to do another thing. And then there's this big power struggle and stuff. But, you know, as kids, the way Isaac and Malachi were, the way Malachi kind of confronts Isaac in the film is exactly how it would probably go down as kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It just uh, makes a lot of sense to me, and that and that's what you know relating back to Job or whoever got it just makes sense that he would take that with him because that's what children would do. Yeah, you know, and, it's a security thing. It's a security thing. If you knew something, and that's all you had in your life, you're probably going to take it with you. Yeah, you're going to hold on it to just it. Makes per- but I think exactly. it also goes to how effective Isaac is as their leader. I mean, shit, he got him to kill all their parents, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which, yeah, which exactly. is crazy. You think like you think like uh, that would never happen, but then you see stuff like the Hell's Gate or heaven's gate uh cult and like that one dude convinced everybody that a comet was going to come by the earth and they was going to kill themselves and their soul was going to be lifted to the comet like yep okay like i guess it is possible to do For all that charles manson too yeah i mean mm-hmm. people people will listen to you and i think that an over religious community like this where they they feel like it, it's kind of odd for the kids to feel like their parents were the sinners but i mean it kind of makes sense a little bit because parents are always the ones that tell you not to do something yet they do it themselves Mm -hmm. so definitely fits i mean it's it's all relatable though right is because like in the good book it says that you know the child will will lead and you know and stuff like that so it it all makes sense it really does something i'll something i'll note about this about this movie is that it, I think it was one of the first movies. I, I could be wrong, but it's one of the first movies that I guess since it was made in like the mid eighties that you see like a child death. Like you don't really see much child like death in like movies. I mean, that's one of those things that like, I mean, if you think about it, when's the last time you saw a movie where there's like a child that dies or like it's their throat split. Yeah, in, in this context. Yeah. I mean, well, you don't really see it that general, often like, even to this day. I can't think of any movies other than really this movie or maybe a 
maybe a one or two more that I've seen like kids get killed in a movie. It's just one of those things they usually try to tend to stray away from. Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, even even a film that we watched last week, we saw kind of <laughs> you know, kids getting killed. But I can personally think of quite a few. Um, I know there are like a lot lower budget films and stuff, but one that comes to mind is Sloppy the Psychotic Man when he starts taking out kids left and right. It's fucking fun. <laughs> it's pretty brutal actually too. But there's a lot of kid killings in that. It's an adult killing kids. It's fucked up. But but you know, I, I get what you're saying though. This is a, this is obviously more serious. Oh, and yeah. you know, you know, to see a child get his throat slit. But it is also by another child, yeah. Theoretically, that's true. right? So it is a little different. If it was an adult slit in his throat, it's wow. I don't even know if that would have even made the cut to the yeah. to the theater, to be honest. But probably not. You know, <clears throat> but yeah. So. Uh, w- one of the things that I, I will say about this uh, Children of the Corn that I think the other ones don't do, uh, and we'll get into that later. But this one makes the kids so threatening like you you actually feel like they are a threat like you feel like these are the baddest motherfucking killer kids that have ever been put on screen mm-hmm. you know and it, you know what that's in due to in, in my opinion it's it, it's like it's the isolation of this little town you know and the you know your protagonists are so fucking outnumbered and they're isolated and there's really nowhere to go there's nowhere to go and i think that's what makes obviously it's you know power in numbers though too there's a lot of kids but they're threatening in that because they run that shit and it's that isolated feeling to me. That's what makes them overly threatening. Yeah. So you, you like just... coming back to it, like, yeah, you know, like even with Isaac and stuff, like he's a great leader and stuff. Um, but at times I do feel, and even Malachi even calls him on it in the film and stuff. Like he's really trying to switch the power and stuff. And, you know, so they have that struggle, but yeah, it's that isolation. And I think that's why they feel that, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. They have all the leverage. You know, it, they have their incomplete control, partly due to, you know, the fact that, like you said, numbers and stuff, but also just uh, their familiarity with the landscape and, and things like that. But I always felt like this one, it doesn't have this uh, thing where it's just like the other ones. I just am like, just don't feel like they are is is in as much control as they are in this one it, it just feels like all the plot holes and things that you think of in the other ones just don't <laughs> exist in this one you're never like oh well they should have done this and that it, it feels like the, the story plays out how it should i mean it feels like there wasn't a lot of opportunities to like skip this the or way, skip that the way the, the way i see it with this one is that i feel that this setting is perfect for what it is you know it's it's the actual cornfield. It seems like all the other f- films don't have that like actual Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, cornfield setting and stuff. It feels right in this film. It feels like they own this shit. And you know, it gets this bad is in some of the sequels with the corn. That's the thing. Like it doesn't have like all the other ones. It doesn't really feel like it's you know overly that threatening because it's like well they, they feel they're like they're kind of they're taken. Well, yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're taken. They're taken out of that comfort zone, which I feel is Children of the Corn, the original one, which is the set, uh, the setting in Gatling, <laughs> and. uh I don't know, man. There's just something about that. You take them out of it, and it doesn't seem as threatening anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems I, like I, they I, own I, this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and we'll get to that. I'm not going to spoil anything for later on. But you know, this one just feels this is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. one of the things that I noted down that I thought was interesting because I've always kind of been interested in the religious beliefs of the people who follow He Who Walks Beyond the Rose and stuff, but. What, what, there's a scene with Malachi and Isaac and Isaac is being all controlling and he's pissed at, at Malachi. Malachi's mad because Sarah 
and Job or whatever were playing games Music. and stuff and Isaac makes excuses for them and also Isaac says like they were not present the day that he who walks behind the rose made himself known so they do not need they don't have to believe which kind of was interesting to me so it is essentially not based on yeah. faith but based on science almost or, or you know it's based on yeah. fact and most religions are not based on faith or are, are based on faith all of them are, are it's faith right so i mean it's it's interesting that that was kind of his excuse why they don't need to believe right now because they so were since present. they weren't present they don't actually have the they don't actually have the faith yeah and, they, and they, they don't have yeah. the the, but yeah. which which I find you know I I that's good that you noted this because I always found that quite interesting that the way that goes down is because you know where were they you know everyone else it seems like they're the only two outcasts besides well, apparently the Job cellar, they? or something like, but I mean but the point is is that they're still around and you know if if they weren't there you know to to inherit that faith or whatever from Hugh walks behind the rose why didn't they just do something about them right away. Like, why is Isaac willing to actually, you know, just kind of write him off and go, hey, you know, they weren't there presently, you know, to inherit that, you know, you know, that belief or whatever. But why doesn't he do something about it? Well, I think that like, he's why, just... why does he allow like, why does he allow it? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, he does have a problem. Like, if you do have the faith and you get away from it, you know, you might get your, your throat slit. But like, I mean, if they're already on the outside and they're still around, why weren't they taken care of? Because she you know has the gift of sight. I think that's but, why they wrote that yeah. in there. I think that's why that's they wrote that in there. I was thinking the same thing. The gift of sight. is They wrote that in there just because of that. So. Because she warned them about the people coming. So therefore, he, she is following he who walks behind the roses okay. you know, preaches. Okay. But that she's just not directly knowing that that's what she's doing. Okay, but he's hoping that. that she can one day. Okay. I understand that. You know, you thought about that too. But what about her brother? Well, her brother was I, – I don't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> exactly. So there's the, the, there is things plot, that I have. I guess. Exactly, right? So I'm – you know, I'm just curious because, you know, they're there. <laughs> you know, But I don't really think that is outcast. Isaac's thing though, right? I mean I don't think he's just killing he all non-believers. Yeah. He just – you know, there's a couple rules. One is, you know, the every, after you're turned 19, you're no longer a child so you must be but then killed. again this is also plot points to create the uh you know the feud between isaac and malachi though too yeah right? yeah exactly these are the things that have to happen so they have this fucking you know confrontation so they butt heads basically you know mm -hmm. but yeah I, I guess it makes sense of course you know the film's not perfect you know there is things that you're going to think about and go eh, yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I think so. all of the religious dialogue is very well written, though. I, I yeah. really do get a sense that, like, wow, this stuff. Like, it, it. He is a good. Like, I'm listening. My ears are open. <laughs> Look, what do you, what do you got to say, man? He's definitely like the best preacher throughout the entire. Series. Hands down, man. Hands down. Yeah. He's, he's Hands one of the best. Down, he's probably one of the best preachers I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. For a kid, I mean, that's pretty like amazing. Wow, how he, fucking like, Eli. Jesus Christ. The thing yeah, is, that though, kid. Man. Yeah, the thing is though, he was like, you know, the the actor was like what twenty five playing like a yeah. 16 I actually wasn't going to mention that John Franklin was twenty five when he was cast as yeah. Isaac. Yeah, so he was he was a decent talker, and it's quite it's quite interesting when you when you compare the two. You take uh, what's his name? Borja. Oh, which one? The actor. The actor. Oh, John Franklin. John Franklin. So if you compare John Franklin to the actual little kid that plays. 
Isaac in the uh, remake. My it's like God. a world of difference, man. That yeah. kid is like fucking like he's like seven for real. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so different. But I have to Crazy. admit though, and once we get to the remake, like the dialogue that that kid remembered pretty impressive because he was like i'm not much for like religious stuff and you know the good book i don't really know a lot about it so when i hear you know little kids spitting off those words i'm going damn dude (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't as effective because he sounds like a little fucking pipsqueak Uh seven-year-old you know something something that i thought was an interesting little fact was uh john franklin who plays isaac actually played the physical stunt chucky in the original child's play the one that actually is a person dressed up walking around In certain shots, that's John Franklin. Interesting. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, but I, I, before we start getting into the sort of end part of the film and stuff, we did forget to mention that uh, we are going to be spoiling these as we always do in the franchise show. I'll put a bumper in before this. I'll edit it in later. God but... damn it. I knew I forgot to do stuff. <laughs> I wrote it. Man. Yeah, I seen you did. Uh, so one thing that I find the most interesting about this film probably is that they are telling the truth. It's real. It's real. The religion is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what the hell, man? I don't well, know how religion. I feel about I mean, that. The, the God, the God is real. The God yeah. is actually real. But so. doesn't that in turn make the religion real too? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, he who walks behind the rose is who the fuck is he who walks behind the rose? Damn well, it! He walks the rose later. He who Apparently. walks behind the rose is just another name for for God. And like, yeah, and then they stated god. throughout. They stated, they, yeah, it, it's their god. And then like, that's the thing. In every different type of religion, they, you know, there's a different name for their god, and this is yeah. their name for their god. He walks behind the rose. I know it's been very confusing to a lot of people. Who are like, because you're thinking literally, he who walks behind the rose is like, who the fuck is this person? But it's no, I know. Well, it, it's god. kind of a metaphor for somebody who is behind, who is always with you, but always behind in the background. You know what I mean? I exactly. love that. The the, the mythology make, for this is very rich. It does make There's sense. a lot of yeah. things they could have done with it. A lot of things they never really explained. But I feel like that there have always always been rooms to like, you know, expand on the religion itself because there's a lot there. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. crazy they created well, that. You know. It, it, like I said, it's just confusing some people, but it does make sense though. He who walks behind the rose because they have their ceremonies in the middle of this cornfield. And of course there's rose and it's literally their God that like lives out behind the rose. Yeah. You know, not lives, but you know what I mean? I don't even know I'll, what the I'll fuck like, use resides. Like, he, he's a supernatural force basically. So I always think about like this old man when like that lives in this like cabin behind like all the rows of corn. <laughs> and he's like this, like he, he's like the cigarette smoking man from X-Files. That's like what I picture like. <laughs> From that guy, so I don't know. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny, actually. Yeah. Uh. So one one uh, other little tidbit I had was the actor who played uh, Amos was Chuck from Return of the Living Dead, the one character in Return of the Living Dead who is like non, not really noticeable, like the weakest one out of the group of kids. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and well, of course, uh, Malachi the Ginger Kid, um, <laughs> Courtney Gaines. He's, he's He's yeah. the creepy fucker from the Burbs. I always remember from yeah. the Burbs. I think yeah. he's like the one actor that became more the most well known out of Let all the kids. Well, to be most honest, that guy still that guy does shit even to this yeah, day. That's what he's I mean. Been in shit every single year from '84 up. Yeah. Like he's actually had a pretty successful career. Well, so, even pretty interesting. Uh, I think her name was not Sarah. What the hell was her name? Rachel, the one that was like given the other kids like the blood of amos and stuff she did like tons of voice work like she still works to this day as like a voice actress. yeah yes yeah, yeah so that, like malachi, there was... 
Malachi was in Back to the Future, I think I saw, and he was also in um, something else. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, he's been in actually a good bit of stuff, which yeah. is pretty interesting. And a lot of these mm-hmm. people, it was their film debut, like Courtney Gaines, like John Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in mm-hmm. he was in the he was in the Burbs too. Yeah, I said that <laughs> because <laughs> I love I, because I love the Burbs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, getting into the third act of this film, what are your guys' thoughts on the third act? I think the only... I always felt, yeah. I always felt like my personal thoughts on the third act of the film. Um, you know, this is really when the power struggle begins, and then shit starts to go downhill for, you know, Isaac and uh, and Malachi. But yeah. honestly, you know, there there is certain things in the in the third act. I'm just like, okay, okay. I mean, it's it's a little predictable what's going to happen too, but. Honestly, the thing that kind of hurts this film, and I know it did suffer from budget constraints and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, budget. Yeah, and I think originally they were supposed to have more money for this film, and something happened. I don't know. They ended up not having the money that they were supposed to have. Hence, the effects in the end of the film seems so like the whole film has this really unique kind of atmosphere to it, and then I think the uh, the effects kind of bring that rate down mm-hmm. a little bit. That's just my opinion, and it's it's, it's so laughable. It's so laughable. It's just yeah, kind but it's of not as laughable stuff. as later ones, though. Well, no, yeah. I, exactly. But I mean, yeah, you know. But uh, you know, time. it is a time that in there, you know, nineteen eighty four effects. But yeah, I, the thing is, just knowing that they, you know, they were supposed to have more money. And they this is what they ended up having to do is like it's kind of frustrating. But I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on the third act of this film? I think it. I think it kind of. I think the I'm not worst really the part of this fan. film is the third the, the the ending slash the third act i mean they blow exactly like the the the, the idea is that like they burn what happened the to corn isaac is totally it, bullshit they, they burn the yeah. corn and that's the ending like i don't like that i think it's a cop-out it's kind of weak and uh i think that i th- i just don't like the whole end see i mean you see what's like, funny like, is it's the predictability about it though i mean yeah. of course this is gonna fucking happen like it's just so obvious and it's really it's by comes the down into the writing in the film. It's like this is the only solution that you can come up with is burn the fucking corn. Yeah, that's really like, like so this o- is like, a supernatural force. Thing. Like, he, like the the god isn't actually technically the corn. Why and this is what you, they yeah, burn this right? time ago. Yeah, this is well, why the blue man exactly. tried burning it, right? <laughs> yeah, but why didn't you know, he do it like, in the He's not theoretically the corn, so burning the corn shouldn't do this, but apparently it takes him out. It's like Well, you got to look at know, it this man. way, dude. If There's he's chilling in the back of the cabin, smoking his cigarette or whatever, he's going to probably get burned up with the corn. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah. well, most likely he's probably going to do it to himself, right? He's yeah, back there exactly. smoking in the dry cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucker's going to fall asleep and fucking burn the whole field down. Um, that, but yeah, dude, me, honestly, I love I love the first like sixty five minutes of this film are really enjoyable, and then as soon as that third act hits, it's like. <sighs> yeah, I agree, man. I don't know. It's, it's weak, and it's, it's, it's not even more thing. weak when you watch it a bunch of times. You even notice early on where they're in the hotel room, the couple before they get the out lighter. on their journey, the lighter. The lighter. It's like, oh, well, yeah. that's not foreshadowing or anything. I even have it. He said, doesn't even smoke. He doesn't even lighter's smoke. Going to be no used. I said, lighter's <laughs> going to be used in the future, Bladen. That's what I heard. Yeah, down. yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, at the same time. If it got to the end and he just pulled a lighter out of his pocket, you'd be like, well, what the fuck? Why does he have a lighter, you know? So, I mean, I guess you have to throw that in there. Or you just don't end it like that, and then you won't even have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I don't know, man. I, I just – I find that the whole end of this film just to be unsatisfying. And also knowing 
what the original ending is too. And I know that uh, I think originally when this film was written, they had wrote uh, the ending to be very much like the the short story, and then the studio was like, "No, we can't do that." So they ultimately went with the shitty ending, mm-hmm. yeah, which sucks. The, uh, because the original really short story ending, yeah, the original the, short story ending is a downbeat ending. It's a downbeat ending, and uh, you know, if they had to use that ending, we wouldn't see this fucking cornfield going up in flames and shit. And it's just. It's bad and it's just so studio and it, it, I, I, in my opinion, it just really brings down the film a lot because this whole film, you know, it's got a really nice tight build up to it and then it's just nope. In my opinion, I agree. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't deliver at all. And, and this is, you know, you know me, man, I'm a really big fan of like downbeat endings and, uh, you know, things that are more yeah. real, more realistic, man. Like honestly, they should have i don't know i don't know i, I just I, don't think. my opinion on it like i i'm with you guys like i think the it led up and you think that something else is going to happen it was very foreshadowed like what was going to happen and oh, big i was not at all like impressed with the ending like the whole burning like you were saying the burning of the cornfield thing it was like it just didn't make any to me it didn't make any sense i mean it made sense well, in a way but it didn't it's like Okay, this was going to happen, but what's the end result of this? It's like, okay, you burn the cornfield. So is this like, is the cornfield considered like another world? Like, it's like you, you destroyed this world, but like, did that solve the issue? That's the problem. It doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense because the cornfield's a physical thing, right? Exactly. It's a physical thing, and we're dealing with a supernatural, you know, it's it's a god. It's. It's an anti, it, it, you know, so it doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. It's just silly. And if it it's is fucking stupid, and it's predictable. It's predictability. On, it's predictable and silly. Even though it's silly, are we really going to fight about it as we get later on to some of the sequels? Well, we have to judge each movie no, no, no. as its own. I know, but but, like... but Jeremy, but Jeremy, we're reviewing this film like there is no sequels right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. So you have to take it for what it is at this point in the franchise. And honestly, like, it's just, it's not a very good ending. And they fucked up. Yeah, they did. They <laughs> did. They fucked 100% dropped the ball on the end. And uh, I think that is mainly, probably all of our only, like, strong negatives about this film. Yeah. I'll give it a good yeah, positive. I mean, uh, Linda uh, Hamilton's a babe in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, and that, that's the other thing. I think, you know, the overall acting in this film is actually pretty good. You know, you know, you know, like Jeremy would say, you know, compared to some of the sequels. But no, like overall in the film, it's actually not too, too bad. I, to be honest, yeah, Linda Hamilton's nice to look at. I don't think she's the best actress in the world. No. You know, at times I don't really think that she's the greatest. But, you know, she was fine in this role. But, uh, you know, the acting was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, over, I mean, definitely over actress. <laughs> You got to give it up to to Isaac though, man. He, yeah, he's fucking amazing. And Malachi. really fucking good in this film. And they Malachi, they're really good in this film. They're believable. Music. They're believable. Exactly. One thing that we didn't mention that I really enjoy about this film is when they're driving and they turn the radio on, and it's just that fucking creepy, preachy. damn preachy, yeah. fucking you know sermon shit going on, and you're going, ah, and it's yeah. so perfect because they're in this isolated. Uh-huh. fucking desolate area and, and this is all you hear and this is expected yeah you know, it's like of course you would hear that shit it's like hearing that really twangy country music in the middle of fucking montana or something like that, yeah, and, <laughs> which and, i've encountered before and so you also 
they actually did do a good job of developing the characters during those scenes, you know, like I spy something with my little eye, it starts with a C. Let me guess it's corn like they they have like a good chemistry going in there. They, yeah. She starts singing when she wakes him up and shit. So there's some decent character development. One negative that I do have is the way in which they hit the kid with the slit throat. I just always felt like it he looked weird. He's yeah, it looks like he's getting standing like, there. Like I don't know. I, I don't feel like they handled that very well. I thought like he got like thrown. Do you know what I mean? When they hit him, I was just like kind of standing there or like sitting on his suitcase. I never quite got it. He was standing. He was standing. And yeah, I've never really understood that because, um, of course, the doctor even says, he goes, well, he was dead before we even hit him. And I'm thinking to myself going, that's impressive that he was still standing up. (laughs) I'm not a doctor, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say that, you know, when you die, you generally aren't standing up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, it is kind of a. They make it's, it look a, as if somebody stuck him out there dead, right? Like somebody like yeah. stood him up, like. But that doesn't make sense either. So, yeah, I've always had an issue with that. But besides that, I mean, I think that's exactly what they're going for. I think once you know he got his throat slit and by Malachi, and I think Malachi apparently stands. I don't know to make it look like it was an yeah, accident. Yeah, but see, it doesn't make, make I mean, sense because no, they don't doesn't want it, that attention. Exactly. Exactly. I just exactly. have one question: so. Which one of us is going to get sacrificed to John Elway? What? Come on, Smiley Town. Oh yeah, 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 references. Yeah, yeah. South Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's something else. Like this film has been spoofed and and uh, you know influenced many of other uh, even comedy and stuff like South Park. Yep. Oh fuck yeah. God, get on your Mal- Malachi, aka Carrot Top. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a true ginger man. Like I said, it's good casting. It's creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Ninjas are scary. Was, was, scary. was Malachi the original soulless ginger? Yes. I think so. Pippi Longstocking. So. Uh, <laughs> Pippi Longstocking <laughs> probably had more of a soul than Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> so Children of the Corn, the original, uh, it it ended up making $14 million on an $800,000 budget. So that's a quite a that's big success good. back then, you know? Yeah. And that was part of the big Stephen King films that came out all in a row. It was like Carrie yeah. and then The Shining and then uh, Cujo. Carrie came out in 78, dude. Yeah. That's that, a long time ago. I'm saying they, that all of them in Carrie a row. This this is the streak that I'm talking about. There was no bad one before Children. So it was like it was like there was this long streak of all these Stephen King. Uh, every Stephen mm-hmm. King adaptation was good. That's what I was, a, and you know and the, that's interesting to note too, because Children of the Corn obviously made a lot of money, and it took them eight years to come up with a sequel. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. That's that, that's interesting that they made that much money and they didn't jump on the sequel yeah. bandwagon Joe right Bob away. Mentioned. Considering the time it came out, for fuck's sakes, the mid eighties yeah, had sequels to everything, man. Yeah, like that, that that was right at the time when sequels were coming out left and fucking right. So I'm really surprised, you know, based on the money. So I uh, I'm I'm interested to hear like what you guys think. Do you think the Children of the Corn, the original one, the one we're talking about, would have made as much money if Stephen King's name was not on it? That, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like that Stephen King was like huge in the eighties. Like he was a really big like you know. I'm gonna writer. agree Especially with Stephen. R- say no. Yeah, right then I don't think he so was at all. so hot. Listen, it went Carrie, The Shining. Uh, the Salem's Lot TV miniseries, Creepshow, Cujo, The Dead Zone, Christine, Children of the Corn. That is 
just a, yeah. a streak and a half. And then and then Firestarter came it's, out after this. So, <laughs> but the, he was on a streak. Too, too he, but I mean, that streak moment. was good. So he couldn't have been more hot at the time, right? That every, hit after hit after hit. So I guarantee mm-hmm. you that that helped boost the the ticket sales. Oh definitely. yeah, oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, you take his name off there, and what do you got? Nothing. It's burning cornfields. You got you got you got burning cornfields. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I don't really know what else to say about it about the film. I, I mean, think it's time for ratings. I think it is time for ratings. Uh, wow, who wants to go first? Maybe we'll go with Kyle because Jeremy would be like, "Fuck off! I always go fucking first. <laughs> I was already ready to not. say it. I don't mind going first. Um, <laughs> this one was like honestly was one of the more harder ones for me to rate just because I did have a lot of like good things to say about this movie and a lot of bad things. Um, I would probably give this movie a solid six out of 10. Whoa. Ooh. Opinion. All right. So, uh, Shit. I wasn't expecting that. I'll go <laughs> next. Children in the corn is an absolute classic. It only has a few negatives, which we have pointed out. And I think this film is absolutely besides it being a little bit slow and dated, but it kind of adds to that charm because everything is very old school, you know, the religion and the way they dress and stuff. So it kind of works for its advantage a little bit. But I give it an 8 out of 10. Oh. That's what I got, JP, 8 out of 10. Oh, for fuck's sake, that's exactly what I've got it rated too. <laughs> 8 out of 10. How can you tell that we review films together? <laughs> uh, no, that that's very interesting that we all came in at 8. I actually thought, JP, you might be a tad higher than that. Because I, I mean, we've had conversations higher. We've had conversations about Children of the Corn many times in the past, and um, yeah, interesting, very, very interesting. I think eight is very appropriate. I think the six is interesting more. Yeah, the reason, the, reason <laughs> the main reason I gave it a six is because I mean, I have seen this movie several times, and um, I mean, the acting is great in this movie, but it's not one of those movies that I really am like in my mind. I want to go back and revisit like a lot. Like, I kind of like, you know, an 8 out of 10, if I was to give it an 8 out of 10, you know, which I didn't really give, I'll, I'll get into that later. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I just don't like in my mind say, hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, throw in Children of the Corn. You know, it's just not one that I'm like, I really care too much to revi- uh, revisit. Um, yeah, the the acting is good. Yeah, the, the plot line's all right. But I mean, I, I feel like six, maybe six and a half out of 10 is pretty decent. I mean, it, it's an average film. It's not like anything great it is a cult classic because of what it is and it's a stephen king movie but it's not like it's not in my opinion it's not nowhere near stephen king's best movie or anything so i mean that's just my opinion hey guys how much stuff do i rewatch? nothing there you go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, i I always found that very odd i I mean i grew up with this film i've watched it a million times me too Uh, i i could maybe be a little biased but i I do stand by the eight i i think that i think an eight is it's 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 Mm -hmm. in my opinion way above average horror film but you know kyle kyle said what he thinks and uh he's wrong (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually a little surprised i've heard that one before (laughs) i'm surprised jeremy that you came in it so high i know me too actually that's funny it's that opening scene man it's really fucking that was a major highlight for the whole film Mm mm-hmm yeah, the opening scene's good. Yeah. We will admit. So 
Alrighty, so uh, moving along into the franchise and oh, uh, jumping eight years, eight years later, which I mentioned before is strange to me considering the time this film was made and you know the abundance of sequels, especially in franchises, you know, happening in the mid '80s and stuff. They didn't really jump on that bandwagon. I just don't understand why the studio wasn't like, okay, well, this movie made fourteen million dollars. Let's jump on a sequel. But no, let's not make a sequel in the 80s. Let's make a sequel in the early 90s when horror films were not doing very well. This one showcases that perfectly. Um, getting into the uh, the plot of uh, Children of the Corn Part 2, The Final Sacrifice. And of course, that is a huge fucking lie. This is not the final sacrifice. It's the first sacrifice of many. <laughs> All right. Belated sequel to the 84 film. Here we go. Eight years after the first, authorities discover the mutilated bodies of adults in the secluded town of Gatlin, Nebraska, and the children hiding in the corn. Enter John Garrett and son Danny, who head for Gatlin on a story and get caught up in the mess with an orphan orphan named uh, Mika is possessed and who he walks behind the rose. Who's possessed by who? Who he walks by behind the rose? Oh my God, it's a mouthful. Yeah. So there is your storyline. Um, <sighs> the opening scene in this movie fucking sucks. The acting's what well, opening scene when they when they go into the cellar and they find the dead <laughs> I like bodies. That scene. The acting is oh I I couldn't take it. Uh, you know and the yeah. sound effects okay, that okay, were going the, on. Oh. The first notable thing from you know from the eighty four film to ninety two is the look and feel of this film is so more low budget and just doesn't have that same feel at all yeah. right off the bat. It just to me this movie feels like a TV film. I don't know if you guys got that impression at all, but it I, just I really got that a lot. <laughs> in right away, it just felt like a TV film, and I'm like, you know, I don't have a problem with TV films at all. Like there's lots of good TV films out there, but this one felt like a lower tier TV film to me. Um, you know, right off the bat, you know, when I first watched this film, I was like, Oh, okay. There actually is full on continuity here. That's actually a little surprising. You know, but I mean, I guess it's not really that hard to, you know, continue on that story. Um, I think the story is pretty fucking weak in this movie, to be honest. And, you know, I mean, Some really, laugh, though. They, I mean, yeah, I understand. OK, you know, you take the you know, this reporter, of course, it's a huge story. He's going to go in there and do his reporting and stuff. It brings along his son who he doesn't really get along with too much. And of course, they've got that bad chemistry, which is generic. Itself. It's very generic and it's very cheesy. Um, and it, it, I will admit, man, the acting is fucking atrocious in this film. It, it's really it's really, really bad. It, it's generic um, now. But in, in, I'm telling you, this was a big thing in early nineties, dude, that, that a lot of parents were getting divorced. It was a huge thing that happened in the nineties. That's why in TV and sitcoms and movies, it's, it's a huge point. It happened, it happened mm -hmm. a lot, but this is at the beginning of it. Think of, think of how many times it happened pre this. It's not as, it's not as big, dude. No, I mean, there's definitely films there. I mean, I'm just saying like, you know, the storyline's not strong. Okay. Let's just put it that way. Right? Would you agree? Yeah, but I think there's only it's one. It's not strong. Line. I think I was, there's exactly one. okay. That, that that's more what I'm getting at here. I was you know, and say, you I know the whole storyline with them being fostered and you know, you know, starting what else their, would happen? They're ramping. Right. I mean, all the parents are dead from the first film. These are the exactly. kids that were left over. What do you do with them? You port them to the next closest town, and <laughs> and we got this is old school. You're gonna have to have foster parents what the hell do you do with them 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, for somebody that kind of knows the the whole process and stuff, this is just ridiculously <laughs> outrageous. No, <laughs> it it's just connecting it to like the this. real world. It really doesn't. It's very, you really, really have to disconnect yourself with reality to believe that all these kids were just going to go with these fucking adults and move to this other town and, and then everything's all it's, good. It's I mean, not, it's not permanent though. It's temporary housing because there's no, if there's no orphanage there, what, like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? I mean, these, it's ridiculous that a whole town could be wiped out and nobody noticed in the first place, right? So, I mean, well, of course, of course. <laughs> it, it's, I feel like, I feel like if this happened, the feds would move in and like figure something out. I wouldn't figure that they would like just say, Hey, no uh next town over you want to take all these kids oh your child molesters fuck it take them (laughs) you know what i mean exactly it's not even the fact that you know these people are stepping up and they're willing to foster these kids until they get permanent residence it's a simple fact that you know most of the kids are suspects i mean all these adults are killed and say all of the kids who were involved in the murders have been dead have been killed that's yeah, bullshit. and they don't think that all the I mean I know and that right there I didn't buy into. I'm like this is ridiculous, man. I think yeah. there's really? only one line in this entire movie that describes the whole film. What is all this shit about the corn? There you go. <laughs> I love <laughs> that line about this movie. <laughs> I, there is a line there is a line actually in the first like 15 minutes of the film and they 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 have a John, uh, Jonestown reference in the film and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not funny, but I, it, they actually others, reference like, Jonestown. Problems in this movie, technical wise, like th- some of the ADR that they did in this movie. Yeah, so I know. Fucking noticeable too. and terrible. Like when too. they're in the fan in the cornfield, oh, yeah. the news crew, you could totally tell it was ADR. And yeah, they weren't laughable. able to get like uh, environmental noise in it at all, so it just sounds like two people. Like it drops to like a flat like <laughs> room. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. it's totally I, noticeable. I think- Okay, so right off the bat, you know, this film obviously feels a lot different. It doesn't have that same atmosphere as the original film. It's lower budget and stuff. But then right off the bat, you notice that this movie already has a uh, like a comedic element to it, which is really not present in the first film at all. Um, I have no problem with that at all, but I, it just came off super, super cheesy to me. Like rewatching this film, I'm just like, oh, God, like the jokes are so fucking generic and and kind of boring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's it just, it's kind of what, you know, w- would be expected from a sequel like this. Okay, let's just, uh, let's go a different route and, you know, let's make a little more comedic. And what's wrong with making a, a sequel that, you know, is, you know, serious, serious in tone? You know, th- it just comes off so fucking, it bad cheesy though. Bad I remember cheesy. I said this in Children of the, or, uh, Pet Cemetery 2 and you like, smashed me for it <laughs> but i do i do have to say this this film has the best effects out of the entire series i have to well, say but but jp i also said there is certain times that you know you know it, it can work but for this type of you know this type of story it's serious man it's fucking kids killing adults and stuff and all of a sudden it's like, it becomes a huge joke in the first 15 fucking minutes of the film i'm like I'm not buying I'll say, this, man. I'll, I'll say what this was a this joke. isn't really fucking funny. The fucking son was a joke. That guy looked like fucking Devon Sawa from Night of the Twisters, dude. That kid was a joke, <laughs> dude. What do you like, mean a joke? What do you mean? Dude, like he just looked like a 90s. Know, he was like, like he looked like a pretty generic, boy 90s kid. Yeah. He looked like a generic exactly. actor and his acting was horrible. Like no, it was like And I and I love the other line. I never fit in with people from Gatlin. It's like no shit because you're a fucking hot babe. What do you fucking expect? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no shit, you don't fit which, in. Which is so funny. It's like she doesn't fit in there. Like, what was she? She was hanging out with the people from Gatling before. 
like what? Like she, <laughs> like what? She, li- fuck? she lived. In I laughed Gatlin. about that too. I'm like, what do you mean in. you don't fit in over there? So you were like playing pool with the kids at Gatlin? <laughs> well, no, she said she lived there, and then she d- didn't never fit in there. So she's a fucking I know, babe. I, what do you again, expect? again, it just makes no sense because I don't know, whatever. But so she knew nothing about what was going on in Gatlin previous, but she lived there. No, well, she it knew happened after what was going she on. moved out. All that shit. happened. But still, she never knew anything about it, though. But well, no, still, she, she lived she, in Gatlin. She, she well, what, known about what? Well, what had happened? Well, no, because it oh, happened no, she, after she moved back. That, that's right. That's right. But again. You know, you think you would know something because it's not like the the events of the first film happened in one day. It's not like, okay, guys, we're going to go and take out all the adults right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if she's <laughs> not hanging out with them and playing pole because she don't fit in, in town I don't know how she would know that much. All the kids in town knew but her. And, and, well, I, I mean, technically, we don't know, how, like, how fast they started preaching, you know, how long it took them to, like, was it just a one day? It doesn't matter. But uh, exactly. how about the corner yeah, vision? It just comes off. It comes nice, off man. funny. The effects the cor- are fucking awesome. The corno vision effect, where we see the point of view of the corn, that is awesome. <laughs> well, I said the effects in this movie <laughs> is, is the, so fucking early nineties like effects corn, is so good. I love how it looks. Through, the corn coming through the windshield is fucking awesome. Dude, that shit was hilarious. But I that makes like, no sense whatsoever. He stands there and screams it. He's like, ah. It's a CGI yeah, yeah. Emmy laughing, but I know it's outdated. But it's still dude, the CGI funny. at the end it's when the that demon came out. Oh my fucking god! I almost died. Like I literally <laughs> spit water everywhere. I was like, "Are you serious right now? There's no way this is going on right now." I, I had no idea that that was going to happen. I was like, "This is like nothing to do with the movie. Like this is like a separate movie, really." Wow. <sighs> um, no, it's because the corn was apparently. I mean, at that moment when the corn goes through the windshield, it's like. <laughs> It's it it almost has like a slasher feel to it in a way. It's like this supernatural slasher feel, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> so that type of shit, I actually I can I can handle. Like it was actually pretty funny, but yeah, it, it kind of came off like a slasher in the yeah. beginning of this. It's like the corn is you know doing these killings one by one. I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah. Well, but I, I get what well, you're saying with it coming in the windshield. It's like, ah. well, I, if you notice <laughs> something about that scene, you do get the sense like, oh my, well, like the corn is actually killing people now. But yeah, yeah. On also, you can chalk it up to a crazy lightning storm because we never actually see anything super crazy, right? I mean, it, there's wind and they get killed by shit blo- blowing past and slitting their throat and stuff. You know what I mean? And there's a bunch of lightning. <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense at all. And it's really kind of silly, though. I mean, I don't know. Lightning storms, really? Huh. Lightning I storms have killed people in the past. Just saying. Well, but it wasn't the actual lightning. I'm talking about what was happening. The <laughs> church know. scene was cool. The church. You like the church scene. Which is this. With the voodoo doll? Yeah. Oh, dude, that always used to get under my skin so much. Yeah. Fucking brutal. I couldn't watch it, dude. It, it would always make me, like, cringe. Fucking blood mm-hmm. coming out of his All ears. All that blood was coming out of his yeah, like, dude, ears. That's and a great eyes. kill. That's a yeah. good kill. It, it's, it's yeah, it's it's an awesome kill. It makes absolutely no fucking sense. You know, Why? they got voodoo, voodoo dolls now. What about in Why child's not? play? Why not? Why does Chucky? No, have I meant to the. No, but that's a different film. I know, but what's I'm, wrong I'm talking with also dolls? They, they no, they all of a sudden <laughs> introduced voodoo dolls into this story. Well, it, it's, it's like, supernatural, right? I mean, it's been supernatural since the first film. Well, I mean, it's like I guess, re- but, it's like religious, it's so also, I guess. But it's, 
yeah, it's just all of a sudden introduced. It's like, okay, now we can, we can, I don't know. It just, it doesn't come off very well to me, man. It's not actually. It's definitely a different film. It's definitely more supernatural and ridiculous than the first one. But I'm saying it doesn't go against any rules that the first one set up. It's not like they broke a rule by introducing this supernatural voodoo doll because the, you know that that rule was never set up in the first one to where it wasn't. Well, the thing about natural. voodoo, though, but voodoo is like it's almost like an evil thing, and like you have to believe in voodoo. So these kids were obviously practicing. Like that's what they say about voodoo is that you have to practice it and believe in it and practice it and believe in it, like with all your heart. Well, you voodoo's know, not actually... real. <laughs> well, I mean, to the people that practice it, it is. But I'm just saying, but they're all of a sudden using voodoo dolls in here and it's like, it just comes off to me and it's like, really? Like, that doesn't make a lot of fucking sense because it's not what they're about. Well, I think the ending explains away everything. Well, I mean, but that's different though because this is happening before that and this obviously is, you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, I can respect the kill. It's pretty fun and awesome and cringeworthy, but voodoo? Really? I mean, but this is the height of rape. Post, you know, it, this one came out what ninety two, yeah. uh, but I think it was made two years earlier, but it wasn't released until ninety two or something like that. Uh, okay. You know, it's right after the ridiculously over the top slasher era where it was just how can we kill people? How can we kill people? How can we kill people? Um, so yeah, it doesn't make sense in the film all that much. I don't feel like it really goes against the rules either. But you know, it's it's of <sighs> the time. It's of the time. I I kind of disagree, but you know, I mean, it just. I don't know. Voodoo and, you know, it doesn't cults. have to be like, I mean, what was up with the telekinetic shit? You know what I mean? Like there was, there was all this supernatural exactly. shit in the first one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, it just, it just seems like, you know, a lot of those ideas that the first film presents, they just kind of take it and they just kind of go every direction with it. You know, and I mean, if you look at it like that, then it's respectable, you know, hence the voodoo and the more of like the, the corn, the killer corn, the slasher corn, <clears throat> shit like that. I mean, if you look at it like that, it's, you know, it is what it is, but I don't know. I, I just think it's just unbelievable. Like, I mean, I, like we always say you have to disconnect yourself, but at the same time, it's just, well, I, I feel like fuck? as long as you can make an explanation for it, then it's not as bad, right? It's still not the thing that I would have chosen. But you, but you, you feel that it was explained explained, it away. though? I, I feel like that it it was explained enough, as in there was supernatural shit in the first film, so there can be supernatural shit in this film. So, I, I mean, and honestly, the ending really does kind of take everything we've known about the first two films and throw all that shit away anyway. Okay, but I mean, that, that's fine and dandy, but like, you know, so are we saying that the, the lightning storms and stuff is what kind of regenerated this this power? Well, no, like, I how think... Does this, how, I think the lightning storm is just, you know, more supernatural stuff. But the fact that nothing happened, you don't actually see anything that could directly be, you know, said as supernatural. I mean, it's there, but it can still well, be explained. Something happened as just to allow this to come back because the way the first film ends, they burn it and it's supposed to be, you know, the god yeah. is either burnt or dead or whatever or gone. So say that ends that era of he who walks behind the rose. So move so on to like part a new two. One? And now all of a sudden the corn comes alive and shit. Like, what's responsible for this? The, he right, like there has to be there has to be a start. I know, but how does he come back though? He was because ne- the ending was stupid and they didn't kill him. You can't burn the corn down. But I'm pretty. 
<laughs> I know, but this is what they're getting at in the first one. This is how they they Kill end him. the threat, you know? Well, because he okay, always this is exists, what we right? You can get rid of him for a little bit, but it's it's like religion. It's always going to pop back up. There's all, he, he, okay. so he, that's, so he, that's what he needed that's another what chosen one. He needed another chosen yeah. one, Micah. Mika, Micah was well, that chosen that, one. That was a has shitty the choice. CGI che- scene, yeah, dude. I think I think Mike is this probably <laughs> yeah, the second best preacher kid out of the entire series. Uh, he, yeah, but he's still he's fucking right. bad. He's all right. When they use the voice effect where they make it deeper and shit, I, I think he's an all right preacher, dude. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I think his acting mm-hmm. is pretty shitty. But yeah, they they do a lot of different things in this, you know, obviously with there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on. We I mean, like I said, Killer Corn, we got fucking voodoo dolls, we got uh what about the whole thing with um you know the the mold toxins and stuff? Well, that actually guys- is what I was getting at when I said that they throw away everything we know because they mm-hmm. explain it as there was no supernatural force. It was ergot. What the interesting yeah, yeah. thing about ergot is it's real. That's a real mold, mm-hmm. which is exactly used to rub it on broomsticks and masturbate with them, and that's where the riding the broomstick <laughs> term came from. They would have strong hallucinogenic trips while doing that. That's a that's in so pop culture my next question is everything. where can I get some of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so the, it sounds they kind awesome. of they kind of ground it in reality a little bit with this ergot mold, which is a yeah. real. Yeah. Um, toxic mold that causes hallucin- mm-hmm. hallucinations. So it kind of does throw everything away, though, right? I mean, because if everybody in the film was hallucinating, then we don't know what really happened or what really didn't happen or what was supernatural or what was just tripping. Well, that's fucking yeah, a exactly. mind fuck, though. Yeah, I so, know, and and that's and when they throw that into the film, I'm like, okay, seriously, like it, to me, it just felt like, hey, we don't really know where to go. We're going to throw this, yeah, exactly, and we're going to throw this into the plot. I just think they were trying to come like, up with more stuff to make more sequels. I just, well, I just think they was trying to figure out where to, how to, how do we make a sequel to Children of the Corn? And like they tried to to make a make a logical movie, explanation for all of it. I guess I don't know this movie. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I mean, as soon as I throw that in there, I'm like, I honestly really like that idea. But when you throw that in after we got all the supernatural elements and things that are going on, I go, wow, you are reaching for fucking Mars right now. Like, crazy, crazy but shit, man. How, I, how I, can I, you it, explain the supernatural things that are happening other than they are just supernatural? I, I <laughs> they were hallucinating. I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world. They thought out of the box. They did reach, but it's not the worst idea in the world. It's it's but just hallucinating seems like. But you have to admit though, that seems like a little bit of a cop out though. Like they were just hallucinating, right? Like this well, shit. Why, may or may it not might have be happened. a little of both, right? Maybe maybe like some people were hallucinating, but maybe he who walks behind the rose is real as well. Mm, I don't buy both yeah. of those things. But, but, but yeah. this but is up the thing. To you. There's, so many, there's so many damn questions, man. Like, this is where this film really, really lacks in direction, man, and, and explanation and stuff. It's just, there's a whole pile of shit that I feel like they're reaching too much. And then there's a whole pile of fucking goddamn stupid filler in this film. Like, okay, for instance, I can't stand how they utilize so much screen time on the father's relationship and the son's relationship and stuff. All and it goes shit that's nowhere, going on, though. No, exactly. That's where I was going with this. And <laughs> all this shit doesn't even fucking matter. Especially it's the filler. Especially it's the filler. When they should the be dad. explaining, they should have concentrated on it. If you're going to throw this mold toxins and all this other type well, of thing, try and make I'll a film you. out of this. Don't throw in all this damn filler. You have to admit it's really, really Well, I'll fucking... tell you why the filler does – 
wrap up and it does have a point it might not work like we want it to but the point of that filler is to develop their negative relationship to then have danny be able to change turn turncoat to change over to the micah side that was what the point of that was you have to plant those seeds of distrust and dislike for the parents for him to be convinced to go to that side it's a it's a you know it's a Conflict. Hold up, hold up. Are we really not going to talk about the wheelchair death? Come on. How are we not <laughs> oh going to talk about that? Jesus that is the Christ. worst continuity there is... issue in the whole fucking I pointed series. that out to you. I know, and it didn't even make fucking sense until I was rewatching it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It totally doesn't make She's sense. She's getting fucking hit right, and she goes screen right center right through the fucking window and it makes oh i know sense. dude that that, that scene shit is was just fucking so hilarious yeah it's from the low budget i mean they probably just had that town and they didn't have a way to, to aim it towards the like there was just the street didn't work out right and <laughs> they didn't know what to do because they wrote this wheelchair death in the script and they're like ah we'll fix it in post nobody will even notice <laughs> okay jp okay i okay i I completely understand what you're t- what you're saying with you know planting the seeds with you know the father and son and he's got a you know the thing with the son and the and his girlfriend and stuff. But what about you know the father and shit like you know his relationship? I, I just I don't know. Well, that to was me, part it just, of it, it, right? Because he has a bad relationship with his son. He does you know. know but like he already a, had one though. That's the thing. This is where I was getting that they already had a bad relationship from the start. Yeah. We know that right off the get go. Uh huh. Right, so what do they really need to plant more seeds in it's there when develop- we already know? If, if they just did it to where they was like, we don't like each other, and then cut forward, it would you would have been complaining about it wasn't properly developed. I'm not saying no, it's like, good. Right, I'm not saying it's right good. from the, right from the it has a scene, You already see you already see like you know the son doesn't want to be there. He's got a bad relationship with his dad, and actually there's a funny scene in the film where his dad is like, I love this man. He's just like, hey man, you know, just go out and do something, then you know. You know, just go find something to do. It just lets his son go off and do whatever. But he's never thinking about his safety. You know, yeah. like we just well, had this but, but huge see, massacre, and he's see, like, "Hey, man, just go, just go take off and do whatever, man." It's like, what the fuck? A fucking kind of dad would just be like, well, "I'd be my, like, dude, we're not, we're not having the best, okay. we're not having the best relationship right now. You might want to just stick around here because there's some really shady shit going on around here that's hard to fucking explain. We but, can't even. Explain. But he says it because he he doesn't really know how to be a parent either because he said he made a mistake. Yeah. He had him when he was 16. I think if you would have just mentioned it and left it alone and not spent any time on it, I think that's bad filmmaking. Just as it is. Is to use it too much because you can't mm-hmm. you can't just drop your development pieces that's you just aren't no, no, supposed no. to do that exactly i just i mean i understand the son going away and you know getting involved with the girl and then uh, all that other t- things go on and stuff but you don't really need to explore the dad and and his girlfriend and and things like that i just fucking hated it man i i just really was adding nothing to the development which you say you know, I get that completely, but you know, with the father and his girlfriend, and I was like, whatever. Hey, at least it's, it, it's fucking it's, it's watchable. Just, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, had, is, I didn't have a huge problem with it because I, I really I I like this film. So tedious. I just find it so tedious and it's just really boring. Actually, like the whole thing with the father, and I mean, I understand what we're getting at here. You know, it's those seeds. You know, those corn seeds. They're planting <laughs> those corn seeds. But uh, I don't know. I just don't buy into it. I just don't think the direction in this film was what I wanted. So, and I think there's too many open questions for me. And I, I just really – I don't find this movie atrocious at all. I think there's a lot of elements to it that are fun. Um, and some of the questions that I may ask, I don't even need answered. I mean they may be rhetorical from even myself. I don't really give a shit you know, when it comes right down to it. Once you finish the film, you're like, okay, whatever. But ultimately, this movie is very um, – 
boring to me actually i find it very boring i don't find the jokes overly that funny either like there is one part in this film that i actually did laugh out loud at it's uh don't forget your sucker (laughs) 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 fuck that was had to be some of the worst fucking dialogue oh my god it was don't forget the sucker i'm like shut the fuck no it's like the part i can't remember who the fuck was talking he's like do you see the connection between the nosebleed and the house falling and buddy pipes up and he's like yeah they're dead (laughs) (laughs) so you didn't like the investigative angle of him and little cornfoot the indian guy rolling through the you know finding out what's going on and stuff you didn't you didn't care for that at all i think he was actually like the most likable character in the whole series little Um, cornfoot yeah it's all it's it's jp you kidding me but again, yeah. Yeah. to be honest, JP, um, I didn't mind it, but I felt that it was a little too convenient for the filmmaking. Like, this guy is just there. But he's like, which going. guy? The little cornfoot guy? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. native to there. He was there before you. What are you? How is it fair oh, for you to God. tell him okay. that he shouldn't I be knew there. you were going to say that to you. I knew you were going to say that. But of course, you know, he's the guy that's around and he's the only one. And he happens to be a professor of this. I mean, yeah, it's convenient for, you know, story like that. Well, of course, right? Of course. But it's just, it's not, it's not great filmmaking, but it's not. Um, I will never say but, that there's know, a lot of great filmmaking in this film. But honestly, I, honestly, I did like. I like the, uh, you know, they kind of get into the mythology a little bit about certain things and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's okay. It's okay. It's not exciting at all. I will admit, it's actually kind of boring. So not l- let me get, let me mention because we got to touch on this. How about all the goddamn Wizard of Oz references? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! There's like thirty. I know. Miss I West. Don't know. Miss West, are you serious? Her name is Miss Burke West or whatever. When the house fell exactly. on her. The house fell on her. She says, it. what a cruel world, which is a direct quote. Oh, I know. Uh, I both know. both know. sisters are played by the same actress, much like the original Wicked Witch of the West did with uh, the other lady. They're riding. They both ride things like brooms. Like, oh, that's like, a good one. I mean, dude, there is so many references to the Wizard of yeah, Oz. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, the most obvious crazy. is the house on the yeah, fucking the house old lady. On the lady. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's so awesome. It made me laugh, though. It's fucking funny. <laughs> it did yeah. make me laugh, actually. I think the cat's yeah. name is even like a reference to Wizard of Oz. I may have missed that, actually. Yeah. It's named like Ruby I mean, if there's so many. Like Ruby Slipper, you know? like <laughs> it's in- That's interesting that they had so many the Wizard, of, the- cat's name Wizard of Oz. I think the reason was the director's favorite film was Wizard of Oz or the writer or something. I, I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, makes so that doesn't sense. mean you fucking put it in your movie. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. have the fucking Don't You Forget About Me fucking playing in the background somewhere for my fucking movie. What about the relationship between uh, the hot chick, which I agree, Jeremy, She's straight up hottie. Like, I had such a mm-hmm. huge crush on her when I was a kid. She's the hottest chick in all the ser- in the whole series. She's pretty hot. Honestly, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. She's pretty good looking. She has a nice rack. Smile. Yeah, yeah but they didn't utilize it properly. <laughs> Should have seen those boobs. That would have been a little bit of creepo, though. That shit was funny whenever he was, like, walking down that bridge and, like, she was, like, under this, like, waterfall. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the most, like, like <laughs> this is, like, the most written-in, like, scene of any movie right now. Like, oh, why would yeah. they oh, totally. just so be, like, under this waterfall you with saw, pants on? You saw my raft when they fucking found the arm when they were making out in the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, what <laughs> is like, that? what is it? It's, it's, a, it's a hand. Game. You stupid bitch! What do you? What does it look like? It Dude, I that love that so hand. Funny. I love that hand because that hand is like still moving. 
It's awesome. It's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. No, it's fucking so stupid, but it's fucking creepy because it's like if you look at it, it's actually like moving. Maybe <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just fucking. It's it's good. That's good. It's so fucking cheesy, man. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm which means there's a lot of bad filmmaking and a bad a lot of bad filmmaking technique in this film. When Danny yes. does switch over to the dark side for a brief second or something, like yeah. that all happened way too fast. I almost feel like that wasn't developed enough because it didn't feel like they had they did enough to, to convince a normal person to switch over and be one of the corn kids, right? I mean, it's like it's like dude, exactly. The there's kid. like nothing there. Like this kid is like. You know, I don't know, man. You could have told him anything, and he was like, "Okay." You know, how about like, how it, about their version really, of Malachi Mordecai? Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai. You know, honestly, I love the name Mordecai, man. I Mordecai love all their. Na- I love all these fucking fuck. religious ass names. Mike, me, Micah, Isaac, Malachi. Like all, all these names are are cool in my book. Joe. But Isaac, you know, Isaac is a you know a good book name, right? I don't know about like Mordecai. I, I don't know if those, those names are, are in all there very religious. Those are all Bible names. names yeah. yeah. Are all they those, okay? Yeah. I know Isaac is a huge one. Isaac is a major one. But uh, yeah, Mordecai. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Real rich. It's a creepy guys. fucking name, man. It's a creepy name. Why you fucking call him Dorothy when you're at it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, honestly, I don't know, man. It's, like this movie right here, okay. Getting back to the very first thing I said, you know, it doesn't really have that tone as, as you know from the first one at all. But there is a couple decent scenes in this film. Like you know, there's a scene where Danny's walking through uh, the cornfield at night, and I was like, oh, well, there's a little bit of atmosphere, you know. And it just seems out of place though too, because this film doesn't really have a lot of atmosphere throughout the whole film. It just feels like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that isolated yeah it doesn't it feels way more it, it modern as well it does it does it, it just feels completely opposite than the first film but then like i said there's the scene where danny's walking through the the cornfield at night there and, and, and the you know, flashlights through the corn cornfield like i exactly. like some of that and, stuff and and all of a sudden i'm like oh well there's some decent filmmaking i mean this isn't uh you know store or plotter you know driven or anything but this is you know a decent scene i like that and that's they really used... i'm like all i'm pulling from this man you know? They used Hemingford. I like that that was – they did pay attention a little bit to continuity. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the first thing I wrote for this, I was like, oh, continuity is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like – I don't know. Kind of made myself laugh. This one also that. had some good opening credits. Mm-hmm. But they get worse yeah. as the series goes on. Yeah, it had a lullaby over this cool um, – I don't know, like art painting yeah. of corn. It was cool. Yeah. Again, though, the music and the, you know, the score and stuff, they kind of utilize that. I don't know really what to call it. Like the chant score. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, mm-hmm. I don't really know what the fuck to call it. Like I, but uh, I really enjoy that, man. I think it's, I think it works. I mean, it's there's so good. much bad stuff in here. I agree. Like the, like the, the pure like twirling mustache villain of the cop, like Jesus Christ. It's so yeah. paint by numbers. Oh, completely. Like, but but that gets worse, dude. But that's a pretty awesome. <laughs> this made like the, the part five. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the the one noticeable thing about this movie is that you know it is it it's a little more bloody and gory though. I mean it has that you, going and, for it. I mean they, they did make it. You know, you had the sequel type thing. You know, you got to make it a little more bloody and gory. Um, it's not it's not as effective as what we see in the first film at all. But again. Not trying to fully compare it because it's like a completely different era of filmmaking. It's a completely different film. Yeah. So, how about the uh, CGI scene where Micah goes in the tunnel portal thing? I used to love that scene as a kid. Like, I thought it was so cool. 
It's and, beyond cheesy, man. Uh, but it, like it literally fi- – it's like the guy wrote it down. He's like, I'm going to show a scene where the evil physically uh, – <laughs> <laughs> It physically corrupts you know, Micah's character and it, it's going to look so cool. And I got this vision and he's going to be falling down this huge like almost like wormhole and there's going to be these black <laughs> things. <that> he- <laughs> and then he gets it back after post-production. He's like – Oh. oh fuck! Like, oh, yeah. That's that's oh, not yeah, what I at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I said, I said, yeah, I'm laughing. I know it's outdated. <laughs> I was pissing myself in that. Still fucking funny. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> you know that definitely was a product of uh, just pure disappointment, man. <laughs> it's like you said to get it back in post production. Like, oh, oh god. Fuck! <laughs> How do you react to that, man? It's like, oh shit. But who knows, man? It might have been cool. Like you said, it was made nineteen ninety. But even then, though, those effects were still a little bad. Yeah, really, really bad. Uh, they're so admit, bad though, that yeah, the I... UK version actually cut them out. <laughs> what? Yeah, really? you back before this was released, you can only get a Region Two copy and or a VHS copy. And if you got the Region Two copy from the UK, that whole CGI scene was cut from the film. Why? I don't is know. Is there like a reason for that? Because it's I, not like it's... I don't know. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> because probably. the UK are like... We, we I've can't. never heard of a scene getting cut from a movie because it was just bad. You know, it That's wasn't offensive. It wasn't offensive just, or gory or anything. They were just like, man, that scene sucks so bad. We're actually going to cut it from our release. What probably <laughs> happened was when this film was originally originally released theatrically, when they took the prints to the UK or whatever, they probably, feel, they probably were like, this... You know, isn't going to really go with our audience. There's stories of things being cut just for, uh, you know, time or whatever. You know, just different, different, uh, you know, cultures and stuff. So maybe that all their prints when they were putting them on uh, DVD and stuff, they just the scene was cut because it was sent over cut. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, fuck. Children of the Corn to the final sacrifice. Bad acting and ugly kids. Yeah. Dude, this film one. had a nine hundred thousand dollar budget, which is a hundred thousand more than the original film, and it made freaking almost seven million, which is still crazy, right? That's pretty good yes. still. It's still Can't really good. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's impressive, actually. Ratings. <clears throat> ratings yeah I, I don't really know what else to say about it it's just it's kind of a mess for me um say know, it's a mess no well that's the thing like i mean there's it's there's, a mess. Kind of, there's there's good and bad and you know the, like whatever um yeah this one right here man it's you know it's below average for me uh, i don't hate this film by any means i think there's there is some enjoyable things i think there's other parts of this i just uh, boring as fuck to me but um I just think the direction this film is really what hurts it. You know, it makes kind of a bad script, though, too. There's things to me, like I said before, that are obviously not explained. And you kind of have to disconnect yourself from complete reality and, you know, rate this one from fucking Jupiter. So, uh, but, you know, as much as I talked about the bad stuff, there is decent stuff. Hot chicks. Really, really bad effects. It's a very um, fun. There's some fun to me, and there there is some fun parts and stuff. But you know, even with my rating, I still would recommend that people check this out. And I give it four and a half out of ten. <clears throat> Jeremy, uh, this one's just average. It has enough stuff to keep me entertained, and not to say, oh god, this is complete ass. I want to turn it off and hang myself right now, like some of the other movies. Um, five out of ten, just average. Kyle, um, I'm there with it. Like the 
I enjoy the the shitty CGI effects. I, I really like them. Um, like I was saying earlier, the the scene at the end with the demon, I, I just fucking laughed, man. I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? But like, I really enjoyed it. Like, I like that. I, I think that like weird things like that make certain movies. Now, I'm with moods on the fact that there's a shit ton of filler, like just filler stuff in this movie. Like, like the whole dad son relationship. I didn't give a fuck about that the entire movie. Um, the, the girl was really hot, but there was no point in like showing the whole guy girl relationship. There's a lot of things that, that do keep me interested, but there's a lot of things that like, they're just not that, you know, it's, it's one of those movies that probably shouldn't have been made at the same time. But you know what I say, you know, I would say, I would probably say five out of 10. That's, that's a pretty good rating for this one. Average is like perfect. I mean, it's definitely nowhere near as good as the first one, but at the same time, it's, it's not the worst one that I've, that I've watched. So and that hot girl really had no purpose. All no, right. Not at all. What do you mean? No, purpose. really have a purpose. The there's really no point in her being in the movie. Yeah. There, it's just, there's another person who's not a bad, like, I don't, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I, they I threw really her. I think they threw her into the movie just to give the guy, the kid, something to do because they didn't really have much for the kid to do. They were like, hey, go fuck this girl and, you know, whatever. You know, here's your plot line for the movie. Like the dad son – the dad could have been without the son and the whole movie could have still went through and not had any problems, in my opinion at least. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean I think the girl had a few different things that she was there for. One, she was there for the son to kind of rebel against his father because he found something to do in the town after the father told him to. I think the girl also is there at the end to make uh, the uh, choice a little more. I think she had a purpose. It might not be the best purpose in the world, but I, I think she did have a purpose. Candy. Uh, yep. Eye candy as well. You need a you need a chick, hot chick in, in a horror film. Uh, I, I mean, th- there's there's a few different reasons, but uh, me, I actually <laughs> like this one a little better than than most people. I think I've said on record that this is probably my yeah. favorite guilty pleasure yeah. of all time. Uh, I know that it's guilty pleasure. Ooh, I know that it's a really... bad movie, right? Like it's a, it's a bad it's it's it has a lot of bad things, but I actually like the dynamic between the father and the son. I know a lot of people don't, including all three of you people, uh, but I like it. I think that it adds decent development. Uh, I think that there's a lot of problems. It is a little bit overly comedic, but at the same time that it's referencing, it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to have this sort of weird. Uh, spoofy almost comedy where it's you know like the Wizard of Oz references and stuff um, I like the investigative stuff with the uh, John Redcorn guy and you know the, the Indian dude or whatever and overall like I actually like the idea of trying to explain it logically with the arrogant mold and the hallucination I don't really have you know hatred towards this film I give it a 6 out of 10 I, I, I agree with you. I really like the uh, the Indian guy. I really did enjoy his character. I did think that he was a really cool, like you know, kind of character to throw into the movie, and he was interesting to kind of watch. So, it's the most interesting know. character in the series. That is true. <laughs> My opinion. All right. So moving along, three years later, we have Children of the Corn Part Three: Urban Harvest, nineteen ninety five. 1995 this one came out in and uh yeah getting into the uh the short little uh plot synopsis of this one two young gatlin residents and orphaned are orphaned after the younger brother kills their father 
So the terror of Gatlin goes urban when the two boys are placed in the custody of two foster parents. The younger brother, who by this point is established as the evil one, uh, bought some corn, brought some corn, that's supposed to say brought, brought some corn seeds along for the road and plants them in the courtyard of an abandoned warehouse, bringing he who walks behind the rows to the city. He wind, he winds up, he wins up, he wins up, he winds up possessing the high school peers and soon his older brother feels uh, feels called to stop him. Yeah, this uh, whoever wrote this fucking storyline is a fucking moron. <laughs> uh, so they really need some le- uh, some <laughs> lessons in grammar because there's a lot of mistakes in there. And I was trying to correct him as a Jeremy. Sick him. So it wasn't too bad. Sick him, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, you fucking bitch. So Listen, so still, we're gonna, the we're first gonna this, the first thing that yeah. I want to say is I guess. The the corn actually is he who walks behind the rose. If we're going on this plot for <laughs> this much. one, because <laughs> exactly. I guess destroying exactly. the corn was proper. In this the movie has film. a bigger continuity problem than the fucking second movie, which is ridiculous to even think about that. So they're pulling up to the motherfucking house where they live, and there's supposed to be a fucking factory behind the house. Don't you think we would fucking see that when they're pulling up to the house? And another thing is, there is no fucking factories in fucking Chicago behind houses and neighborhoods. I'm sorry to say it just doesn't work like that. A so resident another... Chicago native uh, is busting this movie apart right it's now. stupid. You would see the fucking factory in the fucking backyard. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't about. notice it, but I, I believe you. <laughs> it's fucking Well, I mean, that's something, that's something right away that Jeremy would notice, of course, being from Chicago, of course. Yeah, but There's not even any scenes in Chicago, is it there? It fucking looks no, like L.A., no. I'm sorry. It looks like L.A. Yeah, especially because so, yeah, so, because the so, alley scenes when they're when they're doing when they're walking in the alley, the love interest and the good boy, the alleys aren't that big unless you live in downtown Chicago. And from what I've been seeing in the fucking shots, they don't live in downtown. Oh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, this it was actually filmed in Los LA? Angeles, so. Doesn't yeah. even look like Chicago. in the hood, so it makes sense. So it makes sense, but yeah. So, so they really, they really, they really fucking flip the script in this one, man. They take it right out of Nebraska, and all of a sudden they're in Chicago, and it's and a then, fish out uh, of water story. Yeah, and then our our you know suspicions are confirmed that he who walks behind the rose actually is the fucking corn in this one. Um, <laughs> it's oh, yeah. it's it's real. Like I just there's so many things about this film that are. This one should be just... Children of the Corn 3, Urban Butt Chins, because every fucking guy in this movie has butt chins. The casting director definitely had to think for butt chins. Like, like the dad? He had the biggest like fucking butt chin in the world. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys rip on this movie, and then I'm going to like say what I liked about it, because I, I honestly like this movie. I honestly had a lot. I have a lot to say about this movie. I, well, well I, go ahead. Lead us off. What, what, what well, do you I mean? Some points. It, my the first the biggest thing about this movie that I liked, um, yeah, okay, it's it's has nothing to do with a lot of the stuff that's going on with the previous films. Yeah, there there's a lot of plot holes in this movie, but the biggest part about this movie and the most memorable character in my opinion of the entire franchise, this is my opinion, is Eli. I he in my opinion that's the most memorable character because he's so annoying. That's the most annoying <laughs> fucking kid. Like that's like my kid times twelve. Like <laughs> he is annoying. 
he is a very good leader. I mean, he you could tell in the movie when he's like, you know, and there's one scene in the movie where he's like standing up in yeah. the factory and he's like actually talking to all the kids. They're all like listening, and he's a very good speaker. Like that that scene, that and the fact that you know whenever. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody looks at him. They're all like, what the fuck is this kid doing? He's a weirdo. It just, I don't know. He's just one of the main characters that, like, remind me of these movies. The second thing I like about this movie um, is the setting in the movie. I, I do like the the kind of city theme to this movie. I like the fact setting. that, you know, yeah, the urban the urban theme to this movie. I, I like the fact that it's set and they have this factory, even though it may not be realistic. They got this factory, and there's, like, this little hole where he's crawling behind the fence, and he goes into the factory, and he builds these cornfields and, and all that. I, I think that's just really it, – it, it's not, you know, an extreme, you know, plot or anything where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow, this is a great movie. It's just neat because I think that somebody, like – it probably like probably was like, hey, you want to you know make a Children of the Corn movie, and then they just kind of came up with it off the top of their head. They're like, oh, let's make it in Chicago, and you know we'll have a factory here, and this little kid will be like kind of crazy, and, and it's just memorable to me. Like when I watched this movie, out of all the movies I watched, I always remembered Eli. I was like, that is the most annoying kid. He's cool. <laughs> like he was just a little badass. I don't know. That, that's just that's just my opinion. What I, I want to like, know is, aren't Christian schools private? How the fuck are all these hood? people in low-income areas affording to go to public catholic school i i you know that's one thing that it's, i i thought was a huge plot hole as well because uh they're not uniformed either right it's it just seems like completely odd that they would have a it's like they they just was like well we need a preacher there to go against <laughs> I know, private, so we're gonna just have school, to write it in as a private school but we don't have budget seemed a little too a little too inner city man yeah we don't yeah. have to have the budget to actually make it like a private school so they'll just wear what you have in your yeah. closets guys y'all you extra kill each other <laughs> and get in fights and play basketball in the recess and slow-mo this movie starts <laughs> the slow-mo trend in the children of the corn movies it, it every does. movie after this has enormous amount of slow motion and this makes me laugh every time i see it oh yeah and you know my thoughts on slow-mo i'm not a fucking fan of it i even I, stated I, that in my wormwood in my wormwood review yeah, too man over fucking useless slow-mo shots and man. you like the cornfield um, you could totally tell that that was on a like a sound stage at some points like yeah when the mom mm-hmm. is running through this through this uh through the cornfield yeah the, the sky is cloudy and then it cuts to her running like it's like an overhead shot and you see that it's cloudy and then it then it camera cuts and it's in front of her and you see the sky and it's fucking blue and sunny and it's, oh, <laughs> it's just continuity problems that make me laugh about oh yeah this. yeah there's, there's a lot of problems with this one but i do agree with kyle man i actually really do like the setting of this you know taking it out of that isolated area and putting it into a city and stuff i honestly well, I kind of bought into it. I kind of bought into it, and movie. yeah, I kind of bought into it, and I was like, okay. And I, I like the idea that you know it's confirmed. It's like, okay, he walks behind the roses. You know, we can plant him and resurrect him like this. And I was like, okay, that's kind of stupid, but it works. Makes you know, sense. it works for me, right? <laughs> you, you know, and then, and then I, I and I agree, man. Eli is actually one of my favorite characters in the entire uh, franchise because. Yeah, he is annoying, but he's really effective. I mean, the kid is very well spoken, and I thought his acting and he, it, it was it was just effective. Yeah. You know, the way he delivers everything, it was you know, it, it's effective to the point where you know you still have to disconnect yourself because really, if you're at this school with all these type of inner city kids, which I don't know why the fuck they're all there, like Jeremy said, yeah. it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But generally, these type of people are not going to buy into this right away, but they kind of sell it right away. Yeah, well, not even that. Like already, another, he's thing, already an outcast. What, but what are he, these? He get he brings them in right away. Are I'm these just like, fucking oh, kids? No. 
are these kids gonna kill every adult in fucking Chicago? Get the <laughs> well, fuck that's the, out of here! I mean, it's it, so but, stupid. But I don't just think because was, something's no, that, impossible doesn't ever... mean that they won't try, right? I mean, that it's it, just because it's not realistic to happen, it doesn't matter. They still yeah. have a goal. Uh, I will agree on both points. I, I do like the setting. I really do. I thought that it was a nice, you know, fish out of, out of water setting, like like I said earlier. And I do like Eli. I don't think he's as strong as Isaac or even Micah, but he's definitely one of my favorite preacher kids in in the series. He's definitely very memorable, no matter but how you look at. Yeah. One thing I will say, Moods, is I I've, I got the sense that they were showing the way that they showed. Uh, transitions between stuff. I get the sense that this happened over a long period of time, like months. Um, but I just don't think they did it right to really showcase mm-hmm. that. But I do think that's what they were going for. They were trying to say this has been a long process that uh, that it's been happening. Well, they do state they do state in the film. <clears throat> well, because the dad tries to exploit his uh, foster son's you know corn that he's you know grown and stuff. Because yeah. you know he, he turns into this really kind of piece of shit guy that's you know really trying to sell off this pro- this crop. Um, but you know they do state though, like from the time the they adopted or fostering these parent or adopted or whatever um, until the time it was harvested it was like four weeks. So right to that point, I think that was kind of the time frame that they were looking at. And you think it took over a longer period well, of time? It, it actually does too, because then the mother dies as well. And we get a sense. Exactly. That it's a, and even she a somehow point. falls on the one point of the pipe that's fucking sticking out. <laughs> Fuck. I love that. Death. It's I'm a freak accident. That, that was a badass kill, man. That was that an de- awesome That death, death is awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually it's think so that ridiculous. The, uh, it's ridiculous, but it's fun. The effects fun. aren't bad in this one, actually. No, no, Screaming no, Mad no. George actually did the effects. He also did the effects on one of the most notable films as Society. Uh, he's this weirdo guy. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, but I was unfamiliar with him until I watched his special features on Society. But he has like this very um, surreal type of effects that he likes to do. We're and talk about the that showcase. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, well, we'll get to there. We'll get to there. Uh, this one right here also kind of, you know, what you say, Jeremy, you said it introduced like the slow-mo into the franchise. Well, this one also kind of gets into the dream sequences too. Um, yeah. You know, my thoughts on dream sequences, man. Like sometimes they're effective and sometimes they're not. And, and a lot of times, well, I would say probably more times than not, they are, they're just not effective because they're just – they overuse them. They, usually in these type of films, they start to and then they just completely fucking obliviate the, yeah. the whole effectiveness of the dream sequence. And I think that – there's too many in the film. For me, there's there's just too many of them. But I don't think it really actually hurts it. I think like, – I, I know that sounds funny, but I think there's too many, but I don't think it like kills the film. They're anything. done for scare effect. That's essentially exactly. all they're for. And yeah. I find those ones the most annoying unless it's like Elm Street where it's like – it's a crucial yeah. plot point where like there's dreams. I don't like dream effects. Like I, I just find them yeah. like pointless because well, it doesn't feel grounded in reality either. Like nobody well, actually has visions and inside like dreams that. and it's like – yeah, yeah, it's like I'll, uh, I'll say this. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite part of this movie was the uh, plot twist, and I'm not sure if you guys want me to go ahead and say it. Yeah. What it is uh, when go Eli ahead. is found out that it's his. Uh, well, not Eli, but his brother finds out or doesn't find out, but tells everybody Eli is uh, an adopted child. Like I actually was like, okay, this is starting to sort of make sense now. Like this is why the brother is nothing like Eli. Why Eli is such a weirdo. And like I kind of like that because it kind of I was like oh okay that you know it kind of made me think I was it's like oh, that makes sense. for sure it's definitely like cool that they threw that in there um I, I just I don't know it was one of the parts of the movie I mean yeah this is not the greatest movie but I mean it does have 
you know, its moments. I mean, I like cheesy, you know, things that try hard like this. And it, and it kind of makes you think back to the opening scene when you find out that scene that, that Eli is actually adopted. He did, then, it, then you refer back to the, the opening scene and you're like, well, he didn't actually kill his real dad. Yeah. Yeah. He killed his yep. adopted dad. Yeah. And now it's, it kind of makes a lot more sense. And I do, yeah. I really actually enjoyed that about that too. And instantly you're going, oh fuck, he didn't kill his real dad. What the fuck? Yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, said, man. It, it, it was effective. The, one of the lines he said, he was like, you know, I'll deal with him. You know, he, he'll listen to me. So it's like almost like, you know, the dad's listening to the to the adopted child because it's he knows it's not his kid. He's like, oh, well, maybe this kid's making sense. My kid's an idiot. Yeah. You know, so he's kind of like, you know, OK, maybe I'll listen to this kid. He's he's sort of smart. I mean, honestly, Eli was very, very smart. He was, in my opinion, he was smarter than his brother. I mean, the kid had, you know, a lot of very good speaking skills. He was he seemed very smart. I mean, it's just crazy that a little kid is like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the character too because my, it, my, it has to be believable too. But my yeah. only problem I, with I, that, I what you're saying. my only problem with that is it makes no sense why this drunk alcoholic guy would be able to adopt a kid. Well, that I mean, that's really but if we, we don't know. Like, if, if we there's talk no, shit there's on no backstory the to the family, film. he could have he. He yeah, could have just true. been shit faced right there, right? Like I mean, this was, he was just having a bad night or whatever. But I mean, was, he lives. Yeah. They live in a train. Like it just seems like not the type of person they would give a kid to. Like this state. But, but again, at the same again, time, coming. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say coming from Gatlin for one and two. It's in the '90s and they're in like a like extremely like like secluded area. You don't know what kind of kids they give to people like that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of like kids that are adopted that have really, really shitty parents. So, I mean, I guess it can make sense. Like, yeah, from back that's then, true. I mean, there's a lot of cases and, you know, even that I've dealt with, with friends and family where, uh, you know, people that I know were placed in shitty foster homes, like shitty ones, you know? And, uh, so it, it does make sense, but I just brought it up because we talked about that in the second film about how it didn't make sense that they would all be so easily adopted or whatever. Yeah. What about the subplot, you know, with the stepdad or the foster parent? You know, I thought there was an interesting dynamic where it was like the mom was close with Josh, but the dad was close with uh, what Eli? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only reason he was close with Eli is because he was trying to steal his corn. But I think he actually did care too because he's like he's like I got I got impressions that he did care. Yeah, but it does make sense and stuff. Like I I don't know, it just I, I bought it. I bought that he actually liked Eli. Um, he even said like in, in dialogue, like Eli is, you know, we're going to have trouble with Josh, but Eli is such a great kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and delving, it, it, you know, like delving really into me. detail, like that corn, it's like cool that they, they thought the corn was like the best corn ever too. Like, yeah. you know, like the, this corn company is like, Oh, this is the greatest corn ever, but it's like the devil incarnate in corn. So I thought talk about cool. coincidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> your, yeah. Your adoptive father is, is this fucking corn seller what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and, and it makes a lot of sense though you know because eli apparently is you know he's supposed to be kind of the evil one and his he dad or his foster parent technically powers. is kind of the yeah and, and technically kind of is the you know the evil parent he was trying to exploit this and take advantage of eli's corn strain and stuff like that so it makes more sense that you know the good brother and the mom would be more you know compatible and stuff and the, yeah. you know it, it, it just kind of the way the, the, that dynamics between the yeah the parallels right there are just it really does work. Yeah. You know, but and you can't really complain about it. So th- this one, we actually see that the preacher kid actually has supernatural powers. We didn't see that in the other two films. It was, it was, there was supernatural yeah. abilities around them, 
But it, even mm-hmm. like at the end of the first one, Isaac obviously became sort of one with he who walks behind the rose a little bit, so it made a little sense. But um, that's something different that I just thought I'd point yeah, out. Because he fucking teleports to child services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, again, which is, you know, there's lots of plot holes within that right there. <laughs> I'm saying they fucking the... ripped off Jaws 4 at the end. I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. I feel like the I feel fucking like love just... interest gets eaten there is, and she there is still a... lives. It's fucking... There definitely is a few things in this film that don't make sense due to the plot holes. But I mean, this whole the whole end scene in this film is like, you know, the first time you watch this movie, you go, what the fuck? Yeah. I think we all did that. Like, where in the shit does that even come from? Like, how does this happen? Yeah, how is that real? Honestly, yeah. I just think that it was a good opportunity, like... Like, they're just like, well, we always seen these, like, the ground move, right? When when he who walks beyond the rose is around, even in the first film. Yeah. So it's like, well, what's under there? I guess we'll physical, make it a physical thing. I mean, it's it's it doesn't make much sense, but it's no, a cool it effect. There's, it's a decent opportunity to have some effect shots. Because I have a feeling yeah. that was Screaming Mad George's idea or something. I thought Rough. I thought it was cool, like, how at the end, like, it showed, like, that, that scene where the corn was, like, in this, like... Uh, it was like in like a box, and they were shipping it from like Germany or to Germany. Yeah, that and, part like, was cool. I thought that was pretty neat. Like I thought, like you know, okay, the like corn drugs. is now supposed to be yeah, the corn's now supposed to be this like entity, but it's being Slanging shipped everywhere. Corn. Yeah, you yeah. see this mob boss type guy pick it up and like shake it, and he like yeah, I know. I was like, what the, the fuck thing. is like, this? He's like good stuff. Like it seemed like drugs, like cocaine or something. Like he picked up like, a brick of cocaine or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, one thing that I found that they didn't handle right was, uh, and this is just bad technique, bad editing. Uh, when Eli or Josh and Malcolm go to Nebraska, they go to Gatlin while Eli is doing his preaching and they drive all the way back for, I don't know like the physical distance in reality, how far away that is from Chicago, but it seemed like they got back pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, they, they were trying to go find that that what was it, the Bible yeah. uh, that he had buried or something. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. pretty. That was pretty like kind of that. That was another thing I was thinking about was like, how are they getting here and they're getting back before like all this crap happens? Like, it's like I, that seems uh, like a really Nebraska long. Nebraska and Chicago. That doesn't make fucking sense. I want to say, hey, filmmakers, why don't you pull out something called a fucking globe? A globe. Because <laughs> they literally drove to, to or Nebraska, map will do right? Too. They yeah, simply, they simply. They, they just drove there. One of the stupidest lines ever was when he gets back and he's like, see, Eli, I thought about something. And you're like a worm. See, you have your two halves, your Bible <laughs> yeah. and you. And so you can cut it in yeah. half, but one half is going to li- – and I'm like, that makes no sense. That isn't even real. Like worms don't just survive if they're cut in half. Like there's not two worms now. <laughs> That's funny. Well, actually, they kind of do because yeah, worms could have the ability to regenerate, regenerate to a certain point, but but the other half will die. Like the, his, his what he was saying was yeah, saying yeah. that yeah, those halves yeah, would yeah. continue to live, which made no sense. I don't know how they managed to execute this film. <laughs> so, Jeremy, you're saying that you don't know how they uh, she managed to get eaten and still lived. Yeah. Well, she maybe she didn't get chewed up; she just got swallowed. Wouldn't she fucking suffocate? Uh, you have you have a little bit of, of time with anything like there's there's pocket like I mean oh uh, that's bullshit. it doesn't make <laughs> does a does a giant worm creature thing make much sense to begin with? I don't know if the fucking chica lived then how the hell does a guy in Jaws four live? Uh, I don't know uh, exactly. The, well, I, I always look at uh, Tremors when Bert Gummer gets ate by one of the graboids and gets chainsawed out. 
seems fucking ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> it is I just ridiculous. found that part goofy. I found that whole creature goofy and makes no fucking sense. I don't know. So what about the relationship in this one between uh, Josh and the black girl? Unbelievable. It, unbelievable? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. like, really odd. I, like, I didn't expect that, like... I don't know, just because it's a 90s movie, like, and that was the that was the first time watch when I saw it. I was like, that's kind of odd that, like, you know, because they, they don't really, you don't really see... How many black people live in Nebraska, not to be any racist well, that, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and not to be racist either, but, like, how many white guys do you see with black girls? Like, hardly ever, especially a in lot. the 90s. That was, like, one of those things that, like, <laughs> you just don't well, see. Um... Well, I'm talking about in the 90s. Like, the 90s, it was, like, kind of, like, forbidden, because you know how racist people were back then. Yeah. And well, it's, I like, think... just... You know what I think it was? This film was made by a young director, right? He was a young director. He probably wanted to be more righteous than he had any right to be. I think I think I read that the director that directed this was like 25 or something. Uh, and it was his first film. So maybe he threw that in cuz he's like, "Well, I'm going to, you know, bre- break new ground here." You know, you know what I mean? Like how yeah, people yeah. think like that. They could sort of have this like almost pretentious like idea to where they they do it just to be edgy or to prove a point or whatever reason, you know. He was but, probably a hipster at the time and was like, "You know what? <laughs> he's like, "Fuck the racism shit. We're going to throw a black girl in here. We're going to let her date this guy." And but then again, we'll it's supposed to be in the hood, so I mean, the love interest would make sense to be yeah, black. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't like know if the anybody brother. Did like, you guys like the brother character? I think his name was Malcolm. He's just yeah. a goody two two nineties person. I like him. He, he was like a, he walks in. The dude's like, "How do we get to home?" And he's like, "You don't." <laughs> he like don't reminded me of like one sister. of the people from Home Improvement, like one of the kids from Home Improvement. That's what he reminded me of. <laughs> I don't know if anybody said yet, but Charlie Theron was in this movie. It was her first movie ever. Who's that? Yeah, Charlie Theron. You don't know who the fuck that is, JP? No, really? Don't. She's only the Charlie like, Theron. You have no idea who. Who? Man, who is she? That's, that blows mm. my mind. She's been in like a million wow, things, dude. dude. <laughs> like just name one. So <laughs> she won the Mighty... Academy Award for Monster Man. You've Monster, Mighty this. Joe Young. Uh, what else was she? She was in uh, the Hunk. Was it the Hunk? No, she was in uh, Prometheus. Young adult. The only one I've seen out of those three is Prometheus. You should see Monster Man. That movie's fucked. Oh, is that up. with she the prostitute? In... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was also in Reindeer Games. Reindeer Games was filmed in my hometown, and I actually got to meet her when they were filming that piece of shit film. (laughs) And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. She was actually quite bitchy that day. It wasn't. Dude, she was. She was in. Um, she was in the new Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shows in the corn three. Oh. I, I like when they're at the when they do go to Nebraska and they're out in the cornfield and like the scarecrow thing. I thought that was a pretty cool effect. And even how Malcolm died. <laughs> it, it's just yeah, that it's a little funny. cheesy, but uh you know what? Yeah, I, but this is just, it's just so fucking obvious though too. It's like uh he's like, gonna he's go like back. oh wait, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back for it. He's like, don't you know worry, what? I'm dude, not gonna chill. go with you. Yeah, just chill here, I'll but go. I'm not get gonna it. go with you. It makes no sense. Yeah, right. Like, it makes like no how sense. the fuck would you ever let your buddy go back there? It's yeah. like <laughs> Well how it's how so would ridiculous. it make sense for him, both of them not to go? It's not like he stayed for a reason, right? Like Exactly. Like, no, I'm just gonna stay here and, you know, look at this corn. Yeah. I was waiting, like, throughout all these, this whole franchise, I was waiting for somebody to take a piece of corn and stick it up their ass, or, like, to, like, use it as... <laughs> I was expecting that to happen. I was gonna... I, I thought the writers gonna run out of shit, and they're like, oh, fuck it, let's have a girl get a piece of corn and, like, like use it as a sex toy and turn into a demon. 
That would have been awesome. Like, <laughs> oh man, I'm pretty sure this franchise is Children of the Corn, not Children of the Cornhole. Mal, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, the, as as we go through these, I'm sure we'll mention this before, but there's a lot of actors who were like are have recognizable faces. Like Malcolm, I knew I seen him from somewhere before. He was actually in the Tales from the Crypt episode about the adopted kid who goes with his mortician uncle, and he like cuts his legs off and stuff. You remember that, that episode? episode. Yeah, that yeah. that's he's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That episode's yeah. fucking amazing. That's in like yeah. season three. Yeah, that's a good episode. Didn't even think of that, but thanks for pointing that out, though. Yeah, and the chick from the mom from uh, part two, she was in Ticks. She was one of the counselors in Ticks. Oh, short haired black, the short black haired lady. So this was woman? the last theatrical Children of the Corn. No, film. it actually was the first directed video Children of the Corn film. Really? Yeah. I thought it got a yeah. limited release. Yeah, this one might maybe a limited release. I don't know how much they did that back then, but so one uh, thing about this. This one thing about this franchise is that, like, it seems like every sequel here has very, very noticeable, you know, either starting of careers or noticeable faces in yeah. like, all okay, these films. It really it's, it's actually quite interesting, the people that were being involved yeah. with these sequels later on down the road. It's We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. um, anything else to say on uh, Children of the Corn 3? Yeah. Um, I know this one, like like we said. Uh, oh, know, yeah, you don't pull pizza of... in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah <laughs> Just exactly. to let you know. Um, you know, it's it, it. This movie isn't perfect by any means, like any of these films. But you know, it's got plot holes, and but it, it's enjoyable enough, though. Like you know, there's a lot of things that are good for me boring, about this man. film. I found it. I liked it better than the second one, personally. Yeah, I like me this too, one man. as well. I actually am a really big fan of this one. I, I just like it, it's very, it's more memorable to me. I mean, for good reasons and bad reasons. You know, like obviously the end is so goddamn bizarre and doesn't really make a lot of sense, but. Um, but it's memorable, and I'll that's what kind of counts. And it, what's that? I said I'll roll with it. I don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'll roll with it too because it's it's very memorable. And I thought it was like you know you have that what the fuck moment, but you're going I don't really care about what the fuck. I kind of like the what the fuck yeah. moments though. Exactly <laughs> right, and it's got Eli. It's memorable, and there's just a lot of good things. Like there is a lot of problems, like I said, but this one right here, I have a blast watching. Yeah, there's something yeah, about it. It's just it's just overall it's effective for my personal viewing, and I do re- highly recommend. Children of Corn 3. Highly recommend. Yeah, if what? you're going to watch one besides the original, this is probably the one to watch. Yeah, it really is, yeah. in my opinion. I agree. Um, I give it, I give it, you know, 6 out of 10. <clears throat> Jeremy? I don't like this one. I found it, I don't know, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I know that everybody has their own, you know, their own enjoyment out of different kind of films. I just didn't like this one. I don't know, I just found it kind of boring and too over the top for me to enjoy to be honest um i guess one four out of ten holy shit man <laughs> our fucking ratings are completely different in the series kyle <laughs> um i uh i really enjoyed this movie i i think it's one of the better movies in this franchise there are a ton of plot holes and there are things that are bad about this movie no doubt i mean anybody could see that even somebody that doesn't review mu- movies but uh personally i think the the, the whole thing that made this movie was Eli's character. Um, and I personally, and, and you guys, I know you guys will disagree with me. I'd rather watch this movie over again than the first one. Um, so I would give this movie a six and a half out of 10. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, he, I mean the higher rating than the first one, I don't know about that, but I mean, you're right. I would rather <laughs> watch this one over the first one. I'm not saying, I'm not saying fun. it's a better movie. I'm not saying it's a well, better you movie. Kind I'm of saying it's, I, I, I kind of am with the rating, but I think it was, you know, the first movie is a cult classic. You can't really mess with a cult classic, but I think the that this movie was, 
I, I like cheesy movies, and it's a lot more cheesy and and enjoyable for me because of the characters. So I'm just gonna I give it that. half a rating. Well, you rate your films uh, different than I rate my films, is what it comes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, me personally, I, I dug this one as well. This has always been kind of one of my favorite ones. I rented all of these in the 90s. Like, I would go to the video store every time there was a new one, and I would rent them. I loved them. I couldn't get enough of them as a kid. As I grew up, I realized how bad most of them are. <laughs> but this one was one that I would always gravitate back to. I always felt like this one has, like, a Child's Play 2 vibe to it with the adoptive kids, like, fish out of water type thing. Uh, the music cues in this yeah. one are kind of annoying, to be honest. Like, there's some, there's some odd choices of music, like, almost, like, cartoony at times. Uh, but... There was also a funny revelation. death that we didn't mention, and that was uh, the homeless guy. He's just chilling there eating corn, and he's just yeah. like, <laughs> just "Dude, that was awesome. I was like, "What the hell? Right. Why, like why his, they his kill him?" Was <laughs> I was like, "Why?" Did, and then he's like, "Later, they find his head. Like he's like in the corn, like embedded into it." Uh, but yeah, I like this one about as much as Moods does. Uh, six out of ten as well. Are you serious? Wow, crazy. <clears throat> I don't like Clint not bad, Porter, so it's no reason why I don't like this one. I knew so I two sixes, six and a half, and a four. That's quite the difference. In <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I was going to get a higher rating than you guys because I knew everybody didn't really care for this movie mm-hmm. too much. But I, I don't know. I, a first time watch, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, I bet you when we first started out talking about it, you're like, "Holy shit, these guys are going to go with like threes and fours and stuff." Well, like I, Jeremy, I thought Jeremy <laughs> was going to give it a one. I, I could have swore Jeremy was going to give it a one. I, I didn't give any of the movies a one. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So moving along here into, uh, well, actually the next year, 1996, Children of the Corn, The Gathering, which is uh, part four in the franchise. Um, So, yeah, this one was made a year later, um, right in the middle of the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Part three was actually filmed two years before it was released, I believe. That was the one that was actually filmed earlier Part four was? No, part three was. Oh, part three. Okay. Okay. All right, so the uh, plot line of this. <clears throat> All the kids in, in a town overnight become feverish and have convulsions. The next day, they start to become evil, change their names for those of kids killed long ago, and then start killing adults in their path in a vicious and mysterious forms. A young woman has just returned to town, tries to find out what's happening while trying to protect her transformed young sister. Uh, however, the kids are starting to re- revive their leader. Um, yeah, this, this is not even what happened, barely. <laughs> is this the one that you used to like that you don't like anymore? No, no, I, st- I still, I still really enjoy this one. I like actually. this one also. Um, this is probably my favorite sequel. The this one right here is like a completely different film. It just feels it's so not different. A children of a Gordon film, yeah. It's, but no, it's it, not. It, well, even like I mean, right away, right away, like, you, you actually see that it doesn't even take place in Gatlin. It takes place in Grand yeah. Island, Nebraska, which I might be a real place. I'm not sure. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So for the obvious, yeah, it's taking place but in a different has, place, but... but it still has the same small time feeling as Part One did, and I think the other two sequels didn't have that. Well, the, set, you know, the third one wasn't supposed to have that. I know, but, you know. I think this I one think actually that's... has pretty decent, you know, kind of a vibe, good yeah. atmosphere to it too, mm-hmm. man. Like it, And it's got a, like a completely different type storyline. Um, I like the whole idea of what's happening with the kids. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's a nice and little it, twist. And I think it's believable compared exactly. to the other stuff that goes on in the other two movies with the guy who walks behind the rails. I never remember his fucking name. But I think like... But, <laughs> doesn't have it. He who walks behind the rose. Thanks. 
I was kind of close. <laughs> the guy think... who walks behind the rose. The guy who walks behind the rose. Could you imagine enough. Isaac being like, our leader, our follower, the guy who walks behind the rose. Malachi, do not blaspheme Malachi. You must follow the guy who walks behind the rose. The bro who walks behind the rose. <laughs> that's like, that's I'm sorry. So. You know who I could see being one of those fucking children of the corn kids? I know. Come on. You gotta guess who I'm thinking of. <laughs> No, he was he was the inventor of one of the most oh, memorable angles of all Shankle. time. Yeah, Shanks could have been a children of the corn straight kid. out of children of the corn. Yep, he could have been a fucking children of the corn kid. Come on, uh, but no, funny. I think like this one is the is one of the more well made sequels out of all of them. You could tell that you know it's a real movie. It looks like a movie. It has camera movements and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Where I feel like the second one and the third one just seemed like they were made quickly and they didn't really care about that kind of stuff. You know what? I, 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 this one I'm, does feel like a bigger film. I because, don't like this movie, but I, I, I mean, I will agree. I, it is a better made movie. It, the technique is much better. The, the atmosphere is effective. Yeah. There and the acting is a shit ton better. The acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's one the of those films. Watts, man. I don't know. Yeah, and Karen Black and the doctors even not that bad to be. Yeah, Karen honest. Black, which was such a like. Okay, going back to what I said before about you know familiar faces showing up in these sequels. Ah, the, the Karen Black just pulls that like that's so crazy, man. Most notably, uh, trilogy of terror. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, Karen Black was in a million horror films, but uh, yeah, it's just weird that she was in this one. She plays a really fucked up character with agoraphobia. That's just a really weird thing. I love slow motion mm-hmm. agoraphobia. <laughs> Uh, but again, man, the fucking dream sequences, I can't stand them in this one. Exactly. There's, They're pretty well, this one right here, this one, yeah. this one right here has not only dream sequences, it has dream sequences inside, inside like, dream sequences. I hate when fucking shit does that. It annoys me. You know, it's like, man. actually, I was watching this one with the wife, and she's like, oh, she's like, I hate when that happens when I have a dream inside a dream inside a dream inside a dream. <laughs> what the hell are you talking <laughs> <It's> about? <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, we started laughing at that. But, but. Th- to me, man, this one, I-, I don't, I just don't like it. I find it incredibly boring. I I don't know what it is about it. I have a hard time. See, I don't find this it one. See, I find this one actually very enjoyable because it's completely different. Like I like the whole thing with you know these kids getting sick and then and, and it's I basically like, changing. And I feel them. like you actually care about the characters in this one. Where I don't. That's my problem. Why? How do you not care I, about that, any of them? I like There's that whole not... idea of the kids turning into these evil kids from the past and stuff, and then that's what's kind of you know bringing everything to life again. I I, I kind of like that, man. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Like, I don't know, man. I think it just works. I think it's st- – I don't I like the ghost story angle of it. I just don't like it at all. I mean it's just really – it's a totally different take. I mean by this time in the franchise, they're really like, okay, you know, let's try something completely different. And I think I it was like a more- Hellraiser – a later Hellraiser film that it – Well, it's Dimension. Well, yeah, it wasn't supposed to be a Children of the Corn film. But it masked into a Children of the Corn film. You know what? That, that could be completely right. Well, now, that, no, it's know? entirely it, possible because it's Dimension. Dimension was the ones, the people that were doing that. And mm-hmm. it later on, you know, when we talk about Genesis, that was a similar case where they just had to make <clears> one <throat> to not lose the rights to it. So this one could have possibly been some sort of weird ghost story. And they're like, shit, we need to make a Children of the Corn film. Or shit, let's, uh, this ghost story, ghost story. Uh, 1982 or whatever isn't going to sell well, but if we t- call it Children of the Corn 4, that'll sell well in the video store because it worked but it on works, me. So that's it. the thing. Whatever, if it's that Children of the Corn film or not, it's still an enjoyable film that works better than I mean, yeah. 
what I comes agree. after it. <laughs> I feel like these movies are like, um, you know, for like, I don't know a lot about these directors, um, but I know I feel like these these Children of the Core movies were like one of those open franchises, kind of like maybe eh, sort of like Hell- Hellraiser, I guess, where, you know, if a, a director that's coming into the industry, like really wants to make like a, a movie, it's like, you know, nightmare. It's, like it's open, it's like an open franchise. It's like, okay, here, here's a children of the core movie. Just make it. Cause it's a, it's a low budget movie. There really doesn't require anything. Here's a cornfield or here's a, you know, a stage, you know, here, just do this, which I mean, I going back to the movie, I, I do feel like this is a very well-made movie. I feel like Naomi Watts is an amazing actor actress i mean i always thought she was always good in pretty much anything she does uh the plot line wasn't that bad i mean it was a pretty good uh it was interesting story it was kind of like urban harvest in in my mind as far as the storyline goes like it was interesting to me um but i I didn't really care too much for the movie i mean i liked it but it, it held my interest for the most part but there was a lot of like jp said boring scenes to me in it like, i just feel I, like I the kills boring. in this film are way less memorable in this one than they are in two and three i think yeah there's not as there's many. a couple good there's, there's a couple there's of good a couple ones good but ones. like yeah. things like i wish they would have shown more of like <clears throat> head decapitations and some yeah and well, one, especially one of the kills before, it could have been a there quick, is times in this film where it feels like a slasher film too i think mm-hmm. this it kind of takes lots of point of view like, shots bef- yeah. before we move point on of view, too much I, I do want to touch on what kyle said because we we didn't i didn't really get to say anything but a lot of these directors actually these were their first films like if you look at all mm-hmm. the directors of these children of the corn films a lot of them were these their first films guys breaking into the industry wine it's scenes still, were really like that today though but yeah that is true sequels are often directed by people you know that they, they have never done anything before but the wine yeah. scenes are, are for sure people who were uh, trying to find the next Kevin Smith or Tarantino or whatever. They they were always doing that. They were always trying to find these young up-and-coming <clears throat> screenwriters and, and attach them to, to these sequels to get their bearings. But also the actors. We met, mentioned it a couple times. A lot of actors made their debut in these films. Uh, so, it, I mean, if anything, these Children of the Corn films <clears throat> do have a lot to do with, you know, a lot of good careers afterwards. But all horror films seem to be like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's crazy that a whole franchise has them you know what i mean you look at something like the friday yeah. the 13th franchise and there's one or two here or there but most of it most of those actors never went on to do anything uh but something yeah. odd like this direct-to-video franchise is you know weird that that happened another thing kyle mentioned that the you know the storyline is good and stuff my main problem comes from the storyline i think uh for one what the hell is the point what what is the point of these kids being possessed to to what i don't get it it's because they need their they need the the physical blood to you know to what to resurrect the god what god to resurrect their god that preacher kid that they behind... tell in the but it's not he who walks behind the rose it's some other kid i almost feel like these movies don't like follow the storyline i mean i feel like a lot of these movies may if you look at it from this standpoint Think about it like as each movie being a separate story. Like I, I feel like that maybe they don't try to be linear in the fact that they're trying to go through well, you know, every single movie. Yeah, absolutely. Especially but, in I these mean, later sequels. They're definitely not. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably would assume they would be though. So that's when they go into the movie. They're like, oh, it's going to be just like the last one, or it's going to be similar to it. But you know, they're they're not. So um, I will say something, moods that you said it was supposed to be he who walks behind the roads. According to IMDb trivia, there was a deleted scene in which they said that he was that preacher was also 
called by he who walks behind the rose. So that would have actually yeah. fucking made some sense. But since they cut exactly. it, we can it, only judge the movie by what is <clears throat> there. And I feel like it makes no sense because well, what the fuck do they want to resurrect just how I for? And why it. now? Why now? See, just just watching the film, I just interpreted it like that. You know, that's what it is. And it's it's basically a bloodline thing. I mean, these children are being infected for a reason. And the reason is because they need that blood to, you know, allow the power to come out. That's essentially what it is. It's kind of silly. I mean, when you really think about it, it's kind of silly. But at the same time, I kind of enjoy that because, you know, they spend the time to, you know, infect these children and, and show that. And there is a reason behind it. You know, it's not just they're being, you know, possessed by the, you know, these the the ghosts of the past and stuff there actually that, is a point that to it comes to my problem with it is if he can reach out and possess all these children why the fuck can't he just do it like resurrect it there's no like well see see the thing is i think it's more to be, it's to become in the physical form i think the whole point is that he has this power to do this but to become a physical form and maybe that's kind of what the the point is i don't know what they're really trying to get at but that's where the physical blood comes in effect and that's just the way i interpret it i get you know it. by giving him physical it's actually trying to become more and it's trying to become a physical presence instead of more of a supernatural supernatural right now and it can do what it can and that's all it can do but to become more an effective you know physical god it needs the actual physical blood and that's just the way i see it and i, I kind of like that and i kind of buy into it a little bit and you know the the end is a little you know it's not the greatest but you know i've always kind of felt the ending in this movie is pretty lackluster yeah i will agree Mm -hmm. but but i do like the whole premise and and what i interpret it to i mean this movie definitely is not perfect it it has a little bit of plot holes and stuff none of these movies are perfect though and and that's the thing and you kind of have to figure out things on your own and that's just the way i see it and it works for me so, you know, I understand this is a perfect example of a film that I think all four of us probably have completely different views on what exactly is going on. So, right? like, you know, and that's how I interpret it. And it works for me. And I think it. I kind of like I, I just like that idea. I don't know what it is. Why was the body in the well? Like nobody ever f- like found like when it yeah. seems like such a um, close proximity, like that guy walks in and drinks water out of it. I'm like, seriously? Seriously, nobody yeah. ever seen that body in the well. This random yeah, ass right. dude just walks in there. This drunk. Yeah. I, to me, exactly. like, there's just things like that that when yeah, but there's like that kind of stuff in all these sequels. The problem is JP. this one relies so hmm. it's the this film is literally nothing but that story. Like that story is such a uh, that it's the only part of the movie. It's literally that story. So I just have a problem with like the way that it was done. But also, I mean, I will say that the like the filmmaking here is definitely far above like part two and three. Like the scene yeah. where they're giving them the ice bath and shit, that was intense. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh yeah. shit, we gotta yeah, get them on. Like like, I, but it's just a different mm-hmm. movie, and I I kind of don't like that about it. I think I think that's where my big negative I think, comes. I from. I think that's exactly what I like about it. Is that the is, movie they, they just tried something is. new, but they it just is tried a, a different premise. Well, I get, uh, you're mm-hmm. right, Jeremy. You're right. Okay, so in name even on. then, even then, I Sound I'm not Nightly crazy Night about. Sequel? I'm not crazy about the actual story. I don't like the ghostly nature of it. It's a ghostly, and I, I honestly don't like. I thought the relationship between Naomi Watts and her mother was bullshit and didn't go anywhere. But essentially, all these movies have that supernatural element to it in some way or another. This one's yes. just done a little more. You know, this one's more straight up front, though. Like the other ones, are yeah, more it's like up front. It's, it's like very Genesis and stuff. This one is an actual ghost story. 
I think I think it's I think it's just it's a little bit of everything for me. It's like you know it is about the filmmaking. This one feels a little bigger, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a bigger film for me to like it. I'm just saying this one just it kind of feels it right. It feels to me. bigger and smaller um, the, at the, the same act- time, right? Because it does exactly, feel like a condensed exactly. story, but it feels much better and bigger. Like the lighting is good. Like the lighting when <laughs> you see those two old that. people talk. Like that is good stuff. It's not good. even like the lighting where the two kids are in the door and the camera looks through the window and they see the little the two kids, the two twins. I love that shot. I think it's fucking yeah. cool. And then the tracking mm. shot down the hallway. Yeah, that, when the that doctor hears them. Was, there's some there's good filmmaking. Was there is a little bit of there is a couple scenes in this film where I noticed the editing was a little too quick and it seemed like almost things were chopped up a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, just minor kind of pokes at the film, but you know, I mean that happens. But I didn't really. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really noticeable in this film. Maybe because the film quality was a, a little higher than the previous sequels, I just happened to notice that right away. I don't know. There was a couple scenes where. You know, there was a scene in the house where they're talking to the little girl and it just cuts to the uh, um, a scene in the um, in the clinic or something. And it just seemed odd, it seemed really fucking odd the way they edited it. What, but. One of the things that I, I maybe is stemming from my hatred <laughs> towards this film is that I would always rent these films as a kid. And I would always accidentally rent this one because I can never remember which was which. And I would always hate it because I'd be like, it's, it, like I didn't understand it because I was a kid. I didn't get the ghost stuff. And it was just like, it's so fucking get boring. Over Nothing it. is happening. Get over there's it. There's no fucking, there's no <laughs> killer corn kids. I was just like angry. But I, I will admit, it, it is a better made movie in terms of technical uh, achievement than yeah. than most of them. I just, I'm not a fan of the storyline. I find it mm. pretty depressing honestly yeah, it's a depressing it's, it's exactly what i like about it yeah, yeah. i don't know it's it, different it's than it's different than fucking that's why i knew you was going to like other this ones. one too yeah yeah and, and yeah i don't know me and jeremy are on the same i just can't watch the same storyline every so many times in a row yeah. i get fucking bored you have to give me something different and i feel like this you, is like the only one you know in not entire series but that's besides. why i like franchises because i want to see another friday the 13th i don't want to see you know some weird movie that's not a friday the 13th film when i rent friday the 13th now they can work mm-hmm. right because there's there's is sequels out there that that are not a sequel. but this type it's of storyline a... allows it to be changed up quite drastically though yeah you have to admit that it's it's pretty easy to change it and do something completely different hence this film right and that and that's why i feel and and, and it's not the only reason why i really enjoy this film is because it's like completely different than the other ones i just i buy into it you know, I just I think the look and feel of the film has actually got a pretty decent feel to it. It does, and, and I admit you know, that. I just... You know, and some of the characters, and there's some pretty creepy moments. Like I don't know, I like the, I like the scene where you know the guys like like what the fuck's up with my son kind of thing after his wife just got fucking <laughs> yeah. obliterated, and then his son kind of like just kind of you know mindlessly walks out into the I, I don't know I just like shit like that it just seems like it's you know it's adding to it a little it, bit it does I, I have like that like small that, town vibe and one of the main yeah. points that I'll say is when she first comes back to town like she asked for her old job back and you could just tell that it's small town because like oh of course don't say no more you know what I mean like that's some shit that would only happen <laughs> in a small town right <laughs> I, I almost wish they would have showed more of her friend the black girl I liked her well, and, and I was actually getting to this point earlier. You know, this movie has a really short running time, so they develop things really quick. I think, you know, it, they could have developed – you know, if they had another 15 minutes or whatever or 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes might be a little – you know, it could be a little more developed in certain areas. But, yeah, this movie's short. It's only about 80 minutes or whatever, so it does get into things very quickly. See, I and think, like, the weakest it kinda, part – It kind of it chips around, so. The weakest part of the film is definitely the sub-story with Donald trying to find – proving that there – Something was going on in the house when his wife got murdered. Eh, 
I really didn't care for that part, to be completely honest. I thought it was just thrown in there just to be yeah, a conflict. Exactly. It, it was to I tell the was... story a little more, though, right? It was the, it was, the purpose of that was for him to f- delve into the backstory. So it does have mm. a purpose. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was the weakest part of the movie. No, I mean, it, it definitely does help. And I do like that they actually tried to throw a little bit of that backstory in there and stuff in such it short run. probably the most time. interesting part for me because I, I, the whole time I just want to know, like – like tell me I, what's I actually, going on. You no, know, I did. I thought it was okay. But yeah, I don't know what really else to say about it, man. I don't have much really. <laughs> I gave my opinions pretty pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much summed up what I think of it. So, I mean, it's it's not the worst and it's not the best. I mean, the the directing of it was very. I thought the it looked very well mm-hmm. uh, done, and I I like the acting in it. Um, I I don't know it. It's sort of bored me at times but at the same time i did like i do agree with moods and jeremy that i like the fact that it was different because these movies are like repetitive as hell and <laughs> it does, if you're marathoning it does add a little spice to it i, I will like that. i like the fact that it was it was different but and it's in the middle of the franchise too because it's like a really kind of like sigh like a not a sigh but like a, a you know breath of fresh air and then you're going to pick up where number three left off. And you're going to keep kind of going. So it was yeah. it was a nice little break. But at the same time, a lot of it was boring to me. I mean, I, I really did not care a whole lot for it. So I don't know. Yep. Ratings. Huh. Ratings. Rating. I'll go first this time. So, <clears throat> you know, my main thing is it is boring. I think it comes from the what stems that boringness is I just don't care about Naomi Watts's character. I don't care about the ghost story. I think it's really just not. It's just a straight by the numbers ghostly type thing. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of ghost stories in general. Uh, and also, you know, just <laughs> just give me a look like, no, you're wrong. Uh, you know, it's just I don't even think Naomi Watts is that good in this film. I think she's completely just like anybody else we've seen. Uh, thus far. Mm. I think she pulls out that yeah. American accent pretty damn well, man. Oh, is she is not American? Real... I didn't know that. Exactly, well, I guess. JP. I guess. That's a good one, man. <laughs> I guess. But that, that has nothing to British, do with man. her performance. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this one. It, I will admit it's it's it looks better, but the key thing, the story, is just in my opinion completely whack. I give it a five out of ten. It's average. Sweet. All right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I stated what I liked about the film. Uh, I don't know. This, this one always just. I guess I have a soft spot for it. I don't know what it is. It's just. I, I like the development of things. I, I wish there was things that were a little more, a little more developed. And it, it, like I said, the running time is so quick in this film. Um, but there's a lot of good ideas that I respect and I, you know, I liked, man. So, and it honestly is one of my favorite sequels. Uh, I give this one six and a half out of ten. So. Yep, exactly what I gave it. Moved six and a half out of ten. It's my favorite sequel out of the bunch. Yeah, it's just the most enjoyable movie in my opinion to watch, and I didn't get bored like I did pretty much with every other one so i've seen this one six so many times too i uh <laughs> i thought jeremy was gonna give it a higher rate than that but no six and a half sorry six and a half that's what yeah, you said I'm... right yes oh, I yeah six and a half yeah six and a half I mean, I, I'm, I'm there with you guys. Like, I agree with a lot of stuff JP said and a lot of stuff Moods and Jeremy said. Like, I, I'm just, like, really torn between a lot of things in this movie. Like, I want to like it, like, really like it. But at the same time, there's just a lot of things that I didn't like about it. And, like, I remember watching it. And, you know, I, I haven't seen anything past the second movie. But I remember watching it, and I was just kind of like, you know, I like the fact that it was different. But at the same time, it could have been better. I, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. 
I think five out of ten is pretty fair. Average. It's an average movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And let the mm-hmm. shit begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, moving along. Uh, I guess this is what two years later. You know when it came out, nineteen ninety eight. We have Children of the Corn five Fields of Terror. <laughs> God, this Give the plot synopsis. So you know, what's, this movie actually has a 4.0 on uh, on IMDb. That's actually really crazy. Um, all right, six college students take a wrong turn and find themselves lost in a strangely deserted rural town, only to to discover that their deceptively quiet place hides a murderous cult of children controlled by evil forces. Yet, even as bodies begin cropping up all around them. <laughs> 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 the young friends decide to stay and rescue the children or die trying. <laughs> fucking kill me, please. This, this fucking movie, movie. Oh my God. This movie is complete. This is the one that Moods liked and now he doesn't. I'm guessing. It should be Children of the Corn 5, a fucking slasher film because you got everything. <clears throat> yeah. You got POV honestly, shots. I th- got the teenagers. I one of the last, oh. time, last times I've seen this film was probably in 1998. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever watched my DVD since I bought it. I remember, um, I remember this cover. Like, I remember, like, after seeing all the Children of the Corn movies from a long time ago, I remember the like the poster for this movie the most because it was like these douchebags on the front of this poster. It's like, the scream effect. Yeah, I and about it all like, the time. I will. Yeah, the first thing, the, the first thing I'll say about this movie that is like mind blowing to me is the cast. Like, I can't believe. I know that they're they weren't big back then, but it's just like David Carradine and Eva Mendes really. Well, is this in was this her movie? first movie, also. Yeah. Eva, David Carradine is more like, surprising. It's, it's crazy to think that they were in the fifth Children of the Corn movie. It's like, what the fuck? Well, no. What about Fred Williamson's in this movie? He's a fucking you know yeah. black exploitation legend yeah. as the sheriff, man. Like, what the fuck is Fred Williamson doing in Children of the Corn Five? <laughs> Fields yeah. of Terror. What the fuck is anybody doing <laughs> in Children of the Corn Five? You know who else is in this? Do, I shit you not. Do, Alex and fucking Alex Alexis Arquette, Arquette which her name which used is to be David Alex. Arquette's. Her name yeah. used to be Alex. Now it's Alexis Arquette. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, David Arquette's uh, brother. Have, do you know what she looks like now? She is a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Or he I is mean, a girl. She was in Bride yeah, of Chucky as well. She was the goth dude that Tiffany mm-hmm. was with. Okay, that was the mid transition. The, the after that though, she went full on female. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look man. her up. Google. Oh. It's crazy. I always remember uh, him from uh, The Wedding Singer. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dude that's fucking doing the singing. He, he looks <laughs> like David a little bit. Apparently he, apparently he was in Pulp Fiction. What the fuck? That's weird. All I could say is, yeah. you think there'd be a 7-Eleven at the end of the earth. God damn, that made me laugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this movie's fucking terrible. Yeah, the, it's this, so this one is basically Scream, the, though. Like the teen oh, Scream. Oh, so influenced. If I could probably get past it, if the acting this... wasn't so fucking horrendously bad and it just felt scripted and oh my god, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't take it seriously because the acting just fucking sucked so badly. Yeah, dude, I, acting, I created a post about bad. the acting. I created a post about the acting on the page about Kane Hodder's acting. Yeah, in this, you fucked so it. It's not even that bad. When dude, I, I, it was pretty bad. Was man. It's far it from like, being the dude, worst part. Kane's the shit. Don't even. Dude, I love Kane Hodder. Don't get me wrong. I love Kane Hodder. Like, I've loved everything he's been in. But, like, when I saw his lines in this movie, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, come on. You could have done a little a, bit better. There's a cameo acting. I, I mean, know, yeah. but still. One of the things that cracked me up was 
the dude got all serious and he's like talking about like the religious stuff and he's like like he's like and they fought they a bunch of children they followed he who walks behind the clouds or some shit <laughs> dude this movie's a fucking mess man this is basically Terrible, so so inspired by scream like jp said um, this is a perfect example of a film that feels like it was scripted as something else. And then they threw in the children, you know, as you know, to make the children, the corn, f- uh, film. Um, and you know why I say that? Because like in the first like half an hour of this film, there's like no kids in it. Yeah. There's like no kids. It and feels it just like a feels, slasher film. With, like, it, it, it's set up like a slasher film. Like just... It's set up like a slasher film. It plays out like a slasher film. And then they kind of throw in the kids. It just, but this one right here just feels like one of those later Hellraiser sequels. I, I thought that, that the like, hey. kids they chose besides the leader were okay. Like I hated the leader kid. He's a terrible, terrible leader preacher kid. Terrible actor, man. Everybody's He's terrible. terrible. But I like the real tall oh. one. The real tall one was cool. With the in the first yeah, kill, I don't know, man. I, I want to know how the fuck Jared he walks behind the lines, gets in the fucking barn. That makes no <laughs> fucking sense. You think freaking part four makes no sense? What about this one? Wait, what was yeah, it? This he fuck. walks. What did you just say? He who walks behind the lines. Oh, gross. <laughs> the cocaine lines. <laughs> Wait, how he gets in the what? The barn? Yeah, whatever the fuck it is, where everybody's suicide jumps into it. Yeah, you gotta. You know, give yourself the... to he who walks behind the rose. When you're 19, <laughs> it line. actually follows the children of the corn story a little yeah. bit more. So he has does. to jump it into does. a fucking silo. Oh, I mean, like, into it, into it's a green whatever CGI way. It's, fire it's, that uh, looks like it's like asshole. symbolic, or you know, it's just more fucking triumphant. Oh, it's fucking stupid. Tri- That's what it is. <laughs> you know what? I just, I really could not. One thing about this film that made me laugh so hard is how easily Eva Menendez's oh my character God. is like. Does she not seem that, like the dumbest was... bitch in the world? <laughs> It's bad. It really was. The screenplay, the screenplay, the, the, oh my God, it's so bad. The dialogue is so fucking bad in this film. It takes the like, the the, the decisions that characters make. Whoever wrote the script for this film needs to be fucking hung because everything about this movie is shit, man. Like, the script is so bad. The dialogue is fucking horrendous. The decisions that these characters are making. But she just jumps into the fucking side without saying anything. The it's fucking casting so is horrible, man. They, this movie should have been called Children of the Bros because they fucking picked these dudes up from a Hollister fucking ad. Like, you got this dude, this one dude who's like a fucking Hollister model as the main character, and then you got this dude behind him, like the, the others, the secondary dude, that looks like he should be shopping, or it looks like he should have some Jinko jeans on and a, and a ball chain necklace. 90s. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like so generic and like the casting was so shitty. Like, these characters were not memorable at all. Like, like, like Jeremy was saying, Eva Mendez's character was the only character I remember because she's a dumbass. She's like, he's like, who, who's gonna sacrifice in place of whatever the fuck his name is? And she's like, I am. And she climbs up the ladder and fucking jumps in without saying a word. (laughs) That's not the only dumb shit, dude. The David Orcat's brother's character, he sacrificed himself for no fucking reason. He's just like, (laughs) he's getting poked at. He steals the dude's weapon. And then he's like, well, I'm going to just have to blow myself up. Bad decision. I like the one oh. with the spiky hair. I thought they were alright. I didn't hate I used to like oh, them when I was the, a kid. The chick yeah. with the fucking weird hair dude. Yeah, I like When her. she looked into that barn with the look on her face, I, I almost I pissed it. my pants. It's awesome. It's so funny. I almost pissed my pants laughing. 
Yeah. Uh, dude, this is my favorite <laughs> one from when I was a kid, besides Part Two, and it's so oh, bad. Like this movie, like, it, 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 this movie is atrocious, man. I'm the you same know, level of Silent Night, Night Deadly Night Three, man. It's fucking. You know, terrible. you know what fucking blew my mind is when they were blowing up shit in this one. I was like, oh yeah, where the fuck did the budget come for that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they start blowing shit the up. Whole, I'm like, okay. the whole fucking budget probably went to them blowing shit up. It's 1.7 million. Know, they probably went to the fireworks store and just said, fuck it, let's buy everything. It just seems it seems like this micro budget film for like the first like. Like, you know, 75 minutes and they start blowing shit up. Like, and Alexis Arquette's what, one ugly we're gonna We're going to leave this shitty film with a bang, literally. Fuck. Yeah, that's because she's Oh, dude. dude, I cannot get over I this know, movie, but man. she's an ugly the dude. Is so, the script is so bad in this movie. I just, I can't fucking stress enough how much this movie sucks. It is on the level of fucking Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, man. It's, oh, it's terrible. Dude, I want to, like, is go there, to even Is Mendes? there, like, anything redeemable about this film at no. all? Because no. I can't really find, with the exception of... Um, uh, there was one part in this film that actually made me laugh, and it was pretty funny. It was the guy um, that had the one night stand with uh, with Eva Menendez's character, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I feel something for you." And he's like, "I don't feel anything for you. It was that, just a one night stand typical, for me." That's like hot, slutty, like dumb girl. Fuck, like, was she, that ever she funny? Played, I was she like, plays that character so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was a funny part. But it, it doesn't it doesn't even do anything for the. It's just fucking dumb. Dumb character dynamics, man. They don't make any. Uh. There was a good first kill with the face slash, man. Yeah, it wasn't bad. You know, you know. And yeah, then, that was all right. And I mean, then, yeah. it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's great. But you know, but yeah, like I said, you know, like David Carradine, what is going on with his character? He's like yeah, this what fucking the fuck prophet. That he's like, well, you see him and he's cool, like up in the that was cool attic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the reason what what I got out of that is he was it a puppet. Like he was just there to, so it looked legit. Like this guy was letting all these people come onto his compound and raise all these, you know, so adopted it's a children. Crab person. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to look human, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Dude, but it, it, the the little blonde kid was controlling him the whole time. Oh, so now I know where crab people come from. David I thought his character in Children of the Corn Five. His character reminded me of Kill Bill. Like, I remember, like when I you first see him, you're like, oh shit. I mean, I know that that was like one of his, like a big movie of his, but like when you see him and he's sitting there in the chair in the attic, and you like see him for the first time, you're like, fuck, is he gonna pull out like a like a fucking samurai sword and start chopping people up or something? It's like, what you know, one of the bigger plot holes. Is uh so the, the 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 one character had a brother who ran away and joined some cult, okay, yeah. and they end up in the same fucking town out of nowhere. <laughs> like, what are the chances of that? <laughs> I know, in the middle I know. of nowhere, yeah, they end up yeah. in the same fucking town. So stupid. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Of next course. ratings. Does anybody? But really I will have admit though, the Carradine, the it? David Carradine, no, the David Carradine and Fred Williamson death scene, man. Might even be the funniest scene in the entire franchise, though. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It just looks so fucking funny the way it goes down, man. <laughs> I was like, I actually rewound it because I started laughing so hard. I was like, that's awesome. It looks so bad. I like all the cameos, though. <laughs> I would, it was something, something well, this one, positive. It, it's truly amazing, man. Like, this one is a, a complete pile of fucking diarrhea. And this <laughs> one has a, so many fucking recognizable faces in it, man. It's ridiculous. So crazy, man. But One honestly, thing, man, like I, I, the characters are so flat in this film, man. It's just they're not interesting. They're not memorable. It's the acting, man. I, I, oh, I will say acting. The one thing though is like the the compound felt kind of actually very culty. Like I know it's supposed to be culty, but like like when you see like pictures of like Jonestown and stuff, like it 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 kind of has that cult feel. I didn't even. I didn't even really feel that at all. Yeah. I just felt like he was sitting in. I, I felt like he was sitting in the shadow back. You know, it's like. 
I don't know, man. It just, I don't know. Well, it, it didn't really I mean, feel. What, once the, she, when they roll into the, when the girl rolls into the town and wants to talk to her brother and stuff, and they're like, you can't see him, like, like that, like, they're in that big house and stuff. That, I, I think that's where I felt that feeling from. I just, I love how bad this, the screenplay for this film is. I mean, like, <laughs> I love the scene where Fred Williamson shows up and he's got that fucking, you know, he finds the, the empty booze bottle and he's like, you guys drinking last night? Well, I found this around and it's like this Mickey and there's like four of them. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was just going to fucking, they were all going to get super <laughs> so based off this Mickey for four. How about I'm the like, fact that he lets them stay stupid. in the house? It's a random fucking house. I know, right? Yeah, I know. I was like, what the fuck is this dude just I laughed so hard. I totally forgot about that. That's so fucking funny. It's ridiculous. Oh, I'm, the po- I'm the popo. Like, the popo, like a chew, here, man. Like I, I don't mean good. to, like, toot our own horn or something, but sometimes when I watch these things, I just feel like I could have wrote better shit than this. Fucking right, we could have, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, a five-year-old wrote this movie. That's, that's, that's Yo, the, the, the Weinsteins was like, hey, Bob, uh, your, your nephew, he's turning, you know, 17, six, 16. You want to give him a shot at this movie? <laughs> that just, That's, like, the fucking kid. Like, th- this is all family members that was cast here. Everybody raise their hand. Oh, I yeah. I want to see a documentary on children. You know what really fucking blows my mind? Because I'd actually looked this up when we were uh, when we were when I was watching this film, and uh, because I was, you know, halfway through the film, I'm going, man, the, the whoever wrote this film is a fucking moron. Um, it's the same guy that wrote House and House Two. Hmm. What? Really Who? fucked up, man. Like, what's that? Who the guy that directed, that? yeah, the director of this film wrote House and House Two, and it's he actually directed films. House Two also. He actually exactly. also he actually so also that, was a puppeteer for Gremlins and Return of the Jedi, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, but like I was, you know, I was referring to the writing. And I'm going, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> I'm I'm thinking, okay, you know, I understand that you know House and House Two came out, you know, eleven and twelve years prior, but did he go retarded in those <laughs> twelve years or something? Because like this is so bad. It's just a, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe they gave him like four pennies to make the movie or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I give this movie a three out of (laughs) ten. That's pretty much it because I remember watching this movie and I was so fucking tired of watching it. Like, I was like, I was like 15 minutes into the movie. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucked. Like, what's the point? Like, there's no point in this shit. Like, is no point. It's a fucking. Hey, Scream came out. Let's make a really fucking bad slasher children in the cornfield. Yep. I'm and called it, it Field of Fucking Terror. The casting was so shit with the main characters, too. Like, those two people that yeah. got killed early on were better than, like, the other four. Yeah. Like, you exactly. had. That's why I said you had, characters are so flat in this film. There's nothing to them. The, the, even the, the, like, pretty boy quarterback, like, wavy haired dude, like, he was as generic as they come. And the, the, who, right. I can't even remember the. Oh, the chick? The lead chick was so terrible. Her acting was fucking horrendous. And she was not a, what I consider, like, a final girl or a, a, you know, lead actress. Like, I would not cast her. Yeah. No, man, she wasn't hot enough. <laughs> I was trying to not be like a dick, but it's actually, well, I yes. will be the dick. I will be the dick. She was not hot enough. I'm I mean, sorry, but, but, but that's just but, these are the rules and regulations of slasher well, films. If you go to make a teen scream like this, if you go to try to make a film like this, 
then yes, you're right. You don't need a hot chick for every type of film, but for this fucking type of film that is exact, it's like a like a teen scream type. Remember, we even noted, we even noted when we were talking about part two how hot the chick was in there, and she kept getting brought up. Yeah, you know, it's it's a point of go back. <laughs> you know, it's a good point. Ugh. JP, what you rate it? Uh, I didn't rate it, but my rating is also with Kyle. It's a three out of ten. Oh, for fuck's sakes, we all are on the same page. Not me. <laughs> Dude, I got a 3 out of 10, too. And I've already stated my reasons. I, I think the script is one of the worst fucking pieces of shits ever. It, this movie is all around <laughs> I even terrible. get to go. Yeah, Jeremy didn't write. I didn't say that we were done. Oh, <laughs> oh God, this movie's fucking horrendously bad. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> Which, which yeah. brings our total to eight. All the pain. So what was the cutoff? Nine point five or under? What was it? Nine point five. Nine point five or under. So ooh, so another fucking franchise sequel in the Hall of Pain. Is it under nine point five or nine point five and under? It's nine point five or under. Okay. It really doesn't matter. It's so, in there anyway. it's, yeah. so our next inductee to the Hall of Pain is Children of the Corn. Five Fields of Terror from 1998 with a combined rating of eight. This movie deserves to be in the Hall of Pain. This movie deserves to be never shown ever again. They should take every copy of this movie and make it out of print and burn them in like a a cornfield. In a cornfield. That would be so fitting. Yeah. And it gets worse. <laughs> I'd love to make a video of that, man. Burning a copy of Children of the Corn 5 in a cornfield. That would be such a great oh, video. Yeah. Do they have cornfields in Canada? <laughs> yes, we have cornfields in Canada. Fuck. You know, we actually even have houses. We act, you know, we don't live in igloos. Jeremy, you know, do they, the is there cornfields in Chicago? Like in abandoned factories? State, Illinois, not here. <laughs> Have you checked factories? all the abandoned factories around you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but all I could say is, it gets worse. All right, let's 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 roll on through the Children of the Corns with God, no, Let's take it away. Yes, moving, moving along uh, a couple years later into the 90s. Man, the 90s was loving this Children of the Corn series. Just one man. year later. It was like, just one year later, uh, and then we've got Children of the Corn 666. Isaac's <laughs> return. Plot. <laughs> Well, of course, you know, they had to get super clever and throw the extra sixes on there. Well, actually, I was going to mention this. This is the mention, and originally Halloween 6 was titled uh, Halloween 666, The Curse of Michael Myers or whatever, and they pulled that. So they, the wine scenes were like, shit, we could still use that. And they're like, they're like, yo, we'll just put it on that next Children of the Corn film. That's going to be the sixth one, too. Since we didn't get to do it in 1996 with Halloween, let's save that shit. <laughs> God, <laughs> fucking terrible. All right. Plot. Hannah goes back to her hometown, Gatlin, to find out her mother is, but on the way to find out who her mother is. But on the way, she picks up a strange man who foreshadows her life with a passage from the Bible. When she gets there, she wakes up Isaac from a coma he has been in for 19 years. Isaac is awake and wants to fulfill the final prophecy. And ratings? Oh god! <laughs> Dude, this is like really interesting. I just I just saw that the dude that played Isaac played cousin it on Adam's Family. That's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, the, the movies. Uh, so so okay, I'm down with. Okay, let's first bring back of all, the, Isaac the obvious character. problems. 
Yeah. I, I'm it down with that, though. Fun. Like, if they're going to make a sequel, yeah, I got fun. so excited when I seen that in the video store. I was like, fucking Isaac's back, sweet. I was like, same actor, sweet. He wrote it, sweet. And then I was like, what yeah, the man. fuck is this? What is this pile of shit? No, it's yeah. more than a pile of shit. Listen, this I used to rent this fucked. film. I used to rent this, this film makes all no the time. Fucking sense. But I used to rent this all the time, and I would make my friends watch it. I'm like, Children of the Corn, dude, it's an awesome movie. You guys have never seen it? And I'd accidentally <laughs> rent this one, and then I'd be like, but I, and then they'd be like, that sucked. I'd be like, but wasn't actually it did. I would try to like defend it because I love the franchise so much. <laughs> and then I would make them watch. It. I'm like, we we missed something. We, there's something that we're missing. So I'd watch it again and again. I never understood it when I was a kid. It's so ridiculous. I, re- I want to remember know how the I remember fuck seeing this shit have- in Blockbuster. <laughs> like I remember seeing the six 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 Children of the Corn in Blockbuster, and I was like, "Mom, I want to rent that." And she was like, "You're not renting that devil shit." <laughs> <laughs> so this, okay, first well, of all, this town feels nothing like fucking Gatlin. No, and it's set in Gatlin. It doesn't. Yeah, nah. the, it, yeah, it, it fucking makes sense. And another thing, how are there how adults? How does he have three kids? Like what? How the adults well, like, say they live there their whole life and shit. Mm-hmm. Like some of the older ones, right? Like the old guys, like yeah, yeah. I lived here my whole life. It's like no, the fuck you didn't. We seen the original. You were no, not man. anywhere. This whole movie is one giant hole. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. First of all, Isaac dies in the first Children of the Corn. He returns. Okay. How the fuck but is he I'm in a down coma? with that. How the fuck One is thing. he in a coma for like 19 years or whatever the fuck it was? Okay, I can understand this. Okay, they're just going to say, okay, maybe, you know, whatever happened in those cornfields, blah, blah, blah. So he survives. He's in a coma. That's fine. How the fuck did he manage to have three damn kids in this in this period? We had to have him before. But he was exactly. like 12 before. No. He, was, he was like 16, well, man. Like, they they never the say They never kids. say how old he is, right? He could have been like 26. And mm-hmm. and they just, he looked young because he was the child prophet. So maybe he just mm-hmm. never aged. Oh, that's well, some judging bullshit. By the, judging by the know. ages that they try to describe in the film, like the children weren't like, you know, that old. <laughs> you know, they're not to the point where, you, you know, he's having kids way before that he was apparently killed in the you first one. You can have kids when you're... There's a lot of problems with this. You can have just reminds me, young. This reminds me of, like, another Kill Bill reference, like, my name is Buck and I like to fuck. Like, when she's, like, in a coma and, like, getting Which... fucked by, like, this, like, like dude. So this reminds me, like, of Isaac being in a coma and getting Jerk screwed off. by Which his nurse. Which is yeah. a eaten alive reference. It is. It is. <laughs> so that reference in Kill Bill was a reference to Eaten Alive. <laughs> and then there was a reference to Children of the Corn 666. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, shit. So, um, <sighs> so this movie starts out with some obvious, obvious problems. Oh, yeah. Huge plot holes. Like where? How is Isaac alive? Okay, but I'm okay Why with that. That one's that one's okay because any sequel. Spend our disbelief that, right? right here. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. He survives. He's in a coma all this time. He's got some kids. What the fuck? Okay. It just it just keeps adding up. You're going. What the fuck is going on? I'm not gonna lie, man. This movie makes absolutely no sense at all. There's so many plot holes in this film. At times, it's actually hard to follow because you don't even know what the shit is going on half the time. Yeah, I, I think you guys this have problems time with this after watching really trying to, you're, you're this trying time, to connect things just doesn't happen. Well, this time like, watching it, I was finally able. I feel like I grabbed the whole story. Like I feel like I, I feel like I actually know what some things meant now. This time watching it, never did okay, before. 
trying to explain. Like this, this, <laughs> this movie right here, in my opinion, is if if you pause this movie in the middle of the movie, like if you have to cut, keep pausing to do something, and you come back to it, you're gonna really like screw yourself up because I'm, I'm with Moods, man. I had a really hard time following some of the plot of this movie. I was trying to make notes on this movie, and like I just like. I would pause and I would go to the bathroom or I pause and I have to go to the kitchen and like, and I come back to it. And I'm like, okay, what, what the fuck? Like what just happened? Like, what am I, where am I at in the movie? It was really hard. Like there was just so much weird stuff that made no sense going on. It was just annoying. Okay. It was honestly annoying. Okay. So the idea is Isaac awakens and he wants to continue what he was doing. All of the people who are now adults were also kids back when that happened. He uh, also had a, couple of kids himself or one kid actually he had one kid i think and then the girl he she that is coming to the town hannah she was the daughter of amos and uh what's her face sarah or what or not sarah rachel uh the one that was holding the bucket of blood from the original that was trying to get everybody to drink it or whatever so she's the daughter of them and you know when when she gets there uh, she's trying to figure out who her mother was and why she abandoned her and shit like that. Uh, and the idea is that he who walks behind the rose is the kid in the leather jacket. That's who that is. Mm-hmm. And he is basically he just he basically says that Isaac was kind of lying m- m- the majority of the time is what, what what's going on there. It doesn't make much sense, but that's what they're getting at. So yeah. handsome being a pho- handsome being a phony. Yeah, You're a phony. Wait, I thought that betrayed what we. I f- thought it betrayed what we knew in the first film because Isaac was telling the truth in the first film because yeah. he gets possessed yeah, yeah. by he who yeah. walks behind the rose. To have a physical apparition of he who walks behind the rose, I didn't like it. And he's like mm-hmm. this smart ass too. Typical like like oh I'm gonna make him kind of funny and he's gonna say funny things like that. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, the then, uh, and then another familiar, and then another familiar face pulls up in this film, and it's fucking Stacy Keach, <laughs> yeah. again with the like really you know noticeable faces in these films, and the, and he plays the doc in this film. Um, so strange. Yeah, really I was like, Stacey why Keach? is? I was like, good grief! I I didn't even know he was in this movie, and I was like. I was like, "Damn, Stacy Keach is in here. That's that's kind of an, an odd film. But it's not really an odd film because he was in what he was in Body Bags. That was kind of a weird See, one for him." The but. biggest, the, one of the biggest problems with this film, you know, is like you know the whole storyline with, of course, Isaac and what he's trying to accomplish and stuff. But <clears throat> they incorporate the fact that like Hannah has to find out herself what's you know what's going on so the prophecy can be fulfilled. And they spend like half the fucking movie like, you know beating around the bush with this whole idea it makes no sense that she would stay doing it like after the shit that she sees it's like go away exactly go away exactly so they spend half the fucking time doing all this shit trying to get her to fucking realize yeah why wouldn't you just go and and another thing no one would stick around one of these texts that pissed me off it's a terrible fucking script one of these movie fucking pissed me off i was like this doesn't make any fucking sense and with (laughs) all of that right with all of these plot holes and this nonsense that's happening there's a scene where she has to go dig up her her fake baby coffin or whatever the fuck it was and (laughs) he gives her a flat shovel what the fuck you couldn't even get the shovel right like you're not gonna dig a giant a seven foot hole with that that was ridiculous know, man. Well, we gotta riff, we gotta riff this movie man i'm telling dude, she, oh, he what gives her the... this this shovel the dude walks up and throws down a flat shovel or like he tries to stick it in the ground and it doesn't it's a fucking flat it's not a spade and and he's like you're gonna have to find out yourself or something and then it shows her in this big ass hole with this like flat shovel and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> 
What about that scene where, uh, where uh, what's her name? The uh, the Hannah, the Hannah character is in the hotel room and she like pulls back the the shower and it's like in blood, so generic. Get out or die or something. Oh, like, yeah. And then or die. And then so she she escapes the crazy children of the corn stuff, right? Like they're all out in the field and she gets on that dirt bike or whatever with he who walks behind the rose and 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 goes to this abandoned bar and it's like, okay, let's have sex. That, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you serious, dude? I know. Are you serious? I know. It's right the, it's it's that cliche that they have to throw in the middle of the film. You have to have that sex scene somewhere, right? Well, first she and gets a shower. It's fucking, fucking barn in the middle like of nowhere. After movie. she was just about to be killed, she was just about to be killed, and she's like, "Well, I could really use a shower." No, no, I know. No, you couldn't. <laughs> what are you the talking about? The sex scene was absolutely awful, too, man. It was just oh fucking terrible. God, it looked huge. Sex scene in itself was just terrible. How about that oh. scene where he who walks behind the rose tells that guy to kill himself and he drops oh. onto the shovel and there's that music. It's like this heavy music. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it yeah, that metal. I, I remember that shit. <laughs> Doesn't that feel hilarious. so out of place? It I does. literally have this written down. I'm like, metal music feels so out of place. Dude, that was like. <laughs> In the suicide? Oh, fuck. It's so, like they fucked up, man. So they the, find her. They're playing Cannibal Corpse in the background. <laughs> so the, the the point is for he walks behind the rose to trick Hannah into having sex with him, so he can impregnate her, and the next generation of corn babies could come alive. But I just don't understand, like, why, like, how, who, who the fuck is this dude in a leather jacket? Like, what, where, why is he who walks behind the rose now? Like, why didn't he just appear at the beginning of the, the first, first one? one. That- that's yeah. the thing that doesn't make this movie – why this movie doesn't make any sense is exactly what you just said. There's no explanation for this at all. It's just kind of thrown in there and it's like, hey, well, they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't figure it out so because it, doesn't make, it's so it doesn't make fucking sense. And the thing that really pisses me off about this movie, man, it's trying to be so much bigger than it actually is, man. Like, you know, these – you know – set pieces and fucking buddy what the fuck is uh the guy that plays is it paul popovich or whatever that plays the guy with the leather jacket yeah um yeah he really is trying to he's overdoing the acting so much in this film and it just seems like he's really trying to steal the show and it's not working yeah. Did you guys ever get that yeah. <laughs> that yeah. impression oh, and i'm going this is not believable at all because the storyline already doesn't make any fucking sense and this guy's just the most elaborate thing since fucking sliced bread and, i feel like there was a lot of and, cut- and pocket pussies I-, I feel like there was a fucking <laughs> lot of cuts in this movie where like there had to be like other scenes like because I don't – I could be wrong because I could have been like dozing in and out of this film. But there's a scene where Hannah opens her trunk and there's a dead bird in it. And she says like, what the fuck is up with all these birds? And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? What birds? That was the first bird. What do you – what do you mean all these? What do you mean all these birds? I think there actually was a scene earlier in the film oh, with a bird there? or something. Okay. Yeah. I, I might have, so I just quickly or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, <was laughs> but like, I mean it was kind of – it was over-exaggerated. It's like what the fuck is with all these birds? Yeah, and I'm like, bitch, I'm there was like, one yeah. bird previously yeah, in the film. It's not all, these, all these birds. all these fucking birds. Again, birds. trying to overdo it, trying to be bigger than you actually are. What the fuck's with all these birds? That's why I feel like there was bitch. like cut scenes where there was like a lot of like scenes of like a crow hanging about or something. You know what I mean? But I, I also – I do think I remember hearing an interview with John franklin who said like this film was like the production was a huge fucking mess and like he was really trying to do the original franchise justice by connecting all the dots but it just turned into a mess could be he could be trying to save his own skin because he wrote a shitty movie but i mean i thought it was of note 
again, you know, the script for this film is just a complete mess. <laughs> it really you know, it, it doesn't even do anything, man. And they don't even create it. I can't even say they created any type of really memorable scenes. There's really no atmosphere in this film. It's there's scenes all over the fucking place. It, it kind of jumps around. How and, about and that one fucking what? dude it's, who just keeps showing up everywhere? That mental patient who keeps like shit popping up out of the dark. That Some it's the just, fucking it, old guy it in doesn't the beginning. Even make, it doesn't make any sense, man. Like, is he supposed to be, you know, that fucking red herring or no? Is that is that what they tried to incorporate in there? No. I will say the only thing that I liked, but it was totally utilized like bad. I liked it, the idea on paper. Well, two things. I like bringing back Isaac, and the scenes with Isaac I actually thought were good. Like when he was preaching, and like I actually thought that he still had it. Uh, the second thing is I like the idea of of really like delving into the he who walks behind the rose character more, but at the same time it was just done so stupidly. What if what if this mm-hmm. movie was actually the six hundred and sixty six Children of the Corn movie? <laughs> it might as well be, dude. It might as yeah. well be. If 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 it was, it's I don't bad think we could have got be. them all watched in one week. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, this is a witchcraft. Come on, <clears throat> man. I'm thinking about after watching all these films. If we do witchcraft, we have to watch fucking six more. Oh, it would oh be a two-part show. It would be a two-part yeah. show. But, I mean... And the, the one part, I think when Isaac... I think it's Isaac that says to, to Hannah, and he's like... He fucking turns around and he screams at her. He's like, you can't escape the prophecy. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that was so, so hilarious. I fucking laughed so hard at that. I was... Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. Dude, I was, I was dying. I was crying. I was laughing so hard when he did that shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this one is so hard to it's one of those films where you have to keep reminding yourself to watch it because your mind just drifts because it's so fucking bad where you're just like oh yeah i'm supposed to be watching this and paying attention <laughs> but this is the type of movie that not only like kind of confuses you a little bit and you have so many questions and stuff it actually makes you stupid like your <laughs> iq level actually drops when you watch movies like this because you're trying you're fumbling around with your thoughts and stuff and then they, you just get all jumbled and you actually fall off your sofa. That's it. And, you know, you're just like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't even know. You know, um, you're fucked. This movie's terrible. I, it's, it's just awful. I don't even know. What, how does. OK, so the final product gets, you know, you know, subjected to the or brought into the, you know, the head of the studio or whatever. And they're like, yeah, that's the movie. That's that's what we're going to release. How does that happen? It's the fucking Weinsteins, dude. That's how, how, Why is all these Hellraisers so shit? Because they were selling at the video store, man. It's like, we just need to make them fast as we can. Fuck it. Let, but, let's get Isaac this movie back. Based on, they, they, the only reason why this movie ever came is because they wanted to use that 666 in there. It was just too perfect for them. So. What, what was the budget of this movie? Did it even have a budget? Uh, it's probably not known because th- this was no, that weird says, time. Is it, it says... It says fourteen dollars and ninety one cents. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. They probably were like, "Okay, you guys are doing this movie for free, and uh, yeah, we're gonna pretend like it never happened after it comes out." No, but these <laughs> movies did really well in the video stores. Like, they did great. Uh, same thing with the Hellraiser films. That's why the wine scenes kept pumping them out. Both of those franchises. Oh, exactly, man. And you, oh, and, and, and even as Jeremy knows why people, that they were pumping these shits out. Jeremy knows <laughs> yeah, why exactly. to keep the rights. Well, not yeah, back well, then. I mean, that because too. they're doing it every year. <laughs> they don't need it's to. Just do more, it it's more appropriate if you say it than me. Because <laughs> they're fucking shit. Because they're Jewish. Dude. That was close. That oh, was and because they're Jew. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay, <laughs> so but the thing is, is like 
I know that, oh my God, you can't be, you, you cannot learn. Like, you would think you would learn. Like, okay, I'm going to rent part five. Oh, that one sucks so bad. Oh, look, they made a part six and Isaac's back. You know what I mean? They just, in those videos. That's how they get days, you in by having Isaac. You would, in, that's how they they, get you would you in. keep just going back and back. And I don't, like, you think you would learn, but you never do. You never learn. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Well, I'm, d- I'm done talking about this, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Corn-filled fucking lawn dart but uh yeah <laughs> ratings i'm gonna go first um man i don't even know why i'm giving it what i am two out of ten i don't even like i don't know i guess it's because it, it made it into my house i guess i don't know what, well, <laughs> it, it really doesn't have any redeemable qualities for me at all this movie is just a it's a fucking mess right from the start yeah, it, it's just a it's a mind two out of oh, ten. How crashes. the fuck does that happen? Well, I don't even know. Man. My thing, okay. Let, let me. Well, I will say I did like I like the lead actress in it. I think that she was actually pretty cute. So I there's a there's half the a four point. The one redheaded chick who ran the hotel, I thought she was cool. Oh yeah, her demise was awesome too. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> actually, that was a pretty decent kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, I also came in at a 2 out of 10. To me, anything under a 2 is getting to the point where it's, like, bad, like, just barely a film, like, Beneath the Mississippi. Now we're having audio issues. Audio, yeah. You you can't even see shit. Yeah, I mean, this, you can still technically watch it. You can still technically understand a little bit of what's going on. So, 2 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gave it a 2 out of 10, too. 2 out of 10. All right. Well, <laughs> wow. We have a four-person I, rating. That's I honestly gave this movie a one out of ten before um, we started talking about it, but I will say it's a two out of ten just because. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with. I kind of well, I kind of agree with Jeremy uh, with uh, with JP about saying you know a one out of ten is kind of pushing it because. I really do feel like a one out of ten is kind of like somebody that like if I took a video camera and just started running around and like. And saying, put a oh, label yeah. hey, on it and a... said it was a film. Yeah, yeah. that's where that's yeah, where that's... my one out of tens are too. Yeah, that's mine too. So. Uh, so that brings us to a two, two, and two that equals to be six out of thirty. <laughs> so that makes it the second film that goes into our Hall of Fame. I will have them up after the episode airs, and uh, it's the first time in history two in a row. Two What's, in is a this franchise? the worst rating? Is this the worst rating you guys have ever given something? No, I don't I believe so. it is. I think Entity was lower because there was some 1.5s in there, I think. Oh, oh wow. yeah, that one was, that one Which was real bad. Is this worse than Entity or better than Entity? This is better than Entity, hands down. Oh, this is this is definitely more uh, more watchable than Entity. Wait, when you that talk about Entity, that's what Kyle was saying, where he ran around with a video camera with some of his friends, slapped the <laughs> on it, and called it a film. Oh, yeah, totally. He totally <laughs> described Entity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's a fucking piece of crap, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Well, alrighty. So six out of six out of, six out of thirty. Wow, what is going on here? All right, so moving along, and now we are finally out of the nineties, and this is the first film from the two thousands. Actually, nah, this is not the only one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Oh, okay. And uh, it is called Children of the Corn Revelation. They didn't even put the number seven on there <clears throat> which is Good. kind of annoying in my you know i, I sometimes i like sometimes you'll seven, see it the as, stuff, so. as the numbered I, I think that there are versions of the vhs that did have number the number oh really yeah wow. um this is actually the canadian sequel 
Nah. This one was uh, this one no was filmed. Yeah, this was actually filmed in Calgary, and it's considered a Canadian film. So, yeah, we're switching uh, countries here. <clears throat> so, let's see if it gets any better. Okay, when a girl named Jamie repeatedly tries to contact her grandmother to no avail, she investigates by going to her apartment in Omaha, Nebraska, only to find it has been condemned and overtaken by possessed children. (laughs) As she digs deeper, she discovers a dark secret about her grandmother and awakens a dark, demonic force that wants Jamie dead and will stop at nothing. Oh, yeah. I will give this film props right away because I'm a fucking huge fan of anything that takes place in like apartment buildings. I love the setting. I am yeah. right with you, bro. We talked about yeah. that with so, the toolbox. Murders, I can dig it. We gave that props for that, even though that film sucked. Exactly. We gave props exactly. for it because it's this dark, like <clears throat> dirty, like scumbag neighbors. Like it just has this atmosphere to it that I dig. I have always dug that atmosphere as well. Yeah. They caught the atmosphere really well because they said it's like, you know, it's a, it's a building that's condemned. You know, being condemned. And it actually captured it, man. It's fucking uh-huh. filthy. It's dirty. All the doors. There's rubble. And it was actually a nice – there was exactly. There was a nice touch with the eviction notices on people's doors and stuff. At least they took the time to do that shit. Yeah. And was, I, noticed like the, that. I think it was the coolest <clears throat> setting of the entire series. I like the – yeah. yeah, the outside yeah. with the two little cornrows and stuff. Like I'm down I, – I, this was the one that surprised me the most because in my head as a kid, 2001, when it came out, I watched it right when it came out. And I hated it. I I just <clears throat> didn't understand it, I guess. But, you know, I, yeah, I actually yeah. was surprised with this one. It has a very moody atmosphere to it. Yeah, but I still have to, to it. say it's a pretty shitty movie. I uh I like the the fact that like it was like creepy and eerie about like being in the hallway mm-hmm. like the hallway was like a big part of the movie you know out in front mm-hmm. of her apartment her grandmother's apartment and you know there was cobwebs like you were saying you know there was a, the eviction notices with the nails through them it was it was a really the setting of it was really well done I mean I mean it had mm-hmm. a two and a half million dollar budget so I Jesus mean it kind of should deserve to have a decent setting for that but yeah um, you know what that's also Canadian though too. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's true. like that's about seventeen dollars American. <laughs> <laughs> it translates into two point five million Canadian. Yeah, yeah. The guy who's directing this goes to the wine scenes and like, we're gonna give you a two point five million for this one. He's like, sweet, and he's like, that's gonna be in Canadian though. Well, five years ago, that would have been more than two and a half million dollars. And then yeah, Rita can just see him calling out, "Hey guys, we're gonna need some CGI corn." Oh. <laughs> I want to know in this movie what is up with all the fucking close-ups, like abrupt close-ups. Oh my god! Like I was, there's a lot of close-ups if you pay attention with like dramatic bad music and sound effects. I don't know. Um, Well, I will say the 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 fucking kids in this one, those two little. I guess they're brother and sister, the blonde haired ones. They're creepy as shit in this film, yeah, man. They're pretty creepy. I have to say, man, I like those are probably like some of my favorite casted kids in the in the franchise. It just worked, man. It was something about that little boy's look. He was just he had this kind of like dead stare to him and it, it just always seemed to be like, working in every scene. He looked a little dick and so did his sister, man. They were like in that uh that convenience store and they were playing that, that video game and like showed it what Jeremy said, they showed a close up of the kid's face and he's like sitting there like No, I like wanna the, know how much they got fucking <laughs> Sega paid the Weinsteins to fucking advertise fucking House of the Dead in their damn movie. Oh, I know. They were like blatantly advertising it, and it was just funny. Yeah, that is funny. Well, I mean, I mean that happens, right? It's no different than product placements in films and stuff. It's just what it is. Um, this is a really odd film too. 
when you kind of really break it down, I kind of looked at this film and I was thinking about it and I was like, this movie's kind of like Final Destination, but with like corn kids in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. It has good lighting in some parts, I have to say. Yeah, the lighting. Well, that, the, you know, that goes the back to the alley setting scenes that, are really good when they're like in the alley. Actually, the first scene with, um, with Michael Ironside. Yeah. That actually shot really well. I thought yeah. that was really kind of really well done, actually. It's too bad he's not in the film more, but. Yeah, for what, like, you know, a whole seven seconds? Yeah, it's, you know, well, he's in there a little bit I more, know. but, you know, that scene was really well shot and stuff, but, yeah, I don't know. This one just, it felt like kind of like a Final Destination film, you know. What's up with the fucking character, that one character who, like, asks the main character to go on the roof, and then he, like, he bites into an ear of corn and there's blood. <laughs> yeah. He look, he looks over and there's two kids, the two kids are sitting on the edge of the building, like, that's sketchy as hell. Like, why the hell would you, he was like, oh, let me go over there and see what they're laughing at. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, that is the cheesiest thing I've ever seen in my life, really? So horrible. Well, I, I think yeah, that funny. one thing that I liked about this one was the uh, lead character was developed pretty well. She comes off very nice by the way that she gives the kids change and she, you know, is caring for her grandmother and stuff. So I actually did dig the uh, lead character in this one, uh, as well as the hot chick that was the stripper. Yeah, she had a nice rack. Yeah, she was hot. Yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> Something that well, part five is- was lacking. This one actually marks the first time boobs were shown in a uh, yep. in a sequel in, in well in the whole franchise. So it took to set part seven wow. to see some naked boobs, boobs. and that was uh, the scene. That was the scene in the bathtub with the uh, the actually the well you get some nice... decent side boob as well. Like not even that really. <laughs> yeah, she takes off her fucking thong, and you could see that she's still wearing thong another thong underneath it because they didn't want to show her full frontal. Oh, yeah. Just pay attention. I didn't notice that. She's like she's like uh, behind the like the like the curtain, and she takes. Well, Jeremy probably rewound that and paused. No, it I saw it on my first. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was but you know, Oscar Wiener. Even that character was yeah. She was she was a decent character, you know. But yeah, hot. He was jerking off his first time boobs, and I was jerking that, off my Oscar Wiener. God, that really surprised me that that this is the first movie out of this entire franchise that shows boobs. Like I would expect these movies to show boobs, and we almost every got single. it in part two. Almost. Well, I was Lynch. really surprised actually in part five, considering the nature of it, you know, playing out like a yeah. slasher film kind of deal, that there yeah. was no boobs in we that one. It was kind of blow up doll boobs. Yeah. That's some boob. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's like scrambled porn, essentially, when you grew up in the 90s. Any boob is a boob back then. Even balls could be boobs if you use your imagination. What? <laughs> <laughs> you never on, you JP. never dude you never had scrambled porn in the 90s come on dude i had oh, scrambled man, porn did. but i i still could see if it was a ball yeah that's what you think <laughs> <laughs> what the hell would there be like balls on the playboy channel for come on i don't know dude oh, that makes sense i'm just fucking around but uh <laughs> so, a, you know this is a very yeah <laughs> i might have by accident <laughs> who knows <laughs> Uh, this is very by the numbers. Like the the even like the cop character. Oh my god, what a pointless freaking character! He shows up at the end just to like be with her during the explosion. So they have that shot of them both running out. Of, like it is pointless as fuck. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. makes absolutely no fucking sense. Oh my god, I um, hate that shit. He's like the what most. Was with- What's up with the coffee cup? Oh my god, do you see that she's like picking at the coffee cup and then. When she goes back to the cop station, 
he gives her a coffee cup that has like holes in it. I bet you they didn't have enough money for the budget that they just reused the same fucking coffee I cup. I didn't notice that. Uh huh. The styrofoam cup. Just huh? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I think that uh, this one is very similar to Part Four in that it's kind of more of a you know side story, not really connected to the original film. <coughs> Jesus Christ! There was a uh, one connection. <laughs> there was one connection, I believe. Where the well, they kind of try and connect it. Was supposedly a kid from Gatlin doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And she was the one that got away from. Or she was supposed to die. See, this is where the whole final destination thing kind of comes into into play, where she was supposed to die in that, you know, in that fire, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. And now they have to. And now it's basically, you know, these these death supernatural catching fucking, up with her. Yeah, or these these fucking kids. Yeah, death is catching did, did up. Did mention make what, final destination? What they're doing because yeah. final destination came they out did. in two thousand. 2000. So that makes so much sense, Moods. And it makes even more sense that it was the Weinsteins because the Weinsteins... No, it was New Line. It was New Line. Okay, but the Weinsteins always copied what was hot. They always do that. And this is... I was was getting at that. Good good note. This movie came out... Yeah, so I was... Yeah, so it it totally just felt like that to me. And, you know, to be honest, I kind of like it. I kind of like that idea, man. I mean, we liked in the Final Destinations. I'm like, whatever. It's a rip-off. But then again, Final Destination is also a complete rip-off um, of Soul Survivor. It's the exact same storyline that they fucking stole from the 1982 film. This ending is uh, so weak. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, bu- the most by-the-numbers ending you have ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. The, the, I mean, honestly, I don't really think a lot of these movies have great endings at all. I don't think you any know, of them do. Just, no, no that, that's you know. There's some really good. Getting back to like you know the look and feel of this film, man. I I really like the scenes where where the I call him the MacGyver character. I think it was the fucking pothead that was smoking the bong when he answered the door and shit. I kind of like the character, but the, the, it's uh, such a it, it's such a run in the milk type character. You expect type that type of character. of character to be in a condemned building. Oh yeah, he's in there. He's just smoking it. his fucking bong and stuff. Pretty awesome. But he turns out to be a likable character. Uh, you actually kind of don't mind him. But I call him the, the I call him the MacGyver character. character with his night vision oh yeah <laughs> he's, like, no he's roaming sense. around in the dark with the night vision and you can see the ghost children. Those kids but dude uh, how awesome. about the, they also good, have man. the crazy asshole that lives downstairs in number three or whatever like that's a cliche of apartment settings <laughs> he's like shut the fuck up whore <laughs> dude he's like quiet actually, the fuck down whore <laughs> <laughs> actually this movie might have one of the funniest death scenes too where they fucking push the guy from uh, out the stairwell oh man Reminds oh me shit of yeah any wheelchair, any wheelchair <laughs> death is golden to me man dude i died when that shit happens happened. like if fuck he drops like I, I in that scene the building looked way bigger than it was supposed yeah. to be though it looked like it fell like fucking 18 stories <laughs> which, <laughs> the building was not that big we know that for a fact but doesn't matter. That shit was funny as hell. Dude, it, it reminded yeah, me of that problem. scene from that movie Mac and Me, where like he gets pushed off, like the kid gets pushed off the uh, the mountain. Oh, you yeah. remember that movie with the, in the wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, Dude, it Dude, looked just like that, man. That, that's exactly that's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, man. I, you know, it is what it is. This one's actually kind of hard to talk about. I There's mean, not much not going really on. It's it's more just like a sl- it's like part four, really. It really is like an investigation. Like she's really trying to find her fucking grandma the whole time while all this shit's kind of going on. And 
and death is coming. But um, I don't know, man. There's some there's some really notable bad things in this. Like the CG the CG corn that's in this oh, yeah. is just it <laughs> it's looks terrible. so piss poor, man. It's like yeah. actually to the point where it's like it's so laughable. And actually, remember the CG souls that are escaping? Oh my <laughs> oh, god! Oh my god, man! Those are so fucking horrendous. Like so, basically, the effects in this film are shit for the most part. That's the problem um, with the early 2000s and late 90s is. Before you could have bad films, but they usually the effects were still like solid. But once CGI yeah. came into it, it's like you have bad shit on top of bad shit. So it's like you don't even have one redeemable thing. Like you know, usually with bad films in that era, because they all use the CGI. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't really know what else to say about the ratings. Film. I don't have anything else I mean, to add. It's it's I okay. Just, it's okay. You know, this, yeah, it's just, it's actually kind of enjoyable to watch. And, and this is the movie that I remember being, I, I just, I like this one a lot more than I originally did. So did I. You know, I, I think I saw way. it relatively close to the time it came out and I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then I, it turns out I actually really kind of enjoyed this. I think I just kind of accepted mm. it for more. We also it have was, to be aware you know, that we're coming from like part five, <laughs> five and six. <laughs> So yeah. anything. I mean, I mean, that could have something to do with it, but I actually watched this one on a separate, like I watched yeah. those ones and then this was a separate day. So it was like a yeah, brand new kind of start, but okay. you know, I, I thought there was a lot of interesting scenes. And so I did like, I, I mean, it's completely ridiculous, but the, uh, the corn tentacles and the bathtub scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh I kind of liked it. <laughs> it, it, so rolled his eyes like, it looked like an Ed Wood fucking type of, a... Oh no, it was bad. It was the, the effects are so bad, but I just, I was like, this something really like Ed Wood would be like getting the water. This really doesn't make a lot of this. sense right now. Yeah, but I, I expected nothing less. I'm like, well, we need a bathtub death somewhere in this franchise. Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm down. All right, so uh, Children of the Corn Revelation. Um, yeah, I mean, I basically stated what I like and what I didn't about it and stuff. I really find this one enjoyable. It's not a great film by any means, but I do recommend people check mm. it out. I, I totally disagree that people think that this is the worst one in the franchise. Not it's even not close. even close. No. No. Five and a half out of ten. Five, Five and, and a half. half. Well, okay, so I come in at, around where Moods comes in because <clears throat> to me this one was a little more jo- enjoyable than part four, uh, but I still think it's it's an average movie. It's average. Five out of ten. Yeah. I come in at a five out of ten. I mean, I... I went into this movie thinking, just seeing, you know, 666, and I was like, this is going to be 10 times worse. And it honestly was, in my opinion, was 10 times better than 666. <laughs> I mean, 666 was just, like, complete shit. So, yeah, I'd say 5 out of 10, uh, mainly because it was a newer age movie. It was taped a little bit newer. Uh, it looked a little bit better, and the death scenes were hilarious. I mean, it was cheesy. I liked it. See, now I like this one better i mean i like this movie it's less than part three or i mean it's better than part three in my opinion but um i just gave this one a four and a half out of five i still shit out of ten out of ten sorry still shit in my opinion hmm interesting all right but you know me with my scale my my level of shit I don't yeah, I mean, handle it like, very well. I mean, I actually did. I didn't really expect anything higher than that. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of makes sense. But all right. So moving along and continuing in chronological order, uh, we are going to move on to the Children of the Corn remake, the TV remake from uh, 2009. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the exact same premise as the first one, so... It is. <laughs> the only we don't difference... really have to go through the, the, the storyline. Yeah, it's, it's the same premise. The only difference is that the lead characters are now not loving each other. They're bickering. And it has a, and that's pretty much it. That's the, literally the only difference in the story. And there's a penis. Uh, and that they're in inter, interracial relationship. Yeah, which, that too. Yeah. It was just an ob- observation that I made because for the times, like, it was like, you know, this movie's taking place in 1974. I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That they put in there. I don't, yeah, it wasn't really overly that popular, well, I, th- I think, at the time. But I think the first thing of note is the fact that they are fighting, like, the entire time. Uh, because that is actually yeah. direct, dude. I, this is directly wrote from the original short story. Like lines are the same uh-huh. as in the short story. Yes, and you know why? Why? Because Stephen King wrote the screenplay for this for this TV remake. Did he really? I didn't even know that. He did. Damn. He did. And this is why this TV remake is very close to the original short story. Hence the end. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So, yeah, Stephen King yeah. did write the uh, screenplay for this, so I thought it was quite interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I yeah. had no idea. I had no idea that he was actually involved with this remake until I was reading the back uh, pregame because I'd seen this film before. I had no idea, and I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that is, that is interesting. Very interesting. I will say one yeah. of the things that they did well, in my opinion, is if we're doing a direct comparison to the original, the way that uh, the young boy gets hit by the car in this one is much better. Like, he's actually yeah. running across the road holding mm-hmm. his neck and gets smashed. So I thought that way was just way better. Uh, you know, there's this dynamic with uh, the Vietnam talk where this guy came yeah. back from Vietnam and the chick's constantly on his ass about it. He's just like, oh. she's just like, yeah, I guess it's not like yeah. your buddy's back at Nam. She could rape some women, kill some children. And I'm like, geez, woman. Yeah, she was a geez. bitch, man. Dude, dude, dude. I hate her more than any character in the entire franchise. Ooh, I fucking hate her. I, I, I was getting so mad because she was just being a fucking over-the-top bitch. She was just pointing out things that were completely irrelevant to the situation. And I know, I understand that she was supposed to be a bitch, but, like, it was annoying the fuck I out of me. I swear, though, dude, but... she reminded me of this chick my boy used to date. Same way. She would just everything, nag, nag, complain, say, yeah, say insulting things, and my dude would just be like, you know, take it. And I'd be like, dude, fucking grow a backbone, smack this bitch. Joking. joking. I know, dude. Like, like, she's a freaking bully, man. Like, she just kept picking at him, picking at him, like, the whole car ride, and I was like jesus christ dude just tell her to shut the hell up like if a girl kept doing that to me i'm like shut the fuck up you know what are you well when they're well when they're standing outside there after they hit the boy and then she's just giving it to him raw like blah 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 this, this fucking nah, blah, blah, blah. He's, just, he's just like fucking looking at her and he just fucking slaps her and i was like <laughs> yes and she, was, and she was fucking stupid like she kept like when they got to the town to that when they went to that town like she was like let's turn around and just go back the other way and he looks at her and he's like we got a dead kid in the trunk like, where are we going to go? <laughs> like, yeah. okay, let's well, drive miles. He explains to her. He's like, what are we going to do? Turn around and drive 80 miles in the opposite direction? That doesn't look good for us. I was going to say you the know? same town from part five, but then I remember this is a remake, so that wouldn't work. But yeah, she just like, you know, it, it was inevitable with her, you know, her demise in this film because like, my God, was it ever awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just... Like, dude, when she's giving it to him in the car and all he wants to do is just figure out what the shit is going on in this town. Like, they know something's wrong and he goes into the church and then all that shit goes down with her. I'm like, there is a God. There actually <laughs> his name is, is he God. who walks behind the rose. 
Exactly. Oh yes. Exactly. So, so this is where the you know the the remake changes from the original one. Really, up until that point, most of the remake is kind of almost shot for shot. Different dialogue, you know, different things are going on, but it's very very similar up until that point, and then it kind of shifts gears. Yeah, there's um, no and Sarah and jo- uh, Job character. No, in this one, I thought that was interesting. No. Um, this yes, one, right. I did read like the first 20 pages of the short story before the show. It's on, I, I found it online. Um, I had read it before in, in middle school and dude, I'm telling you like literally the first like couple scenes are exact dialogue of that story, like literally yeah, word yeah. for word. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me was just really interesting because it made me look at the remake in a different way. But it makes sense if King yeah. yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. I like the military background of the character. I thought that was an interesting added thing. Instead of a doctor, it made sense how he knew about, like, wounds and stuff like that. I was going to say the same thing. I actually, yeah, I have that noted, too. I'm like, yeah, it totally makes sense that he would know right away that, hey, we didn't just kill this boy by hitting him with a car. There's something wrong with his throat. You know, I've seen this before, and this isn't right. But I, I actually really liked... I, I like the main character in this film, man. I mean, I can't say much about his fucking bitch wife, but <laughs> I like this character, man. And it made and it made a lot of sense because, you know, having that military background and, you know, now he's in a fight. He's basically in a survival fight now. Yeah, you know, and it also and stuff. was a really well, like, uh, symbolism thing in the cornfield when he started getting yep. Vietnam flashbacks because we all know that that was a yeah. huge problem with, with people coming back it. from Vietnam. And I was like, this is actually – what the hell? This is actually pretty good. And the, my yeah. one fucking big complaint about this one is Isaac. I don't like the casting one bit. Dude, dude, they cast a kid way too young. Like Exactly. He, I mean, like I said, I will give him props for, you know, spitting out that dialogue. That's, you know, he did have quite a bit of dialogue okay. for the film, but, but he's too not young. convincing. He's not yeah. convincing yeah. at all. He did okay. Do you think he's the weakest, the weakest press? The weakest pastor of I 100% agree the casting was wrong yeah. for that. Yeah for that part right there but well not as bad as part five but it's pretty close well yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but yeah isaac no way dude that was such a bad idea they should have went with someone older like you said um or somebody that just looked maybe you know was older but looked young like they did Mm -hmm. with the original isaac he just the conviction behind what he was saying wasn't there and that was a huge thing that was good in the original his voice was too like too childish yeah you know, like there's nothing there to like buy into it. I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> smack, 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 smack. You know, and yeah. I, I understand what they tried to do with Malachi. You know, they they brought in, you know, obviously that was a wig on that guy and stuff. But, they, you know, they tried to make him, you know, relatively the same as, you know, the original one, too. Dude, I liked Malachi in this one. I got to be. And I was so surprised. I was like, wait a minute. This dude's actually uh, the relationship between him and Isaac was much different. And I almost kind of liked it. Totally. It was totally different in this one. He was very um, he was willing to obey Isaac a lot more in this one. But was yeah. he like that in the short story? Uh, I rem- like I said, I haven't read it in a long yeah. time. I didn't and, get that. Far. You know, I, I can't. I can't see either way. But maybe they were I don't different names. They had different names in the short story. It wasn't Isaac and Malachi. It was like Henry or something, just plain something. Something rather, yeah. Like it's been years and years. But yeah, he. He is way more willing to obey, and he's just—he's kind of more loyal in this one. He, he's not really trying to butt heads with, you know, yeah. Isaac and stuff. But he—he he also so, does have a little it's bit. It's very of noticeable. Like, like um, 
you know well it, i mean it's it's so noticeable after the scene where you know our lead character basically <laughs> fuck i love that scene man when he starts in the alley when he just starts taking out guys it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. awesome oh, yeah. man which is all led from, oh my god, probably one of the worst moments I've ever seen in a film, though. That's when so Isaac weird. throws the, oh, when Isaac I throws, hate yeah, that scene, dude. The knife. I hate and then, it. That, and, and then it starts off the chain reaction of him taking out those kids and stuff. But, you know, that scene where he, he pulls a knife, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, yeah. There's no way that you had ever got him with that. Yeah. But I like the scene. He pulls it out and he snaps the knife, and then the guys, and he's like, can't kill him. And then he fucks everyone up. Yeah, I love that. But it, it but anyways, also is a great parallel because he m- probably killed kids in Vietnam. So it makes sense that he would well, just be easily able to do that. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. He has he feels no remorse for it because that's what he did. And he even so he says really, like, "You don't want to fuck with me." I've I've been against weight, you know. Like, and I was like, this like I was so fucking surprised that I was liking some stuff in this one because I'd seen this before and I did not like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this this is interesting that the the director of this one was the original producer of the original, which ah, is weird. That that's cool. That's weird though that he went from yeah. producing to directing. And he wrote it with Stephen King also, so I don't know. I found that weird. Interesting. But yeah, um, I don't know. This one definitely obviously has a uh, – it has. it's not as atmospheric as the original yeah. film. It definitely – it has its moments, but it, it, it doesn't have that type of overall feel to at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels it feels a little thin. Um you know, to be honest, it doesn't feel like a cheap TV film, though. It doesn't. If you know what I'm saying. Enough. It doesn't. It, it Like, it's weird because it's totally a TV film, but it, this one feels... Do you think it was like shot as not a TV film, film and then was made into a TV film? I don't no, know, I man. think it was... I remember following the production of this film. It was it was made for the Sci-Fi Network, oddly. Yeah. And it was directly... Like, that was the plan going into it. I remember the whole what? following the production. I wonder how like mm-hmm. they showed like tits on side. They didn't. Those they were didn't. if you read the DVD, okay. it says uncut. And I I yeah. mentioned the moods. I was like, wow, it actually was uncut. There's a penis. Yep. Oh yeah. So yeah, going back to what Jeremy said, I think in we were talking about part two, and I was like, oh, you know, they didn't show her show her tits or whatever. And he's like, well, that'd be inappropriate. Well, in the remake, they're under eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> theoretically, right? And there's yeah, boobs and true. penis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I just around. wanted to say but that I, so right now. So. Talk about awkward. So I, I think <laughs> yeah, I the story is slightly different in this one where it's it's almost – They start out with 19. 19? What? You notice that? Like, you know, in, in the original story, it's like, you know, as soon as you hit your 18th birthday. It was 19. You know, you got to – I don't think so. I think it was – wasn't as soon as you turn on your 18th birthday. I think it, in this I one, think they it was were, 19, dude. No, no, it's 18 in the, in the original one. And in this one, they actually start out as 19, then it changes to 18 somehow in this one. No, I no. what that was was it, you ha- when you turn 18, you have to go into the corn and then to get prepared for your 19th birthday when you will actually sacrifice yourself to, the, to he who walks behind the rose. But when you turn 18, you just have to go into the corn, but then you come back. And that's why Amos was still there. They said Amos was out there for almost his whole 18th year. Oh, fuck. I, I thought he was coming back on his 18th. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Whatever. So when you turn 18, you have to go in the corn uh, like, and have yeah, to yeah. go out there. And yeah. essentially something happens. We don't know. Where it's off screen. But uh, And then it, no matter how long it takes, you yeah, have to stay out there until 
until it happens, whatever it is. And then you get to come back and you live your 19th year out. And then once you turn 19, you sacrifice yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, there was also a lot to do with, like, sex in this one. Like, it's important. It kind of made sense to me because it's like they, we must repopulate as we do with the corn. And I was like, okay, so since it makes sense, right? Because since you die so young, you have to fuck a lot. So you have a lot of kids to keep the generations moving yeah. because, you know, it's it's kids run the shit. So you have to continue and you only have 18, 19 years to, to keep populating every year. So it kind of made sense. But all watching it. Was kind of but I, lo- I loved how like I love how it was a spectacle. Yeah. <clears throat> and the children really do. It, it, you know, it's kind of a weird um, it's a weird thing though when you look at it because the way the children have set up the town, you know, it seems like the boys are out kind of doing the hunting in a way, and the women are at home doing the cooking and cleaning and shit like that. They have it set up like they're adults. Mm-hmm. It's fucking strange. It's like their own little world. It's kind of like this weird kind of parallel. Um, but yeah, dude, it's like, but the fertilization, they call it the fertilization in the film, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a spectacle. Yeah. People are watching this shit, and I'm just like, holy fuck, is this ever weird? But I guess it's part of the religion. I guess this is what they do. Uh-huh. It needs well, to they, be they, witnessed or something. It needs yeah. to be witnessed. But I love how they call it, okay, it's time to it's time for fertilization. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, Yeah, that's interesting because you know, on the on the weird parallel to that, it's like, you know, in a way, like if you're you know, when you turn nineteen and you basically sacrifice to sacrifice yourself to, you know, the God. You know, it could even be called fertilization too, because you're you're sacrificing yourself to the cornfield, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fertilization to give you know to give the god more power. That's the way I kind of I saw the you know the parallel. So how did you the like two, the ending like, in this one? It's fucking strange. <clears throat> I absolutely loved it. It's much better it's, than it's, the original. Yeah, it's ending. much, it's much stronger and it's much more believable yeah. because he's outnumbered, man. You know, it's it. It is what it is. Like these kids are, they fucking mean business, man. They're willing to do anything. The idea that it just kept going, right? Like it's just like that. That's that. That's another blue man. Those two are. Those two are the next blue man. And uh, you know, then also it continues with the kid. There's a scene, and it almost seemed pointless at first until you see the ending. There's a scene where the little blonde kid is like, "I saw him, Malachi. I saw him. He who walks behind the woes." And he's like, "You cannot (laughs) blaspheme." And he's like, "I swear, Malachi." And I was like, like "He's going to be the next Isaac once once Isaac's done." And you know, it seemed pointless at the time, but then you know that as the ending, that it just continues on. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, definitely the the ending to this film is so much fucking better executed mm-hmm. it's, than the original film, which is strange because you know a lot of people associate this film with uh with with you know utter shit. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go on a limb and say that it's uh, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. And I, I swear to God, people are calling this film complete garbage, and they've never seen it before. I think I was calling because... it complete garbage, but I was just I was say, oh, like... I just honestly, I'd watch this when it kind of first came out so around I, the time. I, watched I think it, when it was it debuted on Sci-Fi, and I didn't even really quite remember. I was watching the movie, and I had completely forgotten about certain scenes. Like I didn't didn't even remember. Um, 
Well, obviously the fucking the sex scene was not in the version yeah. that I watched. There was no way. I I didn't. That was new. I don't even remember the knife scene though. Uh, yeah, it was the, in the, the original. Movie too? Yeah, it was in the original okay because I don't remember it. And I was like, what the fuck? It just like kind of caught me off guard. But there was definitely minor changes in this version, and it was more enjoyable. It was like, like I said, like I loved how they showed the fertilization scene. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, and they showed the penis. Like, this is too. a fuck. This is a society. This is exactly they showed a penis. This is their society, and this is and they're showing you. This is what they're doing. Too, it's effective. Too bad they didn't show any boobs. Yeah. They showed boobs. No, they showed, they showed a boobs. penis. No, they no, showed they, her boobs. They showed boobs, too. I only that's, why I was at, that's why I was asking before. Like, I couldn't when he jumps on top of her, man, her boobs are hanging out, and I was like, yeah, dude. that girl. Maybe was like, I was too fixated on the maybe penis. Like 17. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, uh, Kyle, I, you didn't really say much, neither did you, Jeremy. What, like, Are you guys in agreement? Did you just like this one? My... Uh, my thought of this was I went into this um, hearing a lot of horrible, horrible things about it. Like, this was the worst one. This movie sucks. It's shit. And I watched it, and I was like, this movie really is not that bad. Like, it really – I was uh, – I mean, it wasn't – I mean, it had its moments, but, I mean, it, it was pretty legit. I mean, for a made-for-TV movie, I didn't think – it was pretty pretty decently made. I mean, it had – I mean, I liked – like Mood said, I liked the main actor. I thought he was a really good – I mean, he seemed like a really good actor, and I liked the backstory of him being in the military. I hated his girlfriend. I thought she was a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did oh. not like the Isaac character at all. I didn't like I, – I, that was like one of the first things I noticed when I saw mm-hmm. Isaac. And like when he started talking, I was like, damn, this – he really should have not been – It just didn't have the same atmosphere. Yeah, I think. you're absolutely right on that. You hated it? Yeah. Um, I, I really like the – I really like the end, like the ending part where uh, it showed the main character up on the cross. I thought that was a really cool visual, like toward the end, like it kind of like you know lets you know you're like you know hey he's you know he's like Mood said he was outnumbered, uh, you know they hung him up and um, yeah I thought I don't know I thought it was not that bad of a remake at all. I mean, I think good. we've all seen much worse remakes. I've seen much worse Children of the Corn movies. (laughs) You're right about that. So yeah, one thing I forgot to mention too is like the actual, you know, the town of Gatling. um, I like what they did with it too, man. It looks like it's super dungy and there's fucking corn everywhere. And I like the little touches, you know, where they're going into the stores and they're seeing like you know the '60s date and stuff. But then they noticed on the on the church it was like last date's week and stuff. There was there was nice touches in this. And when he goes into the church, when they go when he goes into the church. And it's a perfect thing, too, because it's a great transition because as he's walking up the street, it's a fucking filthy mess because they're kids. They don't they're not cleaning up. But you go into the church and it's like, you know, they have corn everywhere, but everything is perfectly placed Mm -hmm. and it's all perfect. And it, it was like a great transition. It went from like, you know, this is this is their heaven. Right. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was just the little yeah, thing. It was the little things visually yeah. that worked for me. Yeah. I thought it was like, it reminded me of like a Western movie almost, like how like the yeah. corn husks were everywhere yeah. and like mm-hmm. the old town. It was like an like old church. I thought it was really cool, really nice. Yeah. There, there, there's like just a few things that I think could have made this movie fantastic, like the, be- the best in the series. One, the original massacre scene, if it had a scene that was better than that or as good, you know, that was missing. Isaac sucked, so if they had a better Isaac, if they didn't have the knife-throwing scene, and the atmosphere was there, and it would have been the perfect Children of the Corn movie. But, you know, unfortunately, there are negatives, and we pointed them out. But there's negatives with every movie, pretty much. Yeah. But I think I think what we talked about, though, it's like prime examples of the negatives. <laughs> Damn right. What Did you guys watch the post credit scene? 
No, but I know you talked about it. I think I did. I can't remember what was what was it. I it just remember. explained a little bit more about when they walk into the corn on their 18th birthday, and it showed Malachi because he had turned 18 walk into the corn and explain to his girlfriend and it really showed his dedication to he who walks behind the rose because she didn't want him to go and stuff i actually was like that's a pretty good scene to like just kind of close the book on this film and really showcase that this just continued yeah. after what we see happened happened uh-huh. it was a cool scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> ratings yeah all right he wants to start i'll uh i'll start i would probably i mean like i said i i really I really didn't mind this movie at all. I thought it was a, it's definitely a cool watch. I mean, um, it's, it's not like it has its moments. There's some, you know, issues with it, but overall I would probably give this probably give it about a five and a half out of 10. Five and a half. Hmm. Well, I mean, I give this, okay, go, go ahead. Good. Uh, I think this one's just the middle of the road for me. It's better than actually it's right. Exactly. In the middle of the road for me um throughout the entire series like we talked about it has some positives and negatives i wish i would have watched that post credits in jp i think it would have added something to it but i think everything that we talked about um i'm gonna give this one five out of ten all right well me personally i i was super surprised with this one i was expecting to hate it because in my memory i remember that the things that stuck out to me in my memory was like the knife scene and like the constant bickering and i just had all these negative ideas from when i'd first seen it but really it's i think it's solid those things i mentioned were the only negatives that i really had and the rest was positives it has a better ending than the original uh it's not better than the original that's for damn sure but uh i think it's a solid six and a half out of ten <laughs> yeah i kind of figured this was gonna happen um you know, it's funny because that was actually my original ra- rating I'd wrote down and then I actually changed it a couple nights ago. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoy this movie, man. I think it's more because it's a little more true to the story. I, I don't want to use that as an excuse or anything, but I do like the darker ending. Yeah. And I think it's just I think mm-hmm. it works a lot better. And, you know, to me, an ending is a big fucking deal. It is. You it's know, you can lose points. You can lose many points. Well, the original the could have been the like a nine or a ten if it had a better ending. Exactly. And then, you know, and then, we, you know, I'm dropped down to an eight. You know, with a great ending, it could have been, yeah, way higher. Um, this one right here, I just, you know, it's enjoyable. I mean, you know, even with the nasty ass wife like she's just a raging yeah. cunt man like Ooh. but it's effective man you know like you know it is, it is. what it's it supposed is but to be like that exactly and you know it got me calling her a cunt yeah. so i don't know why i keep using that word i'm just being filthy man like it's ridiculous <laughs> but, anyways, <laughs> but anyways that word exactly is perfect yeah. for her though yeah a little bit it is. um I know I'm probably going to get crucified, but I'm going with a seven out of ten Whoa! on this one. I really, wow. I really enjoy I this, this remake. I love this guy because I wow. thought I was going to be the highest, and I could see, I could potentially rate it a seven out of ten. I liked it that much. JP, I actually had six and a half before, and then I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, sometimes you I talk about it, up it to a seven. Sometimes you talk about it and yeah. you point out all this, the positives, and you really get to see them there yeah. in front of you, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I just I couldn't yeah. rate this one higher. I couldn't rate this one higher than the original movie. So I mean, it definitely wasn't yeah. better in my opinion. I mean, on my yeah. rating scale. So I I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. Ah, oh, we have finally come to the end. For now, 
Hallelujah. <laughs> they hope yeah, when is the fucking new one? Well, the rights... Okay, so before we get into Genesis, let's give a little backstory on the film. In 2010, the Weinsteins were losing their rights to the Children of the Corn franchise and the Hellraiser franchise because after a certain amount of time, if you don't make a film using those, those, those uh, titles, then you lose the rights. Some loophole thing that I don't know about. It's all lawyerish and stuff. But... So they really had remakes planned for both of these, and they were scrambling last minute because they just never produced. They never got into production. Never got into production. So they made both of those films in just a few months with like a hundred thousand dollar budget uh, for each, or split between the two, or some crazy shit. Hundred thousand. Yeah, it was. It, it might. It was like five hundred thousand. I don't know. It was super low. It was really low. I think most of the budget they made Genesis first, so I think more of the budget went to Genesis than Revelations. So it was literally just a quick cash grab. We have to not lose the rights to these films. Let's hurry up and make them. And they made them in like uh, just a few months, like from from uh, you know creation, writing, pre production, into post production, and in release. In just I think it was like under a year they did all of that. Huh. It's crazy. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Children of the Corn Genesis. Yeah, considering freaking Revelations is only 75 minutes, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> is that how long it was? 75 minutes? Yeah. Children that's, of the Corn from the credits, 2011. The credits, probably like 70 minutes. So when are we going to get another one? Well, if it, I mean, maybe it's been about five years, right? So maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, getting into uh, Children of the Corn Genesis 2011. Um, whew, this is an oddity. Okay, Tim and like Allie seek. Yeah, Tim and Allie seek shelter in a remote desert compound after becoming lost and stranded. A strange Manson-like character, preacher played by Billy Drago, reluctantly allows them inside with strict orders to be gone in the morning and not and not to wander where you were not invited at first preacher and his mail order, <laughs> mail order wife, uh, Oscana, uh, defy the fate screams and cries that a mantle. Oh my God. I can't even fucking read the word. <laughs> everything's spelled wrong here. Uh, from one of the crumbling outbuildings when Allie sneaks out to investigate, she discovers that she and Tim have stumbled onto a bizarre cult worshiping an entity that may or may not dwell inside a haunted little boy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude this movie is fucking bizarre it is this movie it's fucking is weirdo. bizarre it is it's bizarre weird... but it's not bad though it's not bad this, the movie's not the movie's not poorly made i think that the <laughs> that the storyline in this is just fucking weird All over the place man it's the so weird i really like billy drago i mean i like his character in just about everything he was an imprint and I thought that was a really cool. Like when I saw him, I was like, oh, "That's pretty oh, cool." Oh, he was in Imprint. Right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I actually one of my criticisms was about how fucking terrible his acting in was Imprint. In that, yeah. In <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, you know, I was okay when this movie started, and they get into the house, and I'm going, "Who in the shit is that chick?" I'm like, "Who is Helen or Oscana?" She's showing her titties and, and like. Yeah, the fuck's going that chick, on? I was like, I recognized her, and I'm like, that's that one of the crazy bitches from the hostel. Now movies. we're going titty crazy. Like, Shit. Shit. I'm like, oh, that yeah. chick's from the hostel films. I'm like, oh, that's where I recognize her face. She just looked a little I older. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's, I don't know, kind of yeah. sexy. Yeah, I, guess, I but. liked her. 
that's where she was from, man. Yeah, and of course, Billy Drago was the preacher. Uh, I actually didn't mind him in this film. I thought he was actually better. I think it's because he didn't really have a lot of dialogue to fuck yeah. up. So Yeah, but his facial expression. <laughs> yeah, he's scary looking, man. Path, he's just a scary looking motherfucker. That's why I like well, it. It was a perfect. I think the casting was good for him because he yeah. is kind of creepy looking and stuff and yeah. had to play a creep. But So what are your guys' thoughts on this one? I think it's the weirdest one in the franchise. Sure. Um, it, it was definitely odd. I, I There was a lot of weird things that went on in this movie. Like the – and I said it before we started – was the the one scene where the cop flew up in the air. I was just like <laughs> – like when I saw that, like I did not expect that shit at all. I was like, like I had to like I had to like stop for a minute. I was like, did I just see like did that? What the fuck? That what? Well, <laughs> I didn't know what to think. I was like, holy shit! I think they handled that scene so perfectly because one, it happens right, and the characters are like, what the fuck was that? Are we? Did they slip yeah. us some kind of hallucinogenic? Are we dreaming? Are we dead? I loved how they started actually logically thinking about what they just seen. Because they had to explain, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, no movies ever do this. Like, they never actually sit down and have the characters like talk about like what the fuck. That was so weird. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I like it. Yeah, and I, I liked at the end how he like fell back down. I was like, I, not, I didn't expect that, that either. Was I was like, okay, he's scene. gone. And then he, yeah, it was yeah. yeah, and then he came back down. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I was like, great, great post credit scene. There was a lot more pluses to this movie than. Uh, then five and six. Um, I think more than Revelations too. I'm down with that statement. Yeah, I am. Yeah. No, man, I actually I really know. don't care for this. I really don't care for this movie much at all. Um, I think it's a little incoherent, to be honest. What do you mean? But it's like part four. It's different. The, oh no, no, completely. Like I said right off the bat, I think this is the oddity out of the out of but the I franchise. Think that's why I like it because Based... it's not just another fucking Children of the Corn movie. No, yeah, I respect that, but I just I don't think there's I don't really think it's that coherent though like with the tell. story like, like, what do you mean you could like really i just i don't really know a lot of what the fuck is going on with you know well what it is the, is uh the preacher was originally from gatlin right uh yes the evil uh he says that the evil followed him or essentially the evil will always find child it will it's just part yeah, of it yeah. it's it's a child evil so it possessed the kid now the wife says that it's Billy, whatever you said his name was, it's Preacher Guy. So there's this weird dynamic where you're not sure, like, oh, is it him or is it the kid? Is it him or is it the kid? Something or someone is controlling the things that are happening around the house. And uh, you're kind of with the characters who are just as confused as you. And then it kind of reveals itself in the end, but it kind of still leaves it a little bit open for interpretation. Uh, now, also, it makes yeah, sense yeah. that Billy, yeah, the preacher guy, was from Gatlin because, you know, if he was one of the original Children of the Corn kids and he's the last one left, then it makes sense that it would be him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that and that's kind of what I was getting at, too. I'm like, why the fuck is evil following this guy? And, you know, he, I guess you're supposed to just think that he is the last one. Is that what it is? Like, OK, yeah essentially yeah is, is essentially what it is okay so yeah i, I thought mean, that's there kind was, of what I was a lot of too and i was like and i'm like really a, because they don't tell you they, it's, they don't actually go into it and go hey you know preacher you know is definitely the last one alive from gatlin blah 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 so you just have to kind of assume that so and that's where i was kind of like really like well, okay yeah. i guess that's, they, i guess that's what i'm gonna assume and i understand like you know he brings over his mail over bride and you know fucking he didn't know that she was pregnant well, and of course she has she has this kid 
and the evil just automatically attaches himself or the evil into the the child. Well, it depends because um, then you can say that it is the child. See, all that's how long. I kind of took it. But also you have to go by what she said where she said that she was not pregnant when she got here. She uh, got pregnant by him, which mm-hmm. – OK. So he wasn't the last Gatlin child, right? He came back from the war right after the massacre happened. So I, I guess the evil came with him is what we're, we're getting. Well, that and, hmm. and, and that, that's what I questioned though. I was like, OK, is he the last one or like – and if he's not, then why did it attach him to him? Why, why right? like it's evil just attached like, to him? Yeah. Uh, evil breeds evil. Uh, maybe because he killed a bunch of children in Vietnam. Maybe. I mean, they, they <laughs> but we don't know, right? Uh, but That's they do say just, some lines know, like that and, where they say like evil was, finds evil or something like that. See, that's the thing with the story, like that. It, like, I mean, that's why I said it was kind of incoherent yeah. because there's things that you're questioning all the fucking time. It's like, and that was the thing with the child. I was so confused about. It. I'm like, well, you know, he says that she was pregnant with this one. And she says that you know that she wasn't pregnant. Blah blah blah. But she says she's Either, pregnant right in the beginning, though. No, 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 no. That that's the. Over. That's the. He, he's talking about no. the the protagonist. Oh, okay. The prag- you're no. Jeremy's talking about the protagonist. Moods is talking about yeah. the Russian bride. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, like right, because he'd ordered this bride, and you know he was expecting to get yeah. one person, not two. Hence, yeah. her being pregnant with this child. So that's why this child, you know, it's obviously inherited this evil, and that's why it's locked out there. And he's really trying to protect. Like, obviously, preacher comes across as this badass motherfucker, but in reality, he's essentially trying to protect Everything. whatever from this yeah. evil because that's why it's out there that's the way i took it but then you know there it's it's not fully explained because you know well it, it is and it is because she said, at the end the exactly. woman gets killed right the the russian order yeah. bride but the guy yeah. is part leading a cult of other people that come in and he, so he is the the lead evil guy but i think the kid is also exactly. the new spawn or whatever or he transferred some evil to him because now he wants the woman cuz that one dude drops the line like oh every time they're prettier and prettier so you get the sense that they keep doing this in rotation get a new woman in that's pregnant yeah, yeah. so th- i think that's what it is so he's the new the dude who walks behind the rose <laughs> i think so I, well he, he says that cha- so she came so she came over pregnant then like it wasn't actually his spawn yes then. that's what i believe yeah but also see that's what, how i took it too and but i was confused i was like okay it's just the evil attached to this baby i was like but, but, but he says I, I was just so confused was, by that he also says that, that okay so this is where i think it makes a little more sense the reason that they have the child the child shall lead so in order to have this power the 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 evil evil even though it's kind of with the preacher it only attaches itself to children and the true power comes out so so basically they need okay. a child and once that child grows up or gets older whatever they need a new child that's why they need that girl to come in and be pregnant and whatever mm-hmm. this actually makes more sense then because he like in in reality he didn't really mind that she was coming over pregnant which he tells he tells you know the protagonist in the film that uh that he wasn't happy yeah. that she came over pregnant and stuff like that. So, he but he's the cult leader, so he's tricking everybody. To exactly, uh-huh. exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, these powers that the kid has—wow, pretty interesting. I thought it, I thought Magic there was a lot of moon. suspense in this film, to be honest. Like when they're when they're, I think we see that right that, off the bat when she's like sitting yeah, there in the is. outhouse. Yeah, she's sitting she's in the outhouse missing. and she's creeping around the house and the dude's messing with the camera and he's walking in and he sees that mm-hmm. she has mud on her shoes so it's like oh shit he knows he knows. Uh, like I I mean I I was digging it I liked a lot of those scenes. 
Yeah. You know the thing that kind of bugged me, man? It's like, you know, okay, this movie, you know, is taking place in modern times, 2011. Um, You break down in your car. How does neither one of them have a fucking phone? Yeah. I swore he had a phone. He pulled the phone out and he said he had no service. Yeah, you have to explain. You have to do it. It's it sucks. I know it sucks, but you have to explain away the cell phone. And I yeah, he did, he did pull out a cell phone. Up. They were sitting back to back in the beginning, and he pulled out his cell phone and had a fucking old school antenna and shit like that. And I was gonna riff it, but I didn't. But oh, that, okay. it wasn't fun. <laughs> just missed that. Sure, it wasn't anyways. The first human centipede movie where they didn't, where they they get broke down in the woods and they didn't, they had a phone and it had no signal and it was like a shitty flip phone. <laughs> like, why do they do that shit with movies nowadays? It's modern times. They should. Well, have this a was two thousand ten or whatever. So, to, but they're still live. Yeah, no, f- Dude, everybody was rocking though. those things back then. That's what I had. So I mean, no man, I had an iPhone in two thousand eleven. I, shit, I had an iPhone three GS in two thousand eleven, buddy. Me. Yeah, you're talking I'm from seeing, somebody from know, Apple, dude. I, I think you're iPhone, fucking. Uh, I got an <laughs> iPhone six plus right now, man. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> I had a fucking flip phone, <laughs> so it's yeah. not that. Unbelievable. I don't know, but you know, you get what I'm saying. No, the whole fucking. Yeah, uh, but you know, dude, I, I hate him. I hate him too. But I did laugh. I did. I I got to say, man, I did laugh. And he's like, "So yeah, can I use your phone?" And he's like, "Fine, let him." In, blah blah blah. Hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that shit was funny. But then she's like, "I'll take." Even says that he's like, hundred bucks for a phone call." But that—that's another scene that was suspenseful. You thought dude was gonna walk out and catch her being a slut and stuff. You know, then there's the whole abortion thing. Is it just me, or did that scene feel like it was actually cut? Like I, like I swear they showed something that went on because it was all of a sudden the way this that whole scene is edited. It's just like, hey, he's there and then she's doing her shit, and then all of a sudden he's back out there, and it, it just happened so quick. And I was like, did they fucking cut the scene out, or what? Because we don't. I felt like it was a complete scene. I felt like it was cut. Huh. It felt cut to me, man. Just the way it was edited, and I was like, "Oh." I think there's a lot of different it? things yeah, going yeah. on in this film, like, like the, it's trickery. Like, the, like the dude tells them, like, "Hey, you didn't know she had an abortion or whatever," and then you're not quite sure if she did. She might have. You, they never tell you, and I like that. Uh, yeah, and I get it because I that's those are things I was referring. And to. And then I actually you know, started it's, thinking, it's, like, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of questions. And I, I started thinking, like, when they started talking about, are we dreaming? Are we hallucinating? Or are we dead? I started thinking, like, are they? <laughs> are they? Is, is any of these things really happening? What is this like? Fucking. It reminded two? me of Dead End, where they're just like, it's just like they're out in this weird place, and a lot of things happen that I didn't expect, like the sun to come up. Like, I didn't expect the ending to be, like, during the day. And it's – how eerie was that that whole scene where they're, like, not sure. They're just as confused. They're, like, this guy's up to something. This guy's up to something, you know? And they mm-hmm. steal the cop car and then the final ending, I guess, where the kid fucking kills him. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. They said that guy was going to come around the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have many problems with this film. It's better than fucking Revelations, that's for sure. I don't know, you didn't really have, like, with the whole fucking, you know... I thought the story they gave you enough... Like, the whole... Go ahead. Like, with the fucking, the scene on the on the highway with the cars no no I, I was like okay that makes sense if this kid can control all that stuff she bought him the toy car it set just turned into a goddamn action film it was crazy <laughs> that, that was like the biggest like, thing wow. they've done in any like, of these films <laughs> i was like what the fuck did this is like men in black 2 or not men in black uh, bad boys 2 man 
<laughs> this goes fucking nuts. Um, I don't know, man. I was. I like, just liked it because I didn't expect them to get away and then still end up dying. You know what I mean? I was just like, wow, that's kind of a. Because most films, they don't just they'll never get out. Like if they're gonna they die, pull the they're just gonna not make it toward toward morning. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought you know that was a little surprising. I guess they pulled the House of a Thousand Corpses. What? They pulled House of a Thousand Corpses. She lived to the morning and then died. That ending is so stupid in House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> I knew you were yeah. going to say that. <laughs> I don't find it that it's stupid. This, yeah. this movie I don't like was that like, she fucking dies. It makes no the, fucking the, sense. They don't. They, where is this underground fucking place? <laughs> Why is there a whole society underground? It makes no sense. This isn't Cub, JP. This is House of a Thousand Corpses. Get your shit right. Okay. Uh, this, this movie was like really forced. It seemed like I mean I liked I didn't think it was a bad movie, but you could tell they were like really pushing the boundaries with the Children of the Corn stuff in this movie. Like it was like a very unnecessarily made movie. There was really oh, no reason yes, for them to make this sure. movie. Yeah, and like you said, before, like you were saying before, they just they just made this movie because it doesn't make to, it a bad true. movie though. It doesn't make it. A, it does not make it a bad movie. But you could just tell. Like I mean, a ninth. Well, technically, it's like the eighth, I guess, if you don't consider the remake, but. I mean, I don't know. I didn't have any problems. Like, I didn't have horrible problems with this movie, but at the same time, it's just kind of a pointless movie. Kind of like most of the other ones, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, this was obviously yeah, I, another film that was just peppered into Children of the Corn. Maybe. I think it was, at least. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Jeremy. It doesn't make it bad. I think this is this is actually a good movie. I'll say it. <clears throat> I get actually really no enjoyment out of this movie, to be honest. Why? I don't think it's a poorly I don't think it's a poorly made film at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't really like what's going on. I don't like the whole I don't know, man. I like you said there was lots of suspense in the film. I I don't really think so. I don't think the scenes were that that suspenseful. I mean, her walking out to that to that area where the where the kid was. What about the scene sure, where maybe they Maybe a little bit, but I don't I don't find it was overly She went outside to distract him and he's looking at her and he knows. We know that he knows, but she doesn't know that he knows, but she's starting to think he knows and and he's like, "Well, there's only water over by the shed." Now you said you didn't go to the shed. And first he was like, "Well, you yeah, said you yeah. didn't come out." And he's like, "Well, she's like, "Well, I did. I came out to pee, but I wasn't really thinking." And you just know she's but I love scenes like that. That was good well written. Sure. Uh, it didn't really, you know, do a lot. Hey, would you know who directed honest. this film? Who? The same guy who uh, directed Cam to Cam. Nah. <laughs> really? You know, I, really? I thought you would like this one more simply because it's not spoon-fed to you. They give you enough for you to kind of make your own ideas out of it. And they leave it yeah, open-ended yeah. Yeah. enough. No, no, no. I, res- I respect some of the ideas and stuff. <laughs> and I, you know, even the dark ending and stuff. But to be honest, I, I didn't find it very entertaining. Like... I don't know, man. You know, this is the only the second time I've seen the film. Um, I definitely liked it a lot more this time than I than I originally liked or than I, when I originally watched it. I actually fucking hated this film when I first watched it. I thought it was complete garbage. But um, I don't know, man. I, I just it's not really doing a whole lot for me. I, I you know I like the the whole aspect of doing something completely different. I like the dark ending. You know, there's aspects of this film that were okay, but. Overall, man, I wasn't buying into now, it. Now, did you at least like the uh, the setting? Because I, I dug like the house. I liked the way that it looked. It looked real, uh, you know, like like it would be out there. There's there's <laughs> gaps in the windows. There's not like a screen or anything, and it just seems like honestly, 
honestly, no. I felt like I felt like the setting was a little. It was almost too generic. It was just too kind of placent for it. I don't know. It just it didn't really. It that even didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I liked know. it. See, I wasn't a big fan of the setting to be honest. Um, and it, it just the whole the whole set pieces that they use felt awkward to me too, man. Like when they're going through, there's like a, like a mudroom area when they're going into their, into their little fucking shed that they're staying in and stuff. I don't know what the hell was up with that. It kept confusing me. You had to go through two doors to get in there. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. Weird little shit that I noticed, but, um, so I'm not overly a big fan ratings. ratings. Uh, I'll go first. Five out of 10. What, what Jeremy? <laughs> Five out of 10. So you think it's average? I thought you yep. liked it a little more. Guess I'm wrong. Uh, well, when you can, thought, when you compare it to going, I thought you were going up. Yeah, because he was talking about it like it was an above average film. No, it's just average when you compare it to all the other fucking. Sequels. What about when you don't compare it? It's <laughs> is this what? Uh, my okay, me. You know my. I, I personally too. like this one more than I ever thought I would. I'd never seen this one. Maybe that helped that I was going into it fresh and after watching a bunch of shit. But I give it a six out of ten. That could be it too. Six out of ten. It's above average. Shit. Well, I, like I said, man, I was coming in a little under the, you know, the poverty line here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the poverty line. Poverty line. What, what the I, hell? What am I talking about the here? We must line. be like, we must be like 19 hours into this show right now. Hmm. We're, pre- we're pretty far into the show right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I stated, there's things I like about this. I didn't find it overly exciting. I, you know, eh, I, I honestly, I thought the the lead. Uh, actress in the film was actually pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, tall man, she was she was hot man. I, I like. I actually uh, like. I thought it was actually too. quite interesting how much. Well, I thought it was an interesting <laughs> dynamic that they had because she's like a foot taller than him. <laughs> you just don't <laughs> see that very often for in movies where the chick is so much taller than the guy. Just uh, something I noticed, but yeah, overall, man, there's some decent ideas in this one, but it really falls flat for me. Four and a half out of ten. Kyle, interesting. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, like we were saying, I mean, it has it has its moments. It's, I mean, it's just like any of the other films. But I mean, in my opinion, it's a lot better than a lot of the other films. If I don't compare it to those and par- compare it by itself as a regular movie, it wasn't that bad. Um, I mean, it's one of those ones that you probably watch once and not revisit again. I mean, it doesn't really have much rewatch value. But at the same time, it wasn't horribly directed wasn't horribly acted it didn't have great acting but it wasn't horribly acted the storyline for the most part you know it had its moments but <laughs> it wasn't horrible I, I would probably give this a, a five and a half out of ten all right <laughs> i think i think about mid midways about way good with this one okay so i think that we wanted to rank them really quickly but i would suggest that we go from favorite to least favorite since we all know what everybody's favorite is going to be okay Want me to go first? Sure. Sure. Right. Whew, man, I can't wait to watch something else that's not Children (laughs) of the Corn. This is your idea, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I did witchcraft too, man. Just wait till Hellraiser, Uh, uh, man. I think I'll have more fun with Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The biggest piece of donkey shit has to be Children of the Corn 666, or as JP likes to call it, Children of the Corn shit, shit, shit. Obviously, Jeremy didn't listen to anything I just said. Was that Kyle? Was that me? What? It was, it was me. Somebody said shit, shit, shit. I don't know was who me. I was. I thought it was you, JP. No, I was just saying, I was like, <laughs> let's go from our favorite to least favorite since we already know oh. what everybody's favorite will be. 
All right. So it doesn't matter. I'm going the other. I'm being different because I'm Jewish. Number (laughs) next, Children of the Corn five, of course. Next, Children of the Corn three, Children of the Corn Revelations, Children of the Corn Genesis, the remake, Children of the Corn two, and Children of the Corn four. All right. What about you, Kyle? Huh. Uh, So we're going from favorite to least favorite. You pick. No, okay. gotta be Jewish. Go the other way. I'm All going. Right, okay. I'm going. Jews read right to left. What are you doing? Moods? <laughs> no, go ahead, guy. Right. <laughs> Moods laughing. All right. What I'm gonna do? I'll do least favorite to favorite. All right. So least favorite, obviously six six six. Just fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> just fuck that. Movie. Second to least, just fuck that movie, dude. That movie. That should be a shirt. Blow up. Children of the Corn six six six. Just fuck that movie. Or if you don't just like blue cheese, go fuck yeah. your mother. It's yeah. Um. Next, I have uh, Children of the Corn, Fields of Terror uh, as my number eight. Number seven, I have Children of the Corn. Uh, what, what did I have? The Gathering, four. maybe? No, no, that the Gathering's number four. Uh, so, no, I had The Final Sacrifice. Uh, and then the one after that, I had The Gathering. And then I had uh, Revelation. Uh, and then I had the remake... And then I had Children of the Corn 1, and then I had Urban Harvest as my favorite. I know that's different than everybody, and everybody's probably going to sue me for it, but yeah, I liked it. Whatever. Fuck um, y'all. No, it doesn't have to be the same, man. That's good. Okay, well, I'm going to you know go against the grain here and do exactly what JP requested in the Thank first you, place. Fucking Canadian. Else. And I, you know, I got to do everything backwards, right, motherfuckers? And after this, I'll give you guys all a phone <laughs> call later. So... <laughs> I Fuck thought he was guys. giving us a phone. Anyways, like he's gonna hand us over a, a phone. Like, You're buying me a phone? Sweet, I could get rid of my flip phone. I'll give you guys a phone call. Six. I'm gonna telephone you guys later. Um, okay, so um, obviously, no, my favorite one of you know is original Children of the Corn. Number two is <laughs> the way it's coming in, and I'm these are ranked by how I rated them. Uh, number two turned out to be the remake. Um, number three was uh, part four, The Gathering. Number four was part three, Urban Harvest. Number five was uh, Revelations, part seven. Uh, number six was The Final Sacrifice, part two. Number seven was part eight, which is Genesis. Number eight is uh, Fields of Terror, which is part five. And number nine, of course, <laughs> is Isaac's <laughs> Diarrhea, part 666. Isaac's right. Diarrhea. So, uh, <laughs> mine, mine is similar to Moods early on. My favorite is obviously the original. My second favorite is the remake. I'm totally down with you on that. Then here's where it gets different. My third favorite is the Final Sacrifice, which is part two. I love that one. Then part three, which I also love that one. Then Genesis, which I like that one. And then Revelations, which is seven, which was just okay. And then part four, which was also just okay. And then we get down to the worst. That is five... Fields of Terror, and finally six. Mm-hmm. So that seems the consensus seems to be five and six are the pieces of you know garbage Absolutely. in this one. So yeah, it's tough uh, between five and six though, man. You know what's funny, man? Out of these nine films, I have four of them under five. I have four films rated under fucking five out of. 10. I had I only had two under five out of ten. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it was coming in so low on some of these, but I hated all know. of them pretty much. <laughs> As I expected, these were Fuck. all first-time watches for me. So not the first one. Really? You said you saw the first one. Besides the first one. Yeah. Okay. 
Awesome. Awesome. So that is going to conclude the uh, Children of the Corn franchise episode 56. Wow. That was um, very, very epic. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired. That was the most films we ever talked about in one episode in in terms of (laughs) featured reviews. Yep. I think it is. Except for masses. Um, Now I got to go get ready. I have to fucking fully get ready in the next like half an hour because I'm heading out out of town. So this is fucking bullshit. Got to get a boot out of town. Uh, I'm gonna have to phone. I'm gonna have to phone up the wife and tell her I'm not. Yeah, there you go. Right, fuck you guys. Um, anyways, guys, yeah, that's gonna do it uh, for the show. Uh, once again, um, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, man. Really, really great. Did job. you have fun? Or yeah, you I'm, really, like, I'm never doing this again. Dude, I, I really liked it. I mean, I. I liked, no, he's never uh, gonna want to come back again because. <laughs> You know, he's going to be on a franchise show, and it's going to be half the film's shit. He's like, yeah. "Fuck this show, man!" All they no, talk about I, is shitty movies. <laughs> I like, I like, I like watching shitty movies. No, I really do. I like watching cheesy movies. And I mean, these these movies were like first time watches, other than the first and second one. So I really wanted to be be in on this oh, and do cool. this. That's so cool. I really, you know, I enjoyed it, and I hope to be back. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back in the near future if you're willing to come back. Maybe we'll talk about some good movies um, then. Mm. yeah maybe 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 you know we'll do a trilogy show apparently because we haven't done any yet i really <laughs> i, I really want to do yeah uh, i really want to do the fab five show so there's one. Oh, the fab five show yeah um but yeah awesome awesome stuff so we are signing off and jeremy take us out all right thank you everybody Nobody for listening, listening to episode right now Come on, JP. <laughs> Stop doing that shit. You don't want to do it. Fuck you. You don't want me to do anything. Fuck you, JP. You don't want me to do how are we in such good moods though we've been recording for nine hours dude i'm so tired right now one part of the show that i get to talk and you never let me fucking nobody's ever heard you do this fucking pisses me off now <laughs> go ahead no that's all right i didn't get to fucking plug kyle or anything kyle, like that go ahead, plug yourself <laughs> no fuck you <laughs> that sounded like I really gay kyle plug yourself 15 minutes and i don't even fucking get to do my part of the show fuck you jp <laughs> fucking bitch plug me jeremy plug me so hard right now uh, give him a yeah. good plug Anything? You got anything to say? Oh, yeah, I have one thing to say. Fuck you, JP. <laughs> Check Kyle out on the YouTube. That's what the kids are calling it these days. You can do so at the horror file. Type it in YouTube. Uh, that's how I find his channel. Jeremy is making all kind of noise you know where to find us guys you can check us out on the website www.22shotsofmoodsandhorror.com you can send us an email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com follow us on twitter 22